Do you know I like to get in the holiday spirit by listening to some Krimbus tunes, of course? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, including all those old-timey classics. I love the Johnny Mathis tunes. I love all the all Burl right. Ives, Andy uh-huh. Williams, all those kinds of things. And I was like, you know what? I need to start living my life like these Christmas songs talk about. Okay. You know, maybe that'll get me more in the spirit. Right. Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Maybe I try that out. Everyone you meet. Got yeah. it. Uh-huh. Except that there was this time the other day that I went somewhere and there was a woman waiting and I kissed on her. Oh, no. And she beat the shit out of me. And I'm like, Johnny Mathis said to do this. He did? Kiss her once for me. Somebody waits for you. Kiss her once for me. I said, that's from Johnny Mathis. Huh. She beat the shit out of me. I wonder why. Did she not know the Johnny Mathis tune? Might be that. Yeah, because if she had known, she'd be like, ah, it is my duty as someone who is waiting. To be kissed by a stranger. To be kissed by a strange <laughs> man. <laughs> who would want that anyway? I don't know. Who? Johnny Mathis, go away. I should have gone with Burl Ives. If I'd have been like, Burl, Burl Ives, this I- is from Burl. Yeah, that would have done it. <laughs> Uh, even if she didn't know who Burl Ives was, <laughs> if you say this is from Burl to anyone, they're going to be like, okay. I think we missed out on the greatest Christmas duo there by not having Burl Ives and Thurl Ravenscroft from You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch team up on something. Burl and Thurl. Burl and Thurl. <laughs> Are you ready, Burl? <laughs> You're a mean one, you <laughs> fucking bastard. You cold. son of a bitching shit. <laughs> Thurl went hard at him. Yeah. Somebody tweeted the other day that that song is six verses of straight up spite toward the Grinch without a chorus. Doesn't even take a break from just straight up fuck you, Grinch. (laughs) Just verses of hate. Damn, you're right. Thurl goes hard, doesn't he? Yeah, for real. Thurl probably goes less hard. Yeah. you know, maybe that's the, you know, the sort of like sweet and sour of, of the group. I think that one of these days Motley Crue should reassemble and do a Thurl Ravenscroft cover album called Thurls, Thurls, Thurls. <laughs> Thurls, Thurls, Thurls. I don't know what the rest of the tune would be, yeah. but that, there's that. <laughs> Talking shit at the Grinch. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the hip-hop hoppiest holiday episode of Drang and Langley. Here with those that's the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, which it very well may be because our LOTR episodes get the fucking mad hits. They do, they do. And it's possible you would start at the third one for some reason. Could be. Yep. So you you might be, you know what, Uh, Scott Ackerman said this recently. Every episode of your podcast is someone's first yep. and someone's last. Yeah, that's true. That's so, very true. That's the Stanley ethos. Every yep. issue is somebody's first issue, so yep. give them a little backstory in there. Yeah. Just in case that is your deal and you're tuning in for the first time, this is typically a horror movie review podcast. Usually. It's honestly just a thinly guised excuse uh-huh. to hang out and tell Seriously. random stories and be stupid. And sometimes we feel obligated to talk about a horror movie. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And we take our time getting to it. We so, sure do. If you're in a hurry to hear our Lord of the Rings, Return of the King breakdown, <laughs> look down in the episode description. You'll see a timestamp. You'll be like, what? It's that far? Yeah. Yeah. It's it is that, that far. far. So, 
And there's still that much left in the episode? Yep. Yes. (laughs) Yep. There really is. That's it. And I really hope that you're tuning in just to find out if you should watch a four and a half hour movie. I really, yeah. Like, you've seen the first two and you're like, should I? I don't know if I should keep going or not. Like, uh, it's kind of a time investment. I mean, listen, in the first two, there wasn't a giant battering ram. And I'm just wondering, like, is that ever going to come about? You know, because that's kind of what I tune into movies for is the battering ram parts. Grand. 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 <laughs> don't you wish, though, that whenever they were doing that grand chant, uh-huh. that it would have, like, sped up and they were like, grand, grand. And then it's like bass drop. Grand. Smashes through the gate. By the way, there is a moment where I thought a bass drop would be perfect. And it is when it's when um fuck, what's Hugo Weaving's character's name? Oh, uh uh oh fuck. Elfman. Elfman. Elindril? No. Fuck. God damn. Anyway, We're blowing he, it already. When he's like talking to, to Elendil? Aragorn. Elendil? Elend- El- yes. We gotta get fuzz beat we'll on this shit. We get fuzz beat on this. But when he like comes to bring the sword to Aragorn, yeah. but he's like talking to him before he reveals the sword. And <laughs> like it's like Aragorn like perfectly sets up for him to be like, sword, motherfucker. <laughs> and it is just like... <laughs> Buzzbeat has come back. It is Elrond. Elrond. Fuck, how did we miss up also, Elrond? Also, yeah, this is just a good a good introduction. If you never listened to us, we're not Tolkien scholars. Fuck no. <laughs> I I did read the books, though. I read the books, finally. I too, yeah. yeah. Not recently. I mean, you've read them, but I, 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 I've said in the past, too, that I had never read the books, and I said last time, I'm going to read the books before the next one. I did. I got through them. I listened to Andy Serkis read me the books. So I know a lot more now than I did before, but also I listen to them on 3x speed, so please don't quiz me on the Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got some quizzes playing for this episode. You're about to get fucking busted. You're going to dunk on you on the Damn air, it. Man. They're going to be like, he didn't read closely enough. Yeah. The sacred text. <laughs> <laughs> so we're usually a horror movie show, but for our Christmas episodes, we always like to gift people yeah. with just a long-winded, drunken ramble fest Yeah, to get you through the holiday season. You, you say know? drunken. Let's start that. Yeah, how about we just go yeah. ahead and get started right here. We got ourselves some more Rattlesnake Rosies Ooh, liquor from our good buddy, Jeff Rupert, yeah. who mailed these to us here. What did we, we already try tried the, the apple pie apple moonshine, pie. That's right. which was phenomenal. It was amazing. It was really good. It's probably the best apple pie moonshine I've, I've ever had. Honest to God. Yeah. And it came from yeah the New land of York the north. City. Yeah. What? And uh, so this is their maple bacon whiskey. And, and it, it smells like that. It smells like the breakfast of an alcoholic it really it does it smells like the best it, breakfast it sounds like you walked into like a log cabin pancake place and ordered a whiskey yeah, yeah. pretty much because you definitely get the the smoky uh, bacon notes in there you get that maple yeah. sweetness coming off the nose but it still definitely smells like whiskey yeah i think this stuff is about like 70 proof something yeah, so like that it, it, yeah not crazy not strong. too bad let's see what that does right there and I, I do eventually want to try this blended with the apple pie oh yeah definitely good. what do you think about that it's good whiskey uh, the maple is definitely present. The bacon is pretty light, honestly. Interesting. It's there. It is. It's mainly on the nose. Yeah. You mainly get the maple and the whiskey. Yeah, I was a little worried about that, like being a overly bit of smoke bacony. on the back end. Yeah, uh-huh. there's some smoke to that. I was kind of wondering if it was going to be like salty. Yeah. Salted pork. <laughs> <laughs> if we were going to give That'd it the, the Gimli, Gimli face. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's really, really nice. Yeah, it is. It's nice and smooth. It's, it's not- less sweet than I thought it'd be, too. Exactly. I thought it was going to be overly sweet, maybe too much bacon. Like, I've had some bacon stuff before that's just been, like, overly bacony. Totally. And it's just like, well, I can't taste the whiskey. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not that bacon's a terrible flavor or anything. Just, I want my whiskey. When this I drink whiskey, gotta- I drink whiskey. And when I drink water, I drink water. And when I drink bacon grease, I drink bacon grease. <laughs> Exclusively. And then I <laughs> shit me brains out. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, on the Christmas episodes, we like to give you guys just a long-winded rant. Yeah. Because Christmas isn't fun for everybody. It's not. And a lot of people are alone on Christmas, and especially this Christmas. Yeah. Uh, as last Christmas. As last Christmas. We are overrun with COVID, and a lot of people are going to have to stay home, unfortunately, to save uh, children and, and other peoples who can't get vaccinated. So a little bit unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I so, think that could do a lot to take somebody out of the Christmas spirit. I think you seem like you're a little out of the Christmas spirit. Yeah, Steve. I am. I am. I just because uh, I don't know. Like you know, I think we probably earlier in the year it was like, hey, you know, Christmas probably going to happen this year. You know, the, the not that COVID was going away, but the assumption was a large amount of people will get the vaccine sure. and we'll all continue to wear masks out in public and save each other's lives nah that's not that the american not way happened <laughs> so leading up to this it was like i mean my wife almost always works on christmas yeah. anyway because holiday pay is dope um and i really was hoping to go see my family because i haven't got to go see them in a while sure it's been, it's been quite a while yeah um and now it's just like, no, can't do that. So I'm just going to be chillaxing at home. We are going to do a Christmas Eve screaming chat. All right. Christmas Eve is Friday night. Tight. So we're going to do that. But yeah, other than that, I'm just going to be sitting at home, not doing much on Saturday. I think it'd be amazing if you and your entire extended family all got on like a huge Zoom call. So that <laughs> way everybody can mumble over each other. L- literally nobody else would know how to do it. <laughs> Like nobody else. In my, I would have to go to their house and set yeah. up the Zoom to be able to do it. <laughs> but amazing. yeah, yeah, that would be funny. It would just be all of them talking at once, and it would probably just start to like reverberate eventually, and it would just become like <laughs> cacophonous <laughs> roar. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, not to get your hopes up. I'm uh-huh. not gonna try to you know get Let's you super it. excited about something here, but. I thought you might be a little bit out of the Christmas spirit. So, Uh-oh. in an effort to try and help this, out on my stoop, I have laid out an empty coffee can and a half pack of smokes Okay. in hopes that I might summon Jimmy Lakins. He's existed for a long time. He's the singing Christmas hobo. Right. And uh, if you put those things out on your stoop, there's a chance he might come visit you and okay. you know, shed the uh, or spread the Christmas spirit okay. in the form of a song, if you're lucky. So... I'm trying for you. Maybe maybe I'll be a lucky boy and Jiminy Lakins, the singing, singing Christmas, Christmas hobo. hobo, will show up. That's right. Can't wait to find out what he's got to sing about. We're going to find if out. If he, about if he, if he shows, shows up. You know? You I don't know. know. I've got myself a little bit of Christmas plans going on. We've got my wife's big Christmas thing going mm-hmm. on, family coming over for big prime rib feast and all that jazz. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little Worried. nervous. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, everybody in the family's vaccinated and stuff, of course. But that it's been a minute, and a lot yeah. of people have their boosters, but probably some don't. Yeah. And who the fuck knows? So hopefully we'll come out, knock on yeah. wood, knock on wood for your b- good buddy Uncle Ben. Hopefully everything will turn out okay, and we'll just have 
a simply wonderful Christmas yeah. time, as Paul McCartney once sang about. The, Sir Paul McCartney. The great Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. People be hating that song. We talked about this last yeah, year. We've ta- yeah, we talked about it several times, I think. Because it's great. It is bad. No. Because <laughs> you are wrong. You're wrong about this, Steve. I've been jamming so many fucking Christmas joints this year. Yeah. And it seems like the big running joke for the past two years has been like, oh, no, here comes All I Want for Christmas is You. People are just pretending they don't like that song. Yeah, right? I don't have a problem with that song. Right? Yeah. Who doesn't like that I song? I think some, like, there, there are some of the people who are out there like, oh, no, it's coming. But most of the people, it's just like, no, this is Mariah's time. Like, it's her time to shine. Yeah, she gets to shine for, uh, you know, a month out of the year. And uh, that's just reality until finally at some point i guess that recording disappears i think that's right because i'm pretty sure it'll just keep going <laughs> i'll tell you what though all those covers of all i want for christmas is you uh-huh. can go to hell they can yeah, go to hell they and never they, can burn. they never reach the heights no. of a mariah carey even the like extra christmas edition or whatever that mariah put out a few years ago mm-hmm. it sucks yeah like you don't need to do that mariah don't do it no no have you heard any Christmas tunes that you just fucking cannot stand this year? Because I've managed to dodge, like, Christmas shoes and all that stuff. Because I don't listen to the radio anymore. We um, just have our own, like, curated Spotify playlist that I Yeah, I don't think I've heard any Christmas music. Because any time I go to a store, I'm, I have my earbuds in. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And, yeah, I don't listen to the radio. And I don't watch, like, live TV. What? I don't think I've heard any Christmas music. Holy shit. This might be why you're not in the spirit, man. Maybe so. Maybe I need to go home because I also haven't been watching Christmas movies, really. Yeah, you're blowing it, dude. Well, I mean, prep for this episode. I like I cannot overemphasize how nervous I have been for this episode. This is a big one, dude. I've not been this like kind of nervous about an episode probably since we did like The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, because it's huge. And I also spent the time reading three books for it and i put a whole lot of effort into this and then now i'm realizing that all of my effort into the christmas episode that's supposed to help people be happy at christmas has led to me not doing any christmas shit so i don't oh, care about christmas once more the shoemaker's children go what? barefoot no you spread your christmas cheer all around it didn't save any for yourself oh man next year like you're gonna fool. be like Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Mm-hmm. The very next day, you give it away, Lord yeah. of the Rings. You you took it back to mm-hmm. the store and got got uh, store credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> I don't know what my heart's worth at a store. Good question. I feel like is it on the dark web? Yeah, probably like I, I feel like if it was on the dark web, I'd probably get like ten, fifteen thousand for it. Probably so. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. You know what? I'm just start selling my organs. Little trick, but you can only do it once. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't grow hearts back. Nope. Damn. Got to have one, man. It's gonna start a heart farming situation. Heart farm. Yeah. It <laughs> sounds fun. Let's be honest. It does. Well, maybe that's the reason you're not in the spirit, man. And I kind of am. There's there's still some things I need to get done. I still need to like wrap some presents and stuff. For some reason, the present wrapping and seeing gifts under the tree is kind of like what gets my Christmas fire stoked. Yeah. And I always say I'm going to do it early every year, and then I don't. don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's always just like, fuck, it's like two days till Christmas, and we have like 38 presents to wrap, and it's just a mad dash, and the house ends up looking like a damn bomb went off. Right. But it always like gets me in the the cheery mood, you know? Yeah. Emily and I haven't really gotten gifts for each other in a long time. We Mm -hmm. just kind of do the thing that we 
would want to get, we just get it. Yeah. So like, I, I guess we have been getting Christmas gifts because she she and I are both getting tattoos this month. Sick. So you get another tattoo? Oh, no, okay, I already I got mine, say. and she's she's getting hers. What is she getting? Is she getting the dead and lovely logo? <laughs> she should. Uh, it's like a it's like a zombie nurse thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. One mm-hmm. of these days, I'll get myself a damn tattoo. For some reason, it's been like on my mind more. Yeah. My my like line in the sand has always been. It's like you know, whenever I I lose enough hair to where I'm gonna like shave my head bald, that's when I'll start getting tattoos so I can still like feel like I'm cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Now I'm just kind of like. I still have most all of my hair, and I'm yeah, in my late I don't 30s. know where it's gonna go. You know, it seems I've like got more forehead. It, you know? Yeah, but like, forehead. it's it's gonna be a long, long time before that's an issue. I think so. Yeah. So it's just been on my mind. I kind of want to get uh, one Coven that does my merch designs, uh-huh. the Shred Till You're Undead merch that yeah, I sell. Yeah, it's awesome. Kind of want her to do something because her art is so fucking I bad. Bet she, ass. I bet she could get her to. I've talked to her about it, and she's like, "Yeah, I'd love to do that." Yeah. So maybe I do, but yeah. I'm like, what, what, what do I get? Like. I need something that can't, you know, get canceled a few years later. That's yeah. That's what I've always been. So not a human like, or a band, right? Yeah, unless I, they're long dead. Maybe I don't even like the full idea of being associated with a movie. I I do have a the witch tattoo, but this also just looks it's like not a, overt. Yeah, this yeah. looks like a witch's Sabbath. Uh, like yeah, the the idea of, to me of being associated with something is like the fear is what does that association become. Mm-hmm. And do you want to continue to be associated with that? Right. Yeah. That was always why I didn't get tattoos as like a 20-year-old because it was just like, I can't think of anything I would want on my body Other right than, now in my 20s you know, that I would not regret. I remember you had that long phase in college there where you're like, I'm only going to do the safest, most surefire thing, uh-huh. which is why you're considering that Bill Cosby portrait. Right. I was like, yeah. Of course. Saving your pennies. America's dad. Yeah. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. I'll get I'll get. <laughs> I kept saying it. Yeah. It was my thing for years. Bill Cosby tattoo, I'd say. And then, you know, behind that, I was like, and of course, you know, Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was going to be, you're going to do like a sleeve no of your No way that comedians. guy will get canceled because he puts all his stuff out on Front Street. Exactly. Oh, turns out, no, he doesn't. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. so your your comedian tattoo sleeve, yeah, that, that was That was going to be bad. It's a forgotten dream. Yeah, and for some reason, I kept talking about getting Tarantino surrounded by feet. Ooh, like a wreath of feet? A wreath of feet, yeah. A wreath of feetland. A wreath of feetland. <laughs> <laughs> No, the only tattoo I ever thought of, actually, though, in my 20s, and it wasn't ever a serious thought, but it was like, if I got a tattoo, I was always thought it would be all of the worst parts of 80s tattoo, like 80s dad tattoos. Yeah? Like what? So, like, my idea was a scorpion okay. holding a switchblade in one pincer. Fuck yeah. And uh, uh, a rose in the other pincer. I like that. And uh, like one of those little like banner things that says it's stabbing time. It's stabbing time. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a hard ass look. <laughs> I'm here for that. I kind of do want to get it, but then like, if I knew somebody that was totally cool that had that tattoo, I yeah. think it was the funniest thing ever. Exactly. I'm just worried about people seeing it and being like, "Holy shit, that guy's gonna stab someone," <laughs> or they'd see it and be like, "I do not want to get to know him." Right? Yeah, so I don't never like realize that how idea. funny it is. Yeah, that's yeah. I want it to be funny, so maybe I put it like on my butt, so that's, that's extra funny. Yeah, and then that way, you know, if you're showing somebody your butt, you have to already know him pretty well. They yeah. have to be like in the circle. Yeah, you know? 
But hey, you want to see my tattoo? It's really funny. You know me well. Look at my butt. <laughs> you know me well. Look at my butt. Every relationship, every friendship crosses that range. It's <laughs> it the does. eye of the needle, and we both must both must pass through it. Right. Show me that butt. We're friends now. Let me see the butt. Let me see the butt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nothing really about it. Just it's part of it, you know. The By the exercise. way, just go ahead and post your butt on uh, our social media uh, with I don't hashtag think that's a good Let idea. me see that butt. I don't know if that's no? the best move. All right. <laughs> Gonna get zucked. <laughs> Gonna get zucked. Gonna get zucked if you yeah. do that. So you can't be doing that. All right. Maybe I get something cool like a dinosaur, but it's like you know, maybe it's like a di. Okay, it's a dinosaur skeleton. Uh huh. And I think it's a T Rex, and in one of his little hands, he's got um definitely like a a, a cowboy pistol that's right. smoking. Okay. I think in the other little arm, he's holding the ace of spades, and no, it has cares. a bullet yeah. hole in got it. Got a bullet hole in it. Yeah. And it probably has some kind of like scroll under it with text on it that says something like "See you in hell." Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. I'm just realizing our '80s dad tattoo ideas were criminals we knew in the '80s. Apparently, I was just thinking people that I saw <laughs> running flea market booths. Yep, criminals we knew in the Social '80s. So criminals. Yes. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, you definitely saw some choice tattoos at the Morristown, Tennessee flea yeah. market. I'm just thinking that. of like my mom. My mom had two biker boyfriends, and I'm yep. thinking of of their friends and their tattoos. And yeah, my criminals in their <laughs> criminals in their <laughs> '80s tattoos. I'll tell you a perplexing discovery I just had. Whenever you mix this maple bacon whiskey, and then you know chase it with a sip of this lime and watermelon aha sparkling water, sounds amazing. That's a confusing flavor. I'm 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 betting it's it's probably not good. That should be the COVID test because if you can't taste <laughs> that, then it's like oh you have COVID. Oh yeah, for sure. you definitely got COVID. Uh, I can tell you now, definitely don't have COVID because oh, I good. taste a whole lot of whatever the hell that is. <laughs> It highlights the weirdness in both beverages in literally the worst ways possible. Ugh, it sounds disgusting. You know, it's not my favorite combination. Okay. I'll put so it that way. It's not we're my not, uh, listen, if RDM's listening right now, don't try that. No, no. Actually, you know what? I bet RDM could somehow make that taste good. He might be able to make it work, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If anybody can. It's RDM. Our man RDM. Mm-hmm. Featured in fucking, what is it, USA Today? Yeah. What? Yeah, he got him a recipe up in there. What a sexy motherfucker. I know. That's too fucking cool. I know. He, he's got it going on, that RDM. He's the man. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people say about him. Wait, what do they say about him? That his his, uh, his dick is too big. Dong is too big. Yeah. <laughs> balls too shiny. Too shiny. Uh-huh. Wait, are shiny balls good or bad? Yes. Face too handsome, they say. They do say that. I don't care what they say about yeah. him. It's all true. Face too handsome. Yeah. Get out of here, handsome face. Oh, he's dealt with his whole life. Making us all look ugly and stuff. You some bitch. Get out. Mm-hmm. Nobody loves you. Show us some shiny balls. <laughs> okay, now you can leave. They t- yeah, they treat him like Dirk Diggler. After that, yeah. you're free to go, sir. <laughs> Show us your monster dick. Now get out of here. <laughs> I feel like it has only been a meal ago that we did this. We've actually yeah. been recording things massively out of sync due to scheduling and yeah. stuff. Uh, we just recorded our first episode of January. Yeah, the Black Swan episode. In case, fucking spoiler Spoilers. alert. Yeah. Uh, with our good friend Grayson Hester, yeah, who was just was awesome. uh, in in town here for a sweet minute, so we had to get him when we were all three free. Here's a chance to build that up. It's a good episode. Oh, it's a it's yeah. a knee slapper. Yeah, Grayson's awesome. Good old chin wags, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: uh, it is definitely a winner of an episode, though. Yeah. So we've just uh, done this like two days ago. Yeah, that's weird. And I like I just woke up before I came here, so it's it's not been it's not been long at all i've worked out and i watched return of the king again 
Did you wake George Michael up before you went, went? I did. I was like, George Michael, hey, get up. And then he was like, I'm still dead. And I was like, oh, right. I did you show him the sick sword and be like, you're in my servitude, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I showed him a sword. A sword, a saber. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Something like that. You unsheathed something right there. <laughs> I unsheathed something. Yeah. yeah. Held it by the hilt and you're like, you're in my service. <laughs> it's quite a visual. It's very threatening. This, this all brought to you by Big Necro, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some Big Necro tie-ins in this movie, there too. There are, for sure. That's for fucking sure, yeah. man. So, yeah, it's not been long since we've done this. And since then, I've not really done much other yeah. than watch a couple of uh, Christmas movies. Yeah. I, um, I mean... I didn't talk about it on the Black Swan episode that comes out in two weeks, so I'll talk about it now. We just had the Joe Bob Ruins Christmas uh, Shutter special yeah. on on Friday night. Which, How's that? Um, he did ruin Christmas. Oh wow! By showing Ice Cream Man and Gator Bait, neither of which are Christmas movies. That'll do it. Yeah, but uh, Ice Cream Man's got Clint Howard. You'd probably like Ice Cream Man. I love some Clint Howard. Yeah, I think you'd probably like it. You should you should check it out. It's it's like a early '90s directed video, but Clint Howard. It's it's got some cool effects and stuff. Yeah, Clint Howard. Kate sent me a TikTok the other day of a local ice cream man that died in some city, uh-huh. and all the other ice cream men in town, of which there were dozens, were like in the funeral procession in their ice cream trucks, and they were all blaring their creepy ice cream music huh it was just this fucking unhinged cacophony wow it was like simultaneously really sweet and fucking scary yeah, at the same time it's like a black hearse then all these ice cream trucks just blaring their out of tune <laughs> they didn't synchronize music. them no and they were all in different keys and different songs and it was very fucking weird man very weird that's right yeah what was the other one gator bait gator bait uh, rape revenge tale. So not fun. No, already. No. Yeah. Does somebody get it by dang old gator? That's kind of the problem too. The title is misleading. Oh. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. We so, uh we just got an alligator skull earlier in the month. What? An alligator skull. A what? full-on fucking alligator. Did you purchase skull. it from the alligator himself? Yes. Oh, okay. He donated. So he's it. just one of. The, he's just got like a. Like a flat head now. It's kind of floppy. You yeah, know? it was like floppy. It's all right. I'll show you a picture of it right here. Uh, this is like a, a, a fun collection, I suppose you would say, that Kate started earlier this year mm-hmm. is, is buying fucking animal skulls to decorate the Damn. house with. And so That's she got this, yeah, full-on alligator skull. It's a 19-year-old female that has a fucking bullet wound in the head. Oh, no. So you can see the bullet hole that I assume put her down. I'm assuming she was a bitch. Okay, let's be honest. Oh, you think the gator started it? I think the gator started it. Oh, okay. I mean, otherwise, I, I couldn't deal with myself. They do it. hunt gator to keep their, their numbers down for good reason. So, you know. Must be something to them. There's a reason to kill I've gator. heard that. They're yeah. racists. Yeah, it's possible. You know? It's so, possible. Maybe the world's better off without them, and I can decorate my house with them. Yeah, maybe. 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 I did make a huge, huge error the other day. I ordered a uh, a new guitar strap from this company called Couch Guitar Straps. Okay. Really nice, super Do they comfy. make them out of couches? Uh, actually, they are made of vinyl. Oh, okay. And this one has like cheat, like synthetic cheetah fur on top of it. Uh-huh. It's really cool and really comfy. And I was so excited about it, I posted a picture on Instagram of like, here's my new couch strap, and I put it next to the gator skull and a little Christmas tree, Christmas came early kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, then I realized all too late that Couch Guitar Straps is a... Uh, proudly vegan company. Oh. So I definitely fucked up really hard there. Oh. Yeah, that was kind of a mistake. Yipes. Achy breaky. Big mistake. 
they still message me. They're like, thanks for purchase. Here's 10% off your next uh, uh-huh. wrap from us. So they're cool. Okay. I kind of blew it, though. I mean, Sorry, y'all. I think you can very much be vegan and accept that other people aren't. So maybe you could. They're, maybe they're that type of company that yeah, maybe like isn't that. preachy about it. Yeah, maybe it's uh, like that, huh? Yep. Fun stuff. It but would I'll, be better for everyone to eat less meat. Less meat, for sure. For certain. But some people are never going to stop eating meat. America. Yeah. Because of my freedom. I've considered it several times. Yeah. The only problem I have is I know I would then just end up eating really bad, which is what happens to yeah. a lot of people when they become vegetarian or vegan. Totally. And they and lean not, back not all on. Of them. Not all of not them, all obviously. Of them, but they lean back on stuff that they know that they can make without meat and a lot of times that ends up being very unhealthy stuff and i've been learning some things i eat i eat meat every day probably but only for one meal out of three so yeah and i try to be very conscious and considerate about where my meat is coming from yeah me too Uh, we happen to be fortunate enough to live near like the best fucking butcher shop in knoxville and it's like yeah the meat's really expensive you know why because it needs to be and because it's worth it it should be expensive it should be yeah Yeah. if you're paying for the life of an animal especially a humanely raised exactly animal like what they get their meat sources from totally worth it not yeah, to say it should be, be expensive to prohibit anyone else from being able to purchase it. Everyone no. should make more money. Yes. Also that. Also, also that. our food should cost more money because it should be raised humanely. Totally. Yeah, for sure. But I know what you mean. Like, I, I have known more, and again, not not everybody. I know vegans and vegetarians that are like 100 times healthier than I'll ever be. Yeah, absolutely. The majority of them, though, are not, and they live on Taco Bell bean burritos and like <laughs> french fries. Taco Bell is a fallback for a lot of... For a lot of vegans. If you're going to do fast food, it is the healthiest, technically. It's got the most, like, fresh produce. Sure. You know, if that's your definition of healthy. Lots of garbage in there, for fucking sure. I mean, it's not... I mean, I would say you could very easily incorporate a Taco Bell meal into your diet every single day and still be healthy. Yeah. Yep, you could. All right. It just depends on what you eat. Yeah, pretty much. That is hard to say of other fast food places so you're probably right taco bell is probably the healthiest you know yeah but still it's like making that your primary food source is not a no good it's idea. not a good idea no no, no. definitely been trying to get in the habit of just like cooking more i mentioned that a little yeah, while back on I the know. show but yeah it's one of those things it's just a habit that you get out of you know yeah you get yeah i mean i Especially love cooking. holidays when it's so busy and shit i love cooking but i will also get in ruts where i just cook the same thing over and over and over and i don't really care it's not really it's not really like fun for me. Mm-hmm. It's just I need food, make food, eat. Make food, eat food. Yeah, just ground turkey, vegetables, eat food. Like I mean, that doesn't sound that bad. Oh, it's it's good. It tastes good, but it's nothing special, nothing fancy. It's nothing that makes you like really enjoy what you're doing, but it makes you full, which is nice. Yeah. But it's so much better when say you're enjoying cooking. You sit down to a meal. You look at your plate. You go, "I'm excited to eat this." Yeah. And you, that's I. That's that's what the joy of cooking is, right? I think so I think so. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be in the kitchen some this week here, getting ready for creep moss because yeah. I, I enjoy making people a food snack and giving right. that away. So you make a Chex mix. I make a the best Chex mix. Yeah, I'll just out and out say it. All right, with complete confidence. Complete confidence. Yeah, nobody's bringing it. No. They're not, honestly. Like, everybody I know is like, well, that's the best. Okay. So, bring it. Yeah. Got to be making a bunch of that for people, making my usual uh, spice roasted pecans that I love Uh so much, and some uh, 
What else am I going to make? Some Christmas crack, that cracker candy, you know? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, that stuff is so good, yeah, it's man. Good. It is diabolical. So yeah, I'll be is. doing a whole lot of time in the kitchen, mm-hmm. not really making anything even remotely healthy. No. But I do look forward to it. That's yeah. a part of the season that I always look forward to. Every Christmas. You know, I've actually been baking more lately. What you baking on? Um, I, I started one, one night, I just was craving beer bread. I don't know if you've ever had beer bread. beer bread? Beer bread is a, is a quick. Sounds low carb. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So it's, it's a quick bread. Okay. That, uh, then kind of has the consistency of, of a, a fermented yeast bread. But it, uh, it's basically just, uh, you know, a, a, a leavener and, and flour and beer, and then you melt butter and pour it over the top of it. Put it in the oven. You get this nice, like, crisp outside, fluffy inside. And it really depends on the beer that you I use. I was going to say, what's the beer of choice for this kind of now, thing? Now, a lot of people use cheap beers. I, I know Yingling is a popular one to use. And, mm-hmm. that you know, Yingling's a good beer. Yeah. But I used a uh, Highland Brewing Oatmeal Porter. Oh, yeah? And it was so fucking good. Really? So, so good. Yeah, definitely. Anybody, I also browned the butter. Oh, yeah. That, man, that really it's elevated that nutty it. flavor and mm-hmm. stuff. That's what I yeah. do when I make a Rice Krispie Treat. I yeah. make a brown butter Brown that Krispie butter. Treat. Hell, yeah. Oh, that's the way, man. Yeah. But uh, I've also been making biscuits lately oh yeah Just country biscuits big man. old dang cat head biscuits well see here's the thing is i i have learned over time i mean the the one thing you got to know when you set out to make a biscuit okay is the less you touch it the better okay you don't want to overwork it. you don't want to overwork it you don't want to over mix it um and what i've been doing is also laminating where you excuse you, me where you kind of roll you roll it out and then you you fold in to thirds and then roll that out oh almost fold like into thirds like roll that out style yeah and then i just and then i just cut the rolled out dough i don't like no like biscuit size stuff. okay you're gonna get these square biscuits that you see sometimes yeah and they just rise up and they're flaky like croissants Ooh. and just I also like, you need to use a good butter. You have to use now, good butter. That's I, right. You can use store-bought butter, and it's going to taste good. Sure. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. But spend a little bit more on an Irish butter. Get you that Plura scenario, Fuck, man. European-style butter. It is so good. That's one of those things that, like, when you look at the price difference, you don't want it to be that much of a difference. Right. It really fucking is. It really is. It re- whenever, it really especially is. if you're, like, baking and making yeah. cookies and stuff like that, dude, the Definitely quality of the it. butter... Is yeah. absolutely worth whatever you're paying for it. We do like plugra or like a an Amish butter a lot uh-huh. of times, which is really good. Yeah. Just has that nice like grass fed kind of grassy yeah, yeah. earthy taste to it. But yeah, you're right. A European style butter. Yeah. I've heard of people um like getting their their butter like really 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 cold and then grating it whenever they're yes. making biscuits. That, okay, is so that a yes, thing? yes, absolutely. You can do that, and I think that is the perfect way to do it. And I really? forgot to mention it. Do that, and also put them. Once you've got them like cut and onto the the cookie sheet, put them into the freezer. Okay. Get Let them sit in the freezer for like 10, 15 minutes oh. so that that butter gets just stuck right where it is because you don't want it you don't want the butter spread out thinly. Mm-hmm. You want it in little chunks all throughout the dough. All throughout the dough. Yeah, yeah. and that's going to make those like flaky pockets and stuff. Oh my god, dude. Also uh brush the tops with the uh, buttermilk. 
Just a light brushing of buttermilk. I am al dente as we yeah. speak. I'm just having you know. <laughs> Dude, they, they come out with these like nice crispy bottoms, but they're so flaky and like nice on the yeah. inside. Are and, they craggy yeah. on the outside? I like yes. they're craggy. Yes. Nice and craggy on the and especially again, if you don't don't use a biscuit cutter, just cut them into squares yeah. or rectangles or whatever. The the outsides get just so perfect. I just man, I can't say enough about them. I've made them a few times in the past uh, couple weeks. And I made them and I, I brought one to Emily and like she was like, I'm not really hungry. And she took a bite of it and then she ended up eating two. Hell yeah. Because they were just that good. So what do you put on a biscuit? What is your biscuit? We're proper Southern boys yeah, here. Yeah. We got opinions on these mm-hmm. things. What do you like to put on a biscuit whenever you consume it? I mean, you got two options. You got sweet or savory, right? And you for do. me, it's going to be strawberry jam on the sweet side it'll classic strawberry gotta be strawberry i like a blackberry personally. oh blackberry's great yeah there's also we we have these blueberry preserves that emily gets Ooh, sometimes get and, oh so good but i also like a savory toss some cheese in them biscuits when you're put laminating some cheese on it put some cheese on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> toss some cheese in maybe some herbs Maybe you turn that into a fucking red lobster cheddar biscuit. Got you a little bit of a Cheddar Bay biscuit situation. Ooh, that's not a bad thing. You can definitely make a better biscuit than a red lobster. Now I know impossible. I know people love those biscuits, but you can you can make a better one at home. Who the fuck goes to Red Lobster? A lot of people. When and why? It's owned by the same people who own Olive Garden. They know what they're selling, and they know who they're selling to. It's it's the Dean Koontz people. It's the Dean from, Koontz people. From okay. Todd Thomas. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, when's the last time you were ever talking to anybody and they're like, oh, I just came from dinner. Where'd you go? Red Lobster. <laughs> when has anyone ever said that to you? Um, It's a front, dude. It No, Emily used to work there. Really? Yeah. Any dirty Red Lobster secrets she's got? No, I don't think she's ever told me any dirty secrets. No. Oh, it's because she she signed a uh, a non. She probably signed a lifetime NDA. NDA. <laughs> yeah. If you say anything about Red Lobster, you die. That's <laughs> it's it. So we'll she's just like, if, I can't say anything. If there was like an NDA jam, <laughs> where he signed the agreement and then you're on fire. He's on fire. <laughs> you no, big, you're just a head. lawyer getting people to sign agreements. If you get three in a row, you're on. fire. He's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> you, then you just start throwing the craziest NDAs at people and they go in because you're on fire. You're throwing lobsters into the pots, just dunking <laughs> them every single time, right? Yeah. And you're also Big Head Bill Clinton, obviously. Obviously Big Head Bill Clinton. Or P-Funk. Or P-Funk, maybe you're P-Funk. Yeah. This is <laughs> the way. NDA Jam. NDA Jams, brought to you by Dead and Lovely. <laughs> that would make more sense why Bill Clinton was in it by that point, That actually honestly. would, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that would actually make a lot more sense. Yeah, but anyway, man, it's uh, it's a good time to get in that kitchen. And myself, whenever I have a biscuit, I do also like to do, like I said, a blackberry jam. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a biscuit and grave. Oh, I love a biscuit and gravy. It's got to be fucking legit, though. Okay. A bad, like, bland-ass biscuit and gravy. Oh, yeah, no, get that out of That's just paste. That's a thing of sorrow. It is a thing of sorrow, for if sure. If it's not got some, like, sausage and fucking pig grease in it. it- yeah, I don't care. That is kind of one of the problems. Is if you want to make a country gravy, you, you don't got, live long in the country. Okay, it's true. But you've got a good time, not a long time. You got to have pork fat in there. And as somebody who doesn't normally do any pork things, I mean, it just had a bacon whiskey. But I'm not a pork person. There's really just no way to match the gravy. No, 
There's just no way. You can make an okay gravy, but it's not worth it then. No, not usually. You know what you want. The one exception to that that I'll point out, man, over at dang old Tomato Head in uh-huh. Knoxville. It's they, a, they got dude, vegetarian and vegan options there. They do, and they do a mushroom gravy. Oh, yeah? That's unbelievable. Okay. It doesn't even really taste like mushrooms. Okay. It is nuts. I'm I'm down. Like it's, I would it's not even the kind of thing where you have it and you're like, oh, I can pretend I'm eating meat. It's right, not even but that. it's just really good. Yeah, it's totally yeah. different and extremely fucking good. Next time you go there, man, just like order that. You can get a, just like an appetizer, just a single yeah. biscuit and their gravy on there. It's out of control. Okay. Man. Fucking good stuff. Yeah, their vegetarian and vegan options are always good. I've never had anything there that I didn't like. No, not really. Yeah. Not really, man. So I've been getting myself in that Christmas spirit, watching a few of my usual Christmas Jones, just a couple of Christmas movies that mm-hmm. are, I've, I've talked about them probably every year. Yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas right. Vacation. Uh-huh. When so. is that never good? Um, Always the best. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. When is that never good? <laughs> You've watched it this year, haven't you? No. You're going to have to pay the fee. If you don't watch oh, it, there's you a don't fee ha- you have to pay. You have to pay a fee? Yeah. Boy, like I got a lot of fees to pay. Yeah, dude. I don't think I've seen that movie since I was a kid. No. Yeah. What's the matter with you? Who hurt you? Can I be honest? I don't really care about it at all. Why? I don't like Chevy Chase. I don't think Chevy Chase is funny. But, 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 Christmas sorry. Vacation. I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking missing out. I guess. I guess. Chevy Chase is a piece of shit, obviously. Right, but I mean, like, I also just have never thought he was funny. Like, as a kid, I didn't think he was funny. I love the show Community. He is not funny. He's not funny. You don't even like Pierce on that. Pierce is not supposed to be funny. He's supposed to be hateable. Well, yeah, he's the Cartman of the show, for sure. But, I mean, when he shows up as Beastmaster, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious. But again, that's not Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase hated so many of those choices. Yeah. He wanted to be the one being funny, and he's not funny. So it's like the times they let him be himself are the times that he thinks he's funny, and we're all watching going, oh, he's an asshole. You're a monster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely not anybody I ever want to meet. I mean, there are other people in there that are doing funny stuff, I guess. But like, I just, I've never. I hate that for you, dude. I can try it again, but like all the National Lampoon's Vacation movies, I think are not funny. I I mean, I believe everyone when they say they're funny and they're laughing and they're having a good time. I've seen them as a kid and did not like them. I don't know if I can recall any of the other National Lampoon movies. Yeah. I'm unsure if I've ever watched any of them start to finish, honestly. Yeah. Like, I want to say, like, there was one, you know, Saturday afternoon where it was on USA Network, and I watched some of the one where they go to, like, Wally World or whatever. Okay. But I don't I don't remember the entire thing or watching the is whole thing. Is that Summer Vacation, I, I think guess? think that Summer Vacation. And then European Vacation I've is n- the one definitely where seen the, that. The, the daughter says sex. That's all okay. I remember from it. No, okay. I don't, I've never seen it. I don't know sex, about Dad, it. sex, <laughs> she says. Okay, she says that. Because it's six in German. And that's the joke. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I listen, I've talked before about not liking Blues Brothers or Animal House. I just don't think a lot of 80s comedy is funny. And a lot of the early SNL stuff is just fucking not funny funny at all. I don't know what to do. I know we have people older than us listening 
who are like, those are my years or whatever. And it's like, that's great. The majority of SNL is not funny. That's it's always just, been that way. That's always been that it's way. It's always been. People are just like, oh, it always used to be so great during the no, Chris Farley days. No, you're thinking you saw the best of Chris Farley DVD that yeah. you got at Walmart. That's you how you think. that for multiple episodes of yes. the show. <laughs> yeah, it's always been like 80% in the gutter, yeah. honestly. It's yeah, never. absolutely. And dude, when you're trying to churn out an hour of sketch comedy Of course comedy that's going to be true. Yeah, it's live too. Yeah. And you're, you're putting together in a week. Yeah, there's and no way. You also have to deal with a celebrity host who is picking the sketches. There's that too. So they might not be funny or mm-hmm. know what's funny. Yeah. So they're rejecting sketches that would be funny. It's listen. <sighs> there's a lot of turn. I apologize to our Gen X, Gen X listeners <laughs> <laughs> as I am shitting all over everything you love. Airplane's great. Hey, airplane is a ten. That there we can go. agree on right uh-huh. there. Uh huh. Maybe we do that on the show one day as a wild card. Maybe, and then we'll have to talk about how racist it is. Yeah, okay. There's you know, there's things in there that are not aging like yeah. fine wine. Let's be very honest about yeah. that. Right. God damn, that movie's funny. It is funny. Though. It's really fun mm-hmm. funny. Watch Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. Watch Kevin McAllister uh murder a bunch of people. <laughs> really hard. I really need to watch Christmas movies when I get home, I yeah, think. You do. I think I just need to try because it's you know, we got a few days before Christmas. I we can do. cram Christmas spirit into myself. What do you think you're going to watch? What's going to be the ones that you're like, this will get you said, me You just said vibing. Home Alone right now. I mean, um, on Friday, when we do the 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 screaming chat, my plan is is for us to watch Die Hard. There you go. And maybe another Christmas movie after that, if everybody wants to stick around. Winner. So, uh, we'll get. I'll get to Die Hard. Home Alone is a definite I need to see. Yeah. Um, Elf is great. I love Elf. Yeah. I do like Elf. My wife does not at all. She watch doesn't. that while she's working. I'll watch that while she's working. What's another? Oh, you know what? I need to watch some Christmas horror. That's usually what gets me into go. it. Because I have watched this this month. I have watched uh, Christmas Evil. But I need, I need to check out maybe like, uh, Kramp- the fun ones. like yeah. Krampus or um, uh, Rare Exports. Somebody posted that on the Facebook group it's recently. Such a good one. They just saw that for the first time. And I'm <sighs> like, God, I want to go back and watch that movie Yeah, again. me too. That is such a bizarre-ass yeah. movie. It's totally I also fun. need to re-watch uh, Dial Code Santa because I watched I it last year. Yeah. But it was, for, it was part of the Joe Bob uh, Christmas stream. And I barely paid attention to it because we chat. And Chatting that's and really the important part. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard that's a good one. It is. I Yes. His room. Once you start watching it and you see his room, his room is every 80s kid's dream room. <laughs> it's kind of like the room in Brain Scan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Except like more kid-like. Wow. Yeah. I'm on board for that. Is yeah. it more like the fucking bedroom from uh, like Poltergeist? Kid's got like every Star Wars toy and piece of merch ever. Yeah, except he's got that fucking weird clown. Why? 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 <laughs> Ugh. Uh, we also watched like the Muppets Christmas Carol, which of course oh, is like the fucking that's greatest. Another you should one fucking for watch sure. that one. Obviously. I love the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's so goddamn good. I did rewatch the. Uh, Guy Pierce Christmas Carol earlier in the month. Did you? I mean, that's not exactly joyful. <laughs> it's it's so good, but so depressing. We were actually just talking about that uh, last night because uh, Kate's sister Jesse is in town, and we watched uh, the oh, Muppets yeah. Christmas Carol with her. And we we're like, "Have you ever seen that uh, that live action one? Mm-hmm. That series that they did?" She's like, "No." And we're like, "Um, 
It's really good. It is. It is not festive. No. It is Saturn shit. It really is. It mm-hmm. is very fucking dark. We did a Patreon episode about that last year. We did. Year, Go check we? it out. Was it last year? Last year, huh? Was it last year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly one that's going to get you in the Christmas spirit, I'll say. I would go with the Muppets no. and my cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. My cocaine. I love that Michael Caine just goes hard in that like he's not talking to Muppets. I know, right? Like He's just like, I'm going to act like I act in every fucking movie. Which ever. is to say, fucking awesome. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. That might be the best version of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's it's the best my version. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It is my favorite. I yeah. I I haven't seen all of them. I've seen the George C. Scott one. I've seen the Scrooged. Muppets one. I've seen Scrooge and Scrooge is awesome. Yeah. yeah, Scrooge is 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 one of my faves. And then yeah, the Guy Pierce one. But yeah, I haven't. Oh, and also the Disney one, the Disney cartoon. One. Oh yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that one. It's fantastic. Yeah. Have you seen the George C. Scott one? Classic. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Okay, so that one's mm-hmm. really really good. There's apparently one that has fucking uh, uh, Captain Picard in it. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, I love I love uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart so Sarah Patrick Stewart. Yeah, He's apparently I would check that out. Have you seen the weird animated Jim Carrey one? No, that looks so off-putting. It's strange. Is it okay? It's kind of strange in a cool way, though. Oh, like, okay, it's like proper, you know, uh, Dickensian dark. I also haven't watched the live-action Grinch. Speaking of Jim Carrey, um, Christmas movies. I would recommend not. Yeah. I love the, the cartoon, but again, it looks off putting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not good at all. It just looks off putting. I think like maybe it might have been two years ago whenever we did the Fellowship of the Ring episode. I talked about that bodacious fucking swingers key party that the the Who's and Whoville are having <laughs> at the first of that. They're definitely all fucking. They're putting the keys in a fishbowl and stuff. Yeah. It's fucking okay. crazy. <laughs> It's just a depressing, weird watch, and I don't like it. The newer, like, CGI one that they did, uh-huh. that I think, like, Scott Mosier, I believe, was a producer on, or maybe directed it, I can't remember. Okay. That one's fun. I definitely recommend watching that. All right. But, yeah, no to that Jim Carrey one. I uh, Yeah. I, I, because the, the Jim Carrey, that, that uh, the Christmas Carol and the Grinch, the, they... I don't know how a kid could like them. That's the thing. Because looking at them visually, they're just repulsive <laughs> and repulsive. Yeah. yeah. No, not fun like whatsoever. Scary yeah. even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not really sure about that. You could watch the Polar Express, get in that uncanny valley, look <laughs> at some dead eyes. I have not seen that either. Ever? Never. Oh, you should definitely watch it once. Seriously? Dude. Fuck yeah. Just it so looks you can, like, so know. creepy. Yeah, exactly. It fucking is. Okay. <laughs> but that way you can like relate to everybody and be like, that was creepy. You I know because I've it. seen it. You sold me on it. You it should. It is fucking creepy. Okay. It is. It's definitely one of those ones that you'll sit back and go like, thousands of people thought this was okay. Oh, man. This is disturbing. Do you think it was one of those things where along the way, like, the animation, they, they got it to that point and they showed it to the next person and the next person was like, fine, whatever. And then it got to the people who actually were going to, like, <laughs> make it a movie and they yeah. were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the person who was like, fine, whatever, was like, no, that's it. That's my decision. Like, this it was is, just like, a, I'm sticking to it. I'm pretty sure this is the exact story of the fucking original Sonic movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the Polar Express came before fucking Twitter and Instagram and people demanding they change it. So right. they just stuck with it. <laughs> they just went, whatever. I guess we'll see what happens. We've already put enough money into it. So <laughs> just stay in this way. Yeah, you could watch that one and get creeped out. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna definitely check out some more. So next week, you're gonna hear my whole list of Christmas movies. I'll come back next week and be like, "Yeah, I watched like one." Explain Skyrim. Explain Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> Smoked a lot of weed. You've been doing a lot of Skyrim in these days. You, I you've have been a Skyrim job. Even uh, part of that has been listening to the Lord of the Rings books. Like, yeah, like I, I've been using gaming as, uh, you know. Because I'm not just going to sit there and listen to the book. Like some kind of monster. Like, who does that? Bizarre. You're listening to the book so you can do other stuff. That's the point of an audio right. book, yeah. So, yeah, I've been playing some Skyrim and some Dragon Age. Just going back to some classic RPGs that I love because uh, I know that I can play them kind of mindlessly and listen to what's going on while also being entertained. Sounds like a pretty good so, time to me. Yeah. Definitely, man. I hope to have some video game time over the holidays. I uh, love playing video so game during Creep Moths. It's the... It, it, the original, right? Like uh, when we were kids, yep. like I remember, we got our Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas. Yep, set that thing up, start playing it, man. And then, like the rest of my life after that, it was like, well, you got a new video game at Christmas, right? And then you play so it. Christmas is like when you a play fucking it. maniac, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the association begins. Same with why we do the Lord of the Rings. It's like, yeah, that's something I did at Christmas time when they were coming out, yeah. So I continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Strangely enough, I'm not going to continue watching uh, The Force Awakens every Christmas. That came out <laughs> at the holidays. That's true. Not watching That's that. That's true. The Harry Potter movies come out came out on the holidays, and I actually do work as holiday movies because they almost always have a Christmas scene. They do. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I usually want to watch those around this time of year, but just don't have time. Because yeah. I'm watching Lord of the Rings. That takes like 100 yeah. hours. It really does. I think if you watch all the extended ones, it's it's minimum 12 hours. It is. It's a lot of movie, dude. It's a whole lot of fucking movie. And it's a whole lot of fucking It is great. The best. It's the best. I not, No complaints. I watched through the trilogy twice to prepare for this. Let me ask extended you this. Extended edition. I spent 24 hours watching Lord of the Rings. That, that's a lot. Also listened to three books that were over 20 hours each. So, God damn it. I got some that's Lord of the Rings lot. info in here, and we, uh, we're we going to get it out. You got to get it out for Pop Brain erases it. <laughs> Pop it Brain's like, eh, delete. Delete. I don't need that. Dude, those like uh, you know those temporary file bins in our heads that get emptied uh -huh. out every night, I would like to kick that janitor's little ass. <laughs> Be like, I was saving that. He'd be like, he was in the trash bin. You don't need this. No, 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 no. You don't need it. We'll just get rid of that. What you need to remember is that guy in third grade who said that thing, and then you said the embarrassing thing that you're still embarrassed about <laughs> 30 years later. Remember that. I mean, that's exactly what happens. I think it's in the Two Towers, if I'm not mistaken, that part where like Saruman's all by himself, and he's like, Gandalf the Wise. Gandalf the fool. <laughs> like he was thinking back on like a good cut down he could have said to him. That would have been great. Now I know you said you and your wife aren't you doing your big ass gift exchange kind of uh -huh. thing, which is totally a good way to do it. Right. What would you want for Crete Moss? Because like I'm oh. kind of well kept. I'm kind of well yeah. took care of this year. Like honestly, I think consumables are the fucking way. Uh, what I would want for Christmas is for Joe Biden to sign an executive order. Uh. Uh, getting rid of student loan debt. Why? Uh, so I have <laughs> the opportunity to ever live a life. I don't know. Are you no. sure? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about some socks? Could you settle for socks? Uh, no, but also <laughs> I feel like that's something he would offer and still not give. <laughs> listen, listen, buddy. 
We're going to give everybody yeah. some socks, man. Listen here, Jack. Jack, buddy. Yeah. Buddy Jack. <laughs> we're going to get everybody a pair of socks six months later. You thought we were going to get everybody a pair of socks? No, 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 no. Oh, we got a pair of socks for like 0.1% of the people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Dude, but you know, you're still running off that 1400 bucks that we got last year. So. Yeah, of course I am. Yeah. Listen, uh, we, you know, we, we bought a, a new car. Yep. Just paid that off right off with 1400 yeah, $1, bucks. All uh, your groceries. All of our groceries for the entire year. You know, bills, cell phone, uh, all the things. All the works. Insurance. Yep. Medical care. <laughs> that $1,400 is Covered still by $1,400. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. On the subject of some consumables, one yeah. of the, the coolest fucking things that's been going on this Crete Moss. Yeah. Kate got two advent calendars. She got one for herself and one for me. Her mm. advent calendar is a caramel a day. It's a gourmet caramel every day. And it's some nice ass shit. Now... I I like caramel in thing. Yeah. Ah, uh, caramel? Yeah. Like a wrapped up, really nice, gourmet-ish. Dude, I'm talking about some like rosemary and sea salt infused caramels. Fucking amazing. Now, you're not helping what I was going to say. Sounds like some old person shit. No, it's good. Now, you did just say rosemary and sea salt caramel. Dude. And that's some old person shit. No, now, listen, it's not. it might be delicious. If that's an old, then fucking I'm Joe Biden. Okay. You might you might be. <laughs> I'm near demise. I'm so old. Dude, no way. There's even like an espresso in, the, in there. I, listen, incredible. I guarantee they're good. They, it just also sounds old. No. Okay. It is hip. It's with it. Listen. It's hip. It's with it. It's the got kids a, love it. It's got a vibe. Oh, it's vibing? Uh-huh. Every yeah. time I open up the box, I'm like, hey, Caramel, I like your fit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah? That's that's your twist, I say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then All I right. eat it, and it's delicious. That's the tea, sis. Yep. You say, after you've eaten it. Well, whatever. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. You don't like things that are nice. <laughs> Listen, I guarantee they're great. I'm just saying, caramel seems like an old candy. You're ageist. I am ageist. That is true. <laughs> olds, get the hell out of here. Get out of here, olds. Not me, though. I'm a young. Yeah, we're young. We're with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, my my advent calendar is a it's a twelve days of coffee. Oh, that's rad! So okay. like every day is like a little small bag. It's like enough for about two cups uh-huh. of a really nice like gourmet ass coffee. Okay, dude, it's been fucking great. Now gourmet coffee, I can get behind. Oh yeah, yeah, I can get it's, behind a cup you, of that. You always think that gourmet coffee is like just some expensive ass crazy shit. Why would I get this? And then you drink it, and you're like, oh, because this coffee tastes like blueberries somehow. And it doesn't have any sort of artificial flavoring or anything. They just grew a coffee bean that tastes like blueberries somehow. Yeah. It's like when you have a really good IPA whose yeah. hops just made it taste that way. And it's like, what the fuck? Nature yeah. is fucked up. Yeah. 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 That's all. Yeah. I like a good. I, I don't buy a lot of expensive coffees. They usually go with some middle brands. But man, anytime you do, it's like, fuck, this is worth it. I get why it costs this much. Yeah, dude. Lindsay Thomas got me a really awesome bottle of uh, some Guyanese diamond rum. That's Do, fucking huh? amazing. And it's like goddamn barrel proof. It's like 140 something. Yipes. It is intense. It is a flavor punch. And it's fucking awesome. You going to make man. some bananas Fauster with that? <laughs> I'm going to make a frozen pina colada. They sell them frozen tubes at the Walmart that you get. I'm pour some of that in there and make my, my own strawberry daiquiris and pina coladas. 
No, it's fucking crazy good, man. And that's the kind of shit that, like, I think is the best. Like, if all that I got at Christmas was a bunch of, like, whiskey and coffee. Yeah, I know. I agree. Holy fuck. Because that's, that's something I'm going to I'm gonna go back to regularly and be like, and also remember, like, oh, remember how awesome that was? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, also, as you said before, socks. Socks actually are something I love to get at Christmas. There I love go. a new pair of socks man that sounds like old person thing to say if you it ask is, me but i've always been that as a kid i was a i was a new sock kid you're just a self-loathing oldie they, aren't you they you're one of me those. the new sock kid the new sock kid yeah. you're known as oh the new sock kids in town it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like that would definitely be like a mid-90s wwf wrestler <laughs> the new sock kid yeah, he would face Bastion Booger at <laughs> at Survivor Series. Definitely. Yeah. The new stock kid. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's definitely been a simply wonderful Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I hate that you're not quite vibing in yeah, the Christmas I'm, I'm spirit. I'm trying though. to get there. Maybe, maybe what would help is if I sat down and drank and watched Rise of Skywalker, like you said, and there recorded you my reaction. That'll really get you. Really me. fucking need to do that. Yeah, I mean that could be a Christmas gift to our fans, right there. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. Uh, maybe you do that. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna try. Is uh, what I'm promising to try right now. I'm also promising that i will be alone on christmas and maybe getting drunk and watching a movie i'm probably not gonna like i like how that isn't the best way to do things but maybe i do that maybe it is mm-hmm. whoa do you hear that it kind of sounds like a chuka 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 kind of like that it's like the sound of a the click clack of a passenger train rolling yeah. by do you hear that what is that i feel it rumbling in the floors hmm <gasps> Wait, wait, wait. Do you hear that? There's like a tap, tap, tap on my frosted window pane. Oh, no. Is Who it a vampire? It oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to go answer the window. Footsteps, footsteps, footsteps noises. Creak? Creak? <laughs> Who? Oh, my God, Steve. It's Jimmy Lakins, the singing Christmas hobo. Jimmy Lakins. Hey, buddy. He came here just for us. He's going to cheer you up and get you in the Christmas spirit. I can't wait. What's, what's going to happen? Jiminy, sing us a song, man. Well, hello there, kids. It's me, your good buddy, Jimmy Lakins, the singing Christmas hobo. It's about this time of year every ride. I roll around on the train tracks, end up in a new town to spread Christmas cheer here with my old guitar and tell you a song about it. Okay. Now, Steve, I hear that you're not quite in the spirit of yeah, Christmas Yeah, Jiminy, time. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a little down. Like, what do you got for me? What are you going to do to help? Maybe I could sing your favorite Christmas song. What's your favorite Christmas song, Steve, you uh, like to hear on? Oh, boy. You know, I love uh, Oh Holy Night. That's a good one. You know what? I got a better idea. All right. <laughs> Sometimes all you need to feel the Christmas spirit is a sound. Oh, okay. A sound of, you know what, a bell. What okay. kind? Jingle bells. Okay, jingle bells. All right. Let me tell you a song. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is a ride. One horse on the sleigh. Jingle bell, yes, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is a ride. One horse on a sleigh, dashing through the snow. One.
one horse on a sleigh. Over fields we go, laughing all the way. <laughs> Bells and bobtail ring, make a spirit bright. Fun it is, riding, sing, slaying on tonight. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is a ride. One horse on a sleigh. Jiminy, I think you got most of the lyrics in there. I tell you what, you can just call me the ghost of Jiminy Past. <laughs> I might need to visit you on the three times tonight to tell you a song to remind you the meaning of Christmas. Oh boy. But if you'll excuse me, I've got half a pack of smokes in the old coffee can out here I gotta attend to, so I'm gonna be on my way now. Wow. Listen for when the bell strikes again. I'll be here, sing your song, get into spirits of Christmas. <laughs> now, as we all know, Jiminy uh, comes from the the mountains of West Virginia. Wow. Coal, coal mining guy. He came all the way here just yeah. to spread Christmas cheer to you and our deadly lovely <laughs> listeners. That was really, really sweet of him. That was really something. He's yeah. got a real unique flow to his playing and his uh and his sing mumbling. <laughs> Mumble singing. You he know? learned that in the mines when he started working down there. I think so. Yeah. I'd like to raise a toast to Jimmy Lakers personally. Maybe we get a pull on something here. <laughs> that just might help us get in that Christmas spirit. What do we got here, Steve? We got an adroit theory, uh, Evang- Evangelion number two, Lilith, hazy, triple. That's a lot Gindia, of words. Pale ale. That's a whole lot of words. Double dry hopped, Citra, Eldorado, and Galaxy Antihiki. <laughs> That's a word, All isn't right. it? All right. <laughs> How much I, how much alcohol is in here? Um, it looks like it's a big ten percenter. So oh shit, <laughs> I didn't know we'd sign up for that. That's a big boy. It mentions here that you might try a bit of minced alligator, green apple, and banana blossom with this. <laughs> Common items. Everybody yeah. has that in the fridge. I'll go whip some up right now. I I mean, isn't Adroit in Florida? Yeah. Oh no, it's Virginia again. Okay, you don't get a lot of minced alligator in Virginia. Well, as we've said, think. though, everybody hates these gators. Chop them, I say. Listen, hey, if you want to eat a dinosaur, it's a good way to do go. it, man. Good way to do it. This guy looks like a good old hazy foamy boy. He smells yeah, nice. Smells he smells yeah. real nicely. Smell very far away, and it's just a nice like hoppy smell. Ooh, mm, this smells like some good old quality int draft right here. It might make us grow Ooh. taller. Might get up to three eight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even. What's that duty? Is it good? Does it taste yeah. like good? Yes, it is. That is a good IPA. Good and hoppy. It's got Ooh, man. both the 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 citrusy kind of hop and the more tropically fruity kind of hop. That's as dang hoppy as a, a, a goddamn old rabbit farm. <laughs> That's like a bunny farm right there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Lots of hops in that thing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of hops. Lord of mercy. It's a bunny farm. (laughs) It's true. Plenty of them. Plenty of them. I'll tell you what, Steve. We're talking about a lord of a ring, Uh the ratern of the Kenang today. Oh, I think you may have watched the Asylum version. Is that the crazy one? (laughs) Super Loco? Oh, no. Asylum, they make those like 
look-alike boxes with the sim- similar titles I that are those. to trick your your mom into buying them at Walmart. Got it. Like Max Magician and the I Legend of the Ring. I remember you wanted to see the Transmorphers. <laughs> no, mom. God damn it. Transformers. Get it right it. or pay the price, mom. Yeah. Mom. Apparently you're going to beat up your mom. <laughs> and this is a movie that you and I have loved for a long time. I actually yeah. found out we just happened to be stumbling into like the 20-year anniversary. Yeah, uh-huh. 20 years of uh, the first one. Which means that we are now skeleton people. Wow. Because I remember seeing this and being like, I'm an adult. I can vote and drive. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm barely legal, I said, as I sat down <laughs> in the theater to watch Fellowship of the Ring. I, I sat I, down and announced to the, everybody in the theater, I said, everyone can legally fuck me. Yeah. That I'm w- barely legal. Let's these, watch Lord of the Rings. Kids these days don't know that you did have to do that back in the late 90s and early 2000s. You would have, anytime you entered a, a, a public space, if you were barely legal, you had to let them know. Yeah, totally. In case somebody there was like... I want to have sex with a barely legal feller. <laughs> I am here, sir, <laughs> ma'am. Whoever's looking. Just know. If anyone from Barely Legal Magazine is here. And, dude, it's weird because in my head I still think of myself as barely legal. Oh, buddy. You're extremely legal. You're very legal. You're legal well, for everything. Well in the terms mm-hmm. of legality. I you want to rent a car? They might not even card you. That's true. Yeah. They might actually, I'm at the age that they might be like, could you take an eye test first? <laughs> you know, I might be beyond the realm of being trusted for a Sir, car. Sir, we rental. don't trust you with our cars. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I might be getting to that age right there. Maybe. But you know, the thing about these movies is they have definitely endured the tests of time. Right. That is for fucking sure. And uh, this is also one of those things that, you know, whenever these came out, it was a very special time and a place for us because this is also like when. The internet really started booming and becoming yeah. a fucking meme factory and lol factory and funny vidya factory. And I got to tell you, it got me reminiscent because one thing that I think about whenever I think about the return of the king mm-hmm. is, of course, the, the, the majestic angelic scene at the end where old Frodo, he wakes up in the bed and he's all surrounded by his little buddies and everybody's walking in and he's all so happy and stuff. And that, of course, got turned into a very, very funny, ridiculous, early, early, probably pre-YouTube, like E-Bombs World video. It may have been pre-YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because YouTube came out, like started in 2006, So I and I feel like this that was, video yeah. was pretty much at, like right after the movie came out, so it was probably an E-Bombs World. I'm pretty sure that it was, mm. which uh, E-Bombs World, for you young people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that was honestly the place that you went to to see funny internet videos when like funny internet videos were a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Cuz like I remember early internet attempts at video and it was just like potato quality running at the lowest possible speed and you'd have to like wait for it to load. It'd be like a 15 second video clip. You'd have to wait for it to load three times. Oh yeah, terrible. Yeah, so it just seemed like ugh, videos will never be a thing and then Ebombs World came along and it became more viable. And, it, you know, our internet speeds were higher at that point. And a lot of us were getting into college where they had great internet speeds. Yeah, that helped. And that helped, yeah. That definitely helped, man. Mm-hmm. And that L-O-T-R orgy video yep. is definitely one that I remember from that time. Uh-huh. And I still constantly fucking quote it and yeah. think about it. You Gandalf? <laughs> Aragorn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the way that Gimli laughs and claps, <laughs> he like claps his little hands. <laughs> it's the dumbest. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. That, like, it, it's it's like a great testament to those early viral videos that. Even though some of them are just so basic and so simple and so dumb, they stuck with us. Yeah. Because there wasn't competition. Dude, I'll tell you, the thing about it was, too, that was amazing to me is coming up in the age that we grew up in, in the, the 80s and early 90s, you know, all the media that we saw, all the like comedy, uh, movies and sitcoms and everything, it was all pretty base level stuff that like, most everybody could consume and laugh at. Mm-hmm. But then when we were with our friends, yeah. we were already being as dumb as we are on the internet in real life. Right. Yeah. But it's just that, you know, the uh, the old people making all the media for us back then, I, I, I guess they thought not enough people would think that kind of thing is funny. Right. It was all about general audience. Niche audiences weren't being serviced. No. Because your, distribu- your distribution was very limited. Like, yeah. you know... Cable was had come along, so you had more outlets, but still the main stuff that was getting viewed was on the main four channels. Sure. And then, like, yeah, you you know, you only have a few distributors. Independent film wasn't much of a thing at this point. No, huh? Didn't start until, like, the mid-'90s that that really got rolling. Like, it really was an early time where it was just, like, you thought you and your friends were the funniest people in the world yep. because you didn't see other people doing the same stuff. Totally, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I thought that only my friends and I joked about this weird, random, stupid stuff. Right. But then you'd see some like early, again, like e-bombs or early YouTube video, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh my God, these people are making like the same stupid jokes and like right. hyper fixating on the same dumb things from movies yep. and stuff like we do. Mm-hmm. So it was really one of those things that it was very entertaining, but also very unifying to know. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Like, there's a lot of us out there that think this kind of stuff is funny. Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking about all those early old internet videos. Mm-hmm. And we just thought, you know what? This seems like a good old topic for the Preview Palace. Maya he. Oh, Maya old school. Who, <laughs> Maya oh, Preview Preview Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the preview. I was even palace. doing the hands in you case you don't know. Oh, yeah. you could hear him. You could hear the yeah. whoosh whoosh of the hands. That's the Numa Numa guy. That Dude, that's one of the originals that too. Is an yeah. Early ass one. When's the last time you watched that? Oh god, not intentionally. And like, <laughs> like it's it was hilarious then. Now it's just like oh, it's just a guy lip syncing to a song. Literally, that is TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. You're actually right. Like that Numa Numa guy invented TikTok and perfected it. I had not the fucking thought about this. <laughs> if only he had been pointing at stuff on the screen while doing that. Yeah, like, yeah. And the stuff on the screen would be like, Joe Biden is doing this. <laughs> I don't get TikTok, but let's talk about our early viral videos that We're the kids old. don't get. We're yeah. old, man. Now, that Numa Numa thing, that was one of those ones that I definitely remember being very, very early on. I think I might have even been like a senior in like high school at that point. Maybe just mm. graduated high school. And somebody showed me this, and I was like, I don't really understand why this yeah. is exciting for people, but it, it it's silly, I guess. Yeah. But it never really clicked with me. I was already, I think, too old to understand the appeal of that. Yeah, I think I think maybe, yeah. Because it, it re- I, I don't remember laughing at it no. originally. Uh-uh. Just being like, oh, okay. 
so you can do that like <laughs> that is, that is was the positive of it like the concept was like oh you could just do any old stupid thing and post it on the internet yeah totally which is interesting to learn at that point oh it was also interesting too to see early on the the, the life ruining power of the internet like we uh, saw with star, star wars, wars kid. kid that was one of those ones that like i remember everybody cracking up laughing at it's just this kid with a, a faux lightsaber doing a ton of sick jedi moves that you know if he did that now on tiktok and people watched it, they wouldn't be making fun of him. I know. And dude, I don't know right? how many people were actually making fun of him then. I didn't think, oh, what a dork. I remember watching it and being like, yeah, I remember doing this stuff as a kid. But the thing about it was, is I believe the whole story was just like, oh, he recorded this on a tape and yes. accidentally returned it to the video store. Look right. what an idiot. Like, it was all really mean-spirited, Yeah, they actually. were being, people were being mean-spirited. He had to, like, change schools and shit. I was going to say, I remember his stories about him and, like, yeah. having to uproot and move yeah, yeah. and all this kind of shit. Yeah. It really sucks, man. But again, like, just looking at it 20 years later, it's like, well, that wouldn't happen now. In fact, no. that kid might get, like, on tv for that dude like people do stuff that is i hope intentionally fucking terrible like fucking friday by rebecca black and then turn careers into it you friday know? wasn't intentionally terrible you should find out the history of that though Ugh. you should find out about that producer guy because he is fucking weird oh for real yeah he's got a lot of other songs and boy he's a fucking weirdo <laughs> but i definitely remember one of those moments for me whenever i realized that there were so many people out there that were just as weird and stupid as my friends and I. Yeah. We're seeing those fucking G.I. Joe PSAs. G.I. E. Joe PSAs. Oh, god my God. damn. That Pork was top sandwiches. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> give him the stick. Don't give him the stick. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff from those. And, you know, again, it's perfect for our age group because we yeah. grew up watching the G.I. Joe cartoons right. and having the, uh, you the know. PSAs at the end, like, don't get caught in a uh, uh, refrigerator in a junkyard yeah don't because a kid dogs. did do that and died so True. we had to all learn not to do the thing that one kid did the more you know right no, and now you know right and knowing is half the battle G.I. Joe. so we all grew up with those so those are already like in our memory banks from being kids and then some genius just decided to dub over them yeah and that's that's it and it's hilarious and they're fucking hilarious but looking back on them do they hold up yes like, would kid no they hold up for us well yeah <laughs> would a kid now watching them think that's they're a funny? good question because i also don't even know how popular like gi joe is with the with the youth today. i don't think it's popular at all probably otherwise not. those movies would have done better Ooh, and they did bad <laughs> they didn't do great they yeah. did very, i heard that snake eyes movie was just a pile of shit i bet it was yeah it was terrible but, dude, all those are ones, too, that, like, again, I use that vernacular all the time and forget that's where I picked it up. Like, anytime something about, like, a massage is mentioned, I'm like, body massage. Body massage Who machine. Who wants a body massage? Go. <laughs> dude, those things, like, it was such a thrill to find one you hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like, one that um, I thought I had seen all of them, and then my good buddy Junkyard Joe Rowland. Yeah. It's like, hey, oh yeah, like the I'm a computer one. Oh, the I'm a computer one's so hilarious. I went for years hey, kid, and had never I'm seen it. I'm a computer. It. Stop all the downloads. <laughs> and the kid's like running around. He's like at a carnival or something. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, what are you doing? What's over here? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And he runs into the GI Joe guy. Yeah, hey, kid, I'm a computer. Yeah, and I, I think don't. He farts at the end of it. And he farts. Yeah. <laughs> and I again, like thinking back on it, it's like I think, I think some of it would be funny because of its absurdity 
But I don't know if it would hit as much today with the kids. Because, I mean, you don't see a resurgence of it. No. Rick rolling has been around for a long time, and you still see it happen every once in a while. Dude, for fucking real, right? Yeah. Somehow that has hung on. I think it's, you know, like, (laughs) that song is probably the most, like, polished studio 80s type of song there is. For sure. It's so polished. There's like nothing, nothing, no soul to it. No, but it, it really does capture something, <laughs> right? Like Have there's ever, like some feeling to it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Have you ever uh, seen the version that's called "Never Gonna Hit Those Notes"? <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody went through the vocal track and just had a ball with it, and they'll just like randomly grab certain notes and pitch them up like three octaves. Ooh. So it just sounds like he's like going through puberty mid-song. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, getting Rick rolled, that was definitely one that somehow has still endured, yeah. even though a lot of these early internet things are just gone. I mean, oh, nobody yeah, absolutely. Those. Yeah, nobody nobody cares about them anymore. Uh, we got stuff, you know, the early Funny or Die stuff, like uh, the landlord. The landlord is Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell and, and his daughter, right? Yeah. yeah. That that was a... And that one's still, I, looking back on it, it's still as cute and funny as it was. And I think it still then. works because it's Will yeah. Ferrell. It's and Will Ferrell just being silly yeah. with a little kid. And he's kind of doing Will Ferrell style humor. So I think yeah. that one still definitely holds up. I think For people sure. would still enjoy that and get a kid. Oh, yeah, out. absolutely. Yeah, dude, some of that early Funny or Die stuff was so fucking good. But then you also got stuff like Fire Z Missiles. I don't know that. You don't one. Know what th- is that? Oh, my gosh. It was, oh, my God. The Fire Z Missiles. Uh, that was on E Bombs back in the day. Okay. It was an animation, it was like a flash animation. Of like, uh, just check it out. Just look up Fire Z Missiles. Um, Somehow I, I missed re- this. You know, remember the line, I am le tired. No. No? Okay. Uh-uh. Somehow this escaped me. All right. Wow. That, maybe check it out, but also I'm telling you, I don't think it lives up to any sort of level of comedy <laughs> today. It's just like, I think we were... We were starved for the stupid stuff, right? So, like, we were just reaching for anything. Everything was funny. Yeah. Well, the thing about it was, too, though, is I think that, again, also due to our age group, there was a certain level where we were prepped for this kind of thing through, like, America's Funny Some Videos. Right. Yeah. America's Funny Some Videos definitely was. Yeah. Like, Like, let's just see videos of ordinary people fucking something up. Yeah. And I think even videos like Grape Stomp Lady... Oh 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 oh! oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, that definitely captured some of that for us. Where it's like, oh, it's just some ordinary person doing something stupid yeah. and they fuck it up. Or the the guy in out the the newscaster in Alabama, a bug flies in his mouth. <laughs> Get the hell out this country! I'm dying out here in this country. Pollen in my eyes. Yeah, and again, that's that's one that like Kate and I say all the time. Like any day that there's a day where like. Holland's really bad. Yeah. Gotta get the fuck out this country ass motherfucker. Like <laughs> yeah. we say that shit all the time. And it's like just some random ancient internet video. Um also, you know we I mean, we had things like salad fingers. That were exposing like, okay, you can put anything up on the internet no matter how fucking fucked yeah. up and weird it is. And also you know, uh, appealing to that darker, weirder sense of humor that a lot of us had. Oh yeah, and it caught on huge. Yeah, absolutely. Salad fingers. That was fucking. I, I still like watch the... it and die laugh. I think salad it's fingers is so, so fucking, fucking weird. weird and funny. I like when the red water comes out. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's been so long since I watched those. I think I need to go back. And wasn't there like 
there, think there was a new one that came out just a couple of years ago. I believe so, and I haven't seen it. I haven't but seen it. I think it. there were like eight original episodes. God damn, that stuff was weird. It was so strange. The thing that was amazing, though, is, you know, if you wanted to make that stuff back then, mm-hmm. like, you really had to fucking work for it and exactly. know how to do computer animation and then upload and put that on a server right. and host it yourself. Like, yeah. it's not like now where everybody's got a camera on their phone. If you want to make a video, you just film it and upload directly And there are so many, like, animation programs and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's so many opportunities to easily put something together with an app that, you just download and kind of intuitively understand. Whereas back then, there was a lot more work going into it. You had to fight to get your vision of something called salad fingers yeah. out there. What about a little uh, website flash animation named Homestar Runner? Fuck yeah, that's on my list, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I I remember um, it, it was at Walter State when the two of us were going to Walter State. When together. we were going steady. Yep, when we were going steady, and uh, our our pal Holly Ford, Holy Ford, introduced me to Homestar Runner, and I became obsessed because there were so many uh, videos already. Yeah, totally. And, I wasn't there at the inception of it. I caught on where it was yeah. like, I think I think my friend Lee Bradley showed it to me first because uh, of the uh, the strong bad guitar video. Yeah, Trembolos, <laughs> arpeggios, me 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 me. And I was like, this is the fucking best. I was hooked after that. Yeah. So Holly showed it to you? Yeah, Holly showed it to me, and um, I don't think she showed me that you could click on stuff on the page sometimes, and it would pop up Yeah, there'd things. be like random little things yeah. on there. Yeah, and like, I remember I was watching one, and suddenly like the mouse cursor turned into a little pointer finger, and yeah. I clicked on it, and I was like, what the fuck? Something There's just happened. There's stuff all over the screen you yeah. can click on, and it's like new little additional things. Like It was a magical time for the yeah. internet. It was almost like... like when you find shit like that in video games where right. it's like, oh my God, I can Little open Easter this eggs. door. Right. It was kind of integrating that into these funny flash yeah. animation things. And I don't know, I don't know how they would, cause I know like they've shut down the site because flash is no longer being supported. Uh, uh-uh. they're still on YouTube though. You can find them on YouTube, but like, I don't know how they do that on YouTube. Does it just make the Easter egg flash up or do you just not get the Easter egg? You know what? That's a great question. You can technically integrate, links into a video that are clickable right but then it would have to go to a separate page yeah and you probably is, can't do it on your phone either right damn some of the magic is gone i hadn't thought about that i mean that that's just true of a lot of early internet some and of the honestly magic is gone. like that's that's the good and the bad of things like you know video becoming so centralized on like if you want to see something that's video you go to youtube that's right. kind of the only like right. vimeo go to hell like no way anybody yeah goes there. i mean you know there's there's other sites but they're and i'm certainly not, not going to a site to watch their videos like that's just <laughs> so out of the train of thought it's bizarre well like, even if you ew. do usually it's all it is is the the source info from the YouTube video. So it's Hosted just a, from YouTube. a YouTube video player on yeah. their page. But you're right. It's like there's a certain magic to going to that, that Homestar Runner website and just looking around and prowling around yeah. it and seeing what all was clickable. And mm-hmm. that's, that's very gone now. Yep. That's one of those things that young people... We'll definitely never experience. Oh no! Some asshole come on, come along and reinvent Flash, but like find a way to charge a bunch of money for it. That's probably true. Yeah, like it's new. No, seriously, that it's is new. most of what tech is now is reinventing shit yeah. that already exists. Yeah, and convincing people it's a new idea. Yeah, yeah we figured out that. a windmill. Now I think they figured that out a while ago. Pretty sure they've had that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure, man. Yeah, dude, those home, Homestar Runner ones, like, everybody kind of latches on to, like, Strong Bad and, like, Trogdor and all that right. stuff. And don't get me wrong, that's what got me yeah, into Yeah, those are the big well. ones. Trogdor, the Burninator. Hilarious. 
burning the countryside. Yeah. So good. But dude, even like the uh, like Teen Girl Squad, we referenced those squad. a lot. And dude, if you want to know that this stuff is relevant, there's a fucking uh, Animals as Leaders song called "Wave of Babies." Uh huh. And I make, out. I think we make references to Teen Girl Squad from time to time on this show. And I probably forget that's where it's coming. I from. do it all the time I in have real a crush life. Crush on every boy. <laughs> I wish the ball was my ringtone. <laughs> oh, what? Man. I miss my mom. I miss video games. I miss my mind. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like possums. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so the, okay, so I think the the origin of all this is like is like Monty Python comedy, right? Like Monty Very Python. Absurd, yeah, and just it yeah. doesn't have to have a reason. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of absurd comedy had been kind of absorbed by us as younger kids, but we weren't getting it from the stuff being shown to us. And that's why stuff like the Simpsons and then South Park and Family yeah, Guy yeah. all became popular because they were being more absurd and they were being more niche and they were being more silly out of left field kind of stuff. Yeah. All the other stuff that had been coming out up to that point. But also, I mean, South Park started as as just something they made on a video and pa- passed around vi- like before there were viral internet videos viral videos existed as videotapes that people passed around to each other that's such a bizarre thing to think of of like literally handing a piece of physical media to a person and that going around so much that it becomes a thing yeah that's strange it is it's 100 percent strange that's the world we grew up in man it is and even all the other just like the home star uh, videos themselves with like the coach and all those other uh-huh. characters. <laughs> coach Great Z. <laughs> like you can't say the word job for some reason. Great job. God, dude, those were so good. I love the Homestar Runner set. It makes me want to go and just like watch a bunch after this. Yeah, me too. It, it really, like, just talking about it a little bit, made, and as well as the G.I. Joe PSAs, I actually. I want to go watch all those. Because there are entire, like, uh, playlists of them on on YouTube. You can sit down and watch them all, yeah. Whenever you said that thing about the missiles earlier, I thought that that might have been a line that I had forgotten from All Your Base Are Belong to Us. Oh, right. That early meme. Yeah. All Your Base Are Belong to Us. But then there's, like, the song that went along with it to it. Uh It was like, All Your Base, All Your Base Are Mm -hmm. Belong to Us. Make Your Time. Like, that shit... That, again, was one of those times where I was like, oh, my God, other people think that that poorly translated text that was in all the video games of my youth, Uh other people think that's funny, too. I thought it was just me that loved stuff like, a winner is you. Yeah. Or you lose. What a pity. What a pity. Yeah, like, that that is, like, one of the, the genius things that happened in early meme culture was, like, just finding out that other people thought the weird thing from the nes game was weird like as funny as you did yep or finding out that that like weird obscure cartoon thing you remember from your childhood is an actual thing and somebody else remembers it yeah oh my god (laughs) so much of that early internet stuff was like that where it's like fuck you remember that too i thought i I thought that was a fucking fever dream which is why like a lot of early 2000s comedy is just references yeah, totally. Because it, it really was. We were finally all coming together and realizing, like, we all had these memories, but nobody else around us remembered them, but, like, these other weirdos on the internet do. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, I'm I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all Your Base was a jam, as well as some other stupid fun stuff that I never, I never heard any stories about why these things were made or what the explanation was. Like, 
Badger, 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 badger. <laughs> snake, snake. Mushroom, Speaking of badger, mushroom. Honey badger. Oh, the honey, honey badger. badger don't give a shit. Dude. So here's the thing. So that was like early meme stuff. It was. You know, and mm-hmm. I guess all that stuff was coming out of like 4chan and, and Reddit. Yeah, yeah. All those like uh-huh. early things that are still, Reddit's still ginormous. Is 4chan still a thing? It 4chan down, is still right? a thing. It's much worse than it ever was. I was going to say, I never set like, foot in that. Yeah. It was more anarchic in the early 2000s. Now it is more, much more conservative. Really? Yeah. It's gone like completely full circle. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's still like disgusting shit, but it's disgusting ultra racist shit and just like disgusting ultra conservative shit. Like, I'll say this, though. And, and again, the same way that I was talking about how like America's Funny Some Videos and stuff prepped us for a lot of the everyday person comedy that we absorb now. Mm-hmm. I think that even Gary Larson's The Far Side right? comic strip basically invented the one panel meme. Right. I gotcha. It I mean, because there were like, other one-panel comics before that, but like, they they didn't have that because like so much of Gary Larson's Far Side is visual. Yeah, it, the line is giving you like the punchline, but there's so much like in the visual to yep. it that then the punchline is like aha, it all comes together. And it was oftentimes some kind of like societal reference or pop culture reference in some way. Yeah, it's almost like that sort of paved the way for our idea of just like oh, one-panel thing with no explanation that doesn't continue or rely on any other narrative to tell a story mm-hmm. that in itself can be funny yeah and that's what a meme is yeah it is yeah i mean it, like we were talking about it the other day off mic but uh you uh, were admitting to me you're an old i'm I an said, old and i said i hate you for your old age you did ageist a- yep i said i'm ageist and i'm i'm hating you um but yeah <laughs> i am hating you yeah. you said you were saying that you know you're, you're one of your nephews or whatever or little cousin oh or whatever, yeah show me a bunch of memes and i'm like i don't, don't know what they're saying how could this be funny to anyone right and that is how memes meme uh, like the memes are a language and they evolve and they like like parts of memes become other memes and then they become memes. And then there's like all these layers of meaning that like have to be parsed out. Well, you were showing me, you made the fucking the uh, Giga Grand meme. And I was like, yeah. I literally don't know what yeah, you're Yeah, you've never about. seen this Giga Chad guy who's just a, a super handsome guy with a big, uh, big jaw. Off my radar. It's just like yeah. a black and white photo of some hunk. Yeah, just a hunky dude. And I was like, I, I literally have never seen this photo in yeah. my life. They're, yeah, they're just, I mean, and it really like, because it's become, because, you know, those early 2000s, the memes were readable by so many people yeah and now they've become so like diverse that they've become their own languages Mm -hmm. and so like you get into one particular groups uh you know like one particular subreddit and you're seeing memes and you may see formats you recognize but you don't know what the hell they're about sure because you don't know their entire like meme language the 17 other generations that led up to that form of it yeah, it is funny where there, there are memes that are like that, where it's like, well, it just started with this, then it evolved into this, then it turned to this yeah. other thing. It, it is like this weird genealogy that is traceable. Yeah, it is, entirely. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's also, it, it's odd, too, because I feel like the memes that you're exposed to are all so dependent on where you go on the internet and what the algorithm chooses to show you. Yep. Like, I don't do, I don't really do forums or anything anymore. Like, I don't do Reddit or anything right. because... During the early guitar days, I was on so many different guitar forums, you know, pre-social media. Right. 
was on like Jim's site and sevenstring.org and uh-huh. Harmony Central. Like, I still have so many people that are like, yeah, dude, I started following you on Jim's site. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a million years ago. It's pretty crazy. And uh, that stuff just it ate up so much of my time. Mm-hmm. I spent so much time posting and reading on those consuming. boards that I got away from it. So I think like most of, you know, the memes that my algorithm shows me are things that pop up on like Instagram and stuff that friends post right. on Facebook. By the time it's on Instagram, it's like months old. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think I definitely run into that because I'm not really there at the source. I'm not on right. those sites like Reddit. I think uh, that's probably the case, like, because as I'm saying, I don't get TikTok, but we are talking about old school viral vid- videos. I, TikTok is for this generation, and they're speaking a language that is not foreign to me. I look at it, I see it, I understand, like, what they're going for, but I don't, I don't get the viralness. I don't get the, I don't get the can't eat just one of it like mm-hmm. you know how that is that'll make like, my version of it right why is that better than the original though yeah i don't understand i don't get the continual versions of the same thing over and over and over i don't get what that's about i don't get how that entertains anyone i feel like it's more of um an optimized user flow mm-hmm. where they have figured out how to keep you watching videos even oh, though you're not paying attention dude, to quality. The traffic direction on TikTok mm-hmm. is is honestly shocking. Yeah. Like you know, Kate'll send me some funny stuff. I don't really I don't really ever log on to TikTok no, myself ever because I know it's, yeah. I'll just soak time into it. Right. But she'll send me funny stuff and it's like a lot of times when I get to the end of the funny stuff, I'll just like, Well, let's just flick a, a couple images here. Oh, cool, here's this cool guitar thing. Oh cool, here's this funny thing. Like, right. The way that the TikTok algorithm knows exactly who the fuck is looking at yeah. it. It's legit kind of scary. It is. It very much is. It, it um and I I think there's something to that early viral video culture where it was like y- you didn't have to like all the viral videos. You didn't have to be entertained by them, but some of them would really hit you specifically. Yeah, they felt more specific, and now again we've gotten more general. It is a, it's That's now true. gotten back to trying to entertain mass masses appeal, right? Rather than just make a very specific stupid joke. Well, that's even too how I felt whenever I saw the really early Lonely Island stuff. Yeah, like the really early Lonely Island stuff. That like so funny. A lot of people don't know because they've yeah you know, they listen to the albums, which are right fucking incredible Absolutely. classic records. Uh, but before that, they were just starting up as their own little comedy troupe, putting right. stuff up on, yeah, Funny or Die yeah. and early YouTube and stuff like well, that. Some, some of that, we should mention Channel 101. Channel 101 was uh, Dan Harmon and, and Rob Schraub's uh, attempt at uh, helping young comedians to make short really? form comedy and then put it on their site, Channel 101, and then it would be like, judged by the people basically i don't think i've ever and, tuned into any of that but i'm okay. sure i've seen some of the products you of, have right? definitely because lonely island was a huge part of early channel 101 really and so like a lot of those early videos you've seen were made for that i think the first one that i ever saw and, and you know again it's one of those things where this was an amazing thing to me because i remember having followed the lonely island for like a couple of years yeah and then it was like holy shit they got a, a gig working for SNL. 
Yeah, that was like Holy a, shit. a big swing too. It's like it became it was, real. Yeah, it was a big swing because it was like these are viral video stars, but it was far less of a big swing than people realized because most people didn't know about Channel 101 and the fact that tons of people that were contributing to Channel 101 and whatnot were like SNL writers and things. So like, no shit, they were like sniping the the quality content. Yeah, off there. they exactly. were watching. Yeah, they I mean, were that's just smart. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was just a smart move. So at the time, it seemed like a big swing, but it really wasn't. They wow. knew what they were doing, and then they had them make viral videos for that's that's what they and were they doing. They fucking did it. That was what the digital shorts were. Was yeah. like, oh, we see viral videos taking off, we make our own, and it worked. I mean, the the chronic of uh, Chronicles of Narnia one. Totally. Like, yeah, Lazy Sunday. That the was chronic, like one of the What cools of Narnia. That was one of like the early like it hit the internet and people were just like, Fuck yeah. It got yeah. like so many views. The first one that I remember seeing was one that our good friend Aaron Ganey showed us. That was the Bing Bong Brothers. The Bing Bong Brothers. Wait, please let me show my you my penis. penis. You guys. You guys. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And you that video might like our penises. <laughs> I would like to see your, your vagina. vagina. Yeah, <laughs> which was a, a, a reference to the Yin Yang Twins, of course. Yeah, little yeah. dated reference, little probably. Date. Well, at the time it wasn't, but now it is. <laughs> now it definitely <laughs> fucking is. But, dude, I remember watching that and being like, this is something that me and Mitch would make up. If me and Mitch yeah. had the ability to make these videos Absolutely. and make these beats, like, this is what we would do. Yeah. Uh, and then even some of that, like, early stuff, like the, like, you remember Space Wine? Space wine, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! So dude. drunk on this space wine. Uh, what was his, his name? Was like Flurb or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, I just want to remind you, I have both genitalia. Yeah. There's like a guy got stranded on an yeah an alien planet, mm-hmm. and the only guy there was Flurb. Yeah. Who just really wanted to fuck this astronaut, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. It's all that it was. Yeah. Him desperately trying to bone down. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Andy Samberg, Jormit Cohn, and, and Akiva Schaefer all are unique talents. Yeah. So everything that came out of viral video culture wasn't necessarily going to be the Lonely Island, but they really kind of exemplified that early moment yeah. of like, this is what it could be. And then it became like, this is all it will ever be. That's kind of all it is now. Yeah. Is like, they're try- everything is trying to be a viral video. Yeah, and that's you know that's the interesting interesting thing about it is they were bringing some like good production values and good uh-huh. editing into their videos, yeah. which is really cool. It kind of showed you like, oh man, if you take this stuff seriously, this stuff can blow up. Same Absolutely. with some of the early like Rhett and Link stuff. Yeah, same know? thing. Yeah, you look back at their like uh, their local commercial stuff, but also early viral video. Oh, totally. A bouncer outside Alabama broke, broke my, my jaw, jaw with a crescent wrench. <laughs> So if you don't buy my trailers, it ain't going to hurt my it's feelings. going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> At the Red House. <laughs> where black people and white people buy furniture. And Hispanics, too. Yeah. The way that guy says Hispanics, yeah. I guess is what he says. I, I what? Lo- like, I just love. God, like, so good. Because especially hearing the stories behind them where, like, yeah. talking to those guys, they really wanted them to emphasize that black people and white people were welcome there. I'm a black woman and i shop at the yeah. red house <laughs> so, so they're like good. okay we'll do that oh my god and man. the butt drugs yep. butt drugs <laughs> i love butt drugs dude red and link invented so much of the internet yeah so no i much. mean what they do has become common now that yeah. like it has become the thing like you can start an entire site 
where you just do exactly what Rent and Link do, and you might get millions of viewers. That's all you need, yeah. honestly. And it's funny, too, because I, I watched those videos, those early commercials and stuff, way back in the Wild West days of the internet. Then, years and years and years later, started watching Good Mythical Morning, not realizing it was the same, same guys. guys. yeah. Like, at all. Because they've changed their looks so many times over the years. Well, yeah, I mean, they used to be little skinny boys, too. Yeah, that, too. And now, now they're grown-ass men. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, like, years later, I realized, like, holy fuck, these are the guys that did the Red House. Yeah. Like, I'm watching them eat bugs or whatever. Uh-huh. But also, I have so many memories of these guys already. Yeah. Fucking amazing, man. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that's, I think, interesting about that, though, is, as I was saying, some of these early videos that had, like, huge production, like the epic rack, rap battles through history mm-hmm. and some of the uh, Lonely Island stuff. Yeah. That is something that I think is cool that TikTok is encouraging and doing, is being fucking cheap and creative. Yeah. And kind of making the, the viewer even use their imagination a little bit. Mm. Like, there's a really hilarious uh, TikTok Kate sent me a while back of somebody recreating the... Return of the Kings ending scene where Frodo's in the bed. And it's the same guy walking in and being all the characters. Okay. But he's just using like various trash around his house to look like these characters. <laughs> you know? So like his okay. whatever his like you so This know, is a flashback to what we started talking about. Really LOTR Orgy. It really, really is. Okay. So, you know, it's like for the fucking uh for the the Gimli costume. It's like uh-huh. he has green construction paper on his shirt and like red yarn beard okay you know gandalf has he's like holding a mop over his head all right it's, it's shit like that where it's like literally no budget still fucking funny and that is something that i love about internet videos and, yeah, me too. and, and honestly about tiktok especially is that it shows you that you can have zero money and be in your fucking dorm room and if you're funny you can make something hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, we already got that through Vine, and I don't know why Vine had to die. But why did Vine go away? I, I don't, don't fucking get it. Again, TikTok, we're just acting like this is new. It's, it's yeah, not new it's at all. It's not new. I don't know why it feels different to me, though. Because, like, Vine, it felt like there were so many that I could instantly feel were funny. TikTok, it feels like I got to learn a new language to get why it's funny. Sure. Yeah, I get that. And, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, too, seeing stuff like some of these, you know, early ridiculous songs. We were talking about uh, Maya He and all that shit earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember where you were when you heard Chocolate Rain the first time. Chocolate Rain. <laughs> I move some away from the mic. Some folks cry while others feel the pain. <laughs> and then it says, like, I move away from the mic to... To breathe. To breathe. Yeah, because he didn't, ha- he <laughs> Reminder. didn't have... Uh, 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 what is it? What is that called? Yeah, pop shield on pop, there. Yeah, pop filter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I looked like w- we would have one and it would remind me. Yeah. But no, we don't use pop filters. We don't filter. use them. No. You enjoy those hard peas, you y'all. You love our peas and bees. Yeah. If you mm. don't like them, we'll give you a refund, too. You're all like, ooh, give me more plosives. I mean, if you want you know, if you know, want to get rid of those, you can contribute to the Patreon page. That's true. We will buy pop. Actually, we probably could just buy pop filters. We have the money. Don't tell them that. <laughs> I mean, we don't have any money. How there are we going to go. buy pop filters? Hard edit around that shit, man. All right. All right. But I'll have to include this part. Pop, the hard pop, edit pop, pop, part. Pop, 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 Are you fucking magnitude over I'm magnitude. Pop, pop. Yeah, like chocolate rain and all that shit where it's like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. That was an interesting thing. Is like, that wasn't somebody doing a version of a song no he's singing his own song and it was absurd as shit yeah it was absurd and it was also like the question was why that was because like 
Now, if he had released that, it would get buried and no one would ever see it. No. Uh -uh. Because a million people sing into a camera for no fucking reason. Big deal. <laughs> Tayzonde, though, when he came along, it was like, I'm going to sing my song and I'm also going to film it for some reason. But I'm also, when I release the film, I'm going to explain why I move away from the mic <laughs> in case anybody's wondering. Now, why is he doing that? Yeah. Now, why in the world... <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre, man. Chocolate rain. He did have you, a good voice. I oh, mean, he nailed yeah. it, man. He's a bass. Yeah. Never show you that bizarre ass Kiko Man flash video that I'm like obsessed with. No. Oh my Kiko god. Man? It's I, I don't even know what it is. Okay. Again, that's the thing about some of these videos from back then. Like, I got no idea what this right. is or where it came from. <laughs> but it's some, like, super bizarre, like, Japanese song about Kiko Man soy sauce. <laughs> okay. Show me. Show you. Kiko Man. Kiko Man. <laughs> and I don't. Again, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know anything about uh, it. Is it maybe a commercial for Kiko Man? Maybe. I don't know, but it's huh. also got all this like bizarre ass, super weird, and at times like really dark shit in it. Like I think a guy like commits ritual suicide in the video what? at some point. I don't know, <laughs> but it's one of those things that just somehow I came across way early on, and I was I've been singing it ever since. Okay, Kiko man, Kiko man, <laughs> it's the fucking best. You can probably just look up Kiko man song, yeah, and you'll surely find it. I mean, this, um, technically, all right, so we all, maybe we don't all, but if you don't, you need to get familiar with the Oh Holy Night terrible version. Oh Holy Nightmare, baby. Which is- 20 out of 10. Which precedes, as far as I understand, internet videos, the, the actual recording. Yeah. It is somebody who is so delusional about- <laughs> Their ability to sing. <laughs> that they thought they could just do Oh Holy Night. A song that people who can sing really well would avoid trying to do because it's very hard. There's a whole Frasier episode about it. It's extremely complicated. It is very hard. There's some high-ass notes in there. Song. Yeah. And this guy, I think, thinks notes mean volume. Yeah, power. Yeah. He's so got power. The higher the note, the more volume and power he's going to put into it. <laughs> Fall! <laughs> oh, my God! Dude, you can tell it is just like peeling the fucking paint off the yeah. walls in the vocal booth. And there is a, there is a, a it's a video that's been around for a long time of somebody like basically doing uh, what it would look like to sing that. Oh, really? So I yeah, just look that. up Oh Holy Night. You'll see a guy in a Christmas sweater, oh. and he does it great. He's hilarious, uh, <laughs> and he even has his friend come in at the end to whisper. Merry Christmas. <laughs> like the guy does at the end. Oh, and it's, it's so, so creepy. creepy. <laughs> Why? And even at the first song, he's like, oh, holy, holy night. night. And you know you're in for it. Like, oh, <laughs> as shit. soon as it starts, this is you're like, good. oh, shit, where's this going? That's the greatest Christmas song. It really is. It really is. I haven't is. listened to it this year. That will get you straight in the spirit, I bet. Oh, there's no way. I'm going to have to listen to it over and over tonight yeah. just to, to get into the spirit. I'm pretty fucking Otherwise, sure. I will be visited by those three spirits that Jiminy Lankins was talking about. Oh, I mean, you've already been visited by the, the ghost of Jiminy Pass. <laughs> so. Jiminy Pass. You know what's coming after that? The ghost of Jiminy presence. I mean, if you're not in the spirit, that is. Oh, um, 
I'm going to stay out of the spirit for a little bit. I think maybe Gosh, Jiminy should drop by. You're I don't just know. asking. You're asking to be visited hey, by a ghost. Listen, the guy he's got he's got a voice for sure. Oh, he's got the the spirit of Christmas all the way down to the soles of his grubby shoes. Oh no, I'll tell you that he hitched a ride down here from West Virginia Riding on a coal, the rails on a coal car. Coal car for uh-huh. sure, for sure, man. <laughs> He's just riding the rails, going town to town, spreading the Christmas uh-huh. joy. You know how Jiminy does. I know. So, yeah, no, anyway, viral videos, yeah. Uh, we got anything more? I don't know if I have anything else. Yeah, I'm I think sure those there's are like the big a ones billion I other ones hit. that I'm, like, forgetting about. Yeah, but also, um, you know, let us know. Tell us the yeah, things. I like, want to I guarantee there are some that we've forgotten, and if you... If you post them, we're going to be super excited to remember that it exists. Yeah. Post I'm just now remembering page. soccer practice. Oh, soccer man. Practice. Johnny uh, Green? What? No, no, no. What is that guy's name? I cannot remember. Soccer practice. Dude, that's one of those ones. That, like, I know that everybody caught on to what, what in the butt. Yeah, what, what in the butt was great. Uh-huh. Fantastic. That one actually like caught on and I think it was like even referenced on like, South Park and shit. Yeah, yeah. It was what, big. Yeah, what what in the butt was huge. But soccer practice. Is it Johnny Green? No, no, no. Johnny Greenwood is a guy from fucking Radiohead. Johnny Greenwood is from Radiohead, yeah. I've got to get fuzz beat on this one because yeah, that, so, that video is a treasure, dude. Now going back and watching it, there's some problematic elements nah, to it for I don't sure. Think so. Johnny McGovern is his <laughs> Johnny name. Johnny McGovern. Video was uploaded. 14 years ago. Yep. Yep. That is an axe age, a sword age ago. For 100%. Yeah. But <laughs> For Johnny McGovern's soccer practice. It is it is a, it's a funny it's still a funny song. It is. I remember uh, also, let's see. I'm trying to remember cuz I remember being introduced to that uh shoes. Oh, let's get some shoes. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. loves shoes. Yeah. Oh my god, me and my friend Ryan Murphy used to laugh about uh-huh. Kelly all let me borrow that time. top let me borrow that top batch <laughs> oh my god and we're not even touching like the leave, leave britney's alone and all those other yeah, things that like, guy was so ahead of his time he was, he was correct right. everybody should apologize to i forget his name currently no i have no idea uh, remembered I it I in the knew. past but not right now yeah yeah anyway right. but yeah it, there there was just so much insane shit back then and i'm glad we were there for it at its inception too, me too you know because if you go back and watch this stuff it's like anything else man yeah, it's a like, lot of it just doesn't yeah it doesn't up. connect you doesn't go back anything. and watch the stuff that invented the stuff that you've been watching for the right. past 10 years it's not going to have the same impact you go back and watch the the final episode of mash and you won't understand why it's the most watched television show ever, ever. yeah you no. won't understand it not at all because you won't, you can't put yourself in the mindset of there were three channels. So what we're saying is, Chocolate Rain is as good and important as the final episode of Mash. Probably so, honestly. It's at least shorter. Uh, yeah, and you know what? No, nobody had to smother a baby. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> when you look at it that way, you know, might be better. Might be better. I just ruined the final episode of MASH for somebody who was like, I'm going to watch MASH. Nobody's going to spoil it for me. Why would know. they? Could be. Who knows? <laughs> but be sure to let us know about your ancient internet favorites. I'm yeah. sure there's a million we missed. Johnny, uh, what was it? Charlie Bit Me. Oh, uh, yeah. Charlie David Bit My Finger. David After the Dentist. I we feel like, that yeah, David one. After Dentist and Charlie Bit My Finger. Those are, yeah, those are more like, like late 2000s, but still that early era where it was like, 
Anybody Man, can upload something. Anybody shit can upload happen. anything, yeah. and it could maybe hit like. I mean, Dan- David Afternance is really funny. That, so funny. It's funny, really yeah. funny. But yeah. Charlie bit my finger. I never got. The, I mean, I got it. I liked how British the kid was. Exactly. I he get, was so British. The, what every American was laughing at was the British accent. That Pretty was much. it. British people, if you were laughing at it, we don't know what you were laughing at. No. Nah. What we were laughing at, the Britishness. The Britishness <laughs> of the whole thing. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, let us know over on the Facebook page. We'd love to know about yours. Oh, my God. What? What is it? Do you feel, do you feel a warmth near you? It almost I do. Feels, it, it feels like the warmth of a... A hobo trash barrel fire. Oh, that's a bad call inside of a home. Oh, my God. The room the room around us is transforming, Steve. I'm fading away, and only you are being left in the room. What is happening? Goodbye. Bye. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Ben disappeared. I guess I'm just stuck here by myself. Oh, hey. Hey there, Steven. You're not alone. Hey, Jiminy. It's the ghost. Of Jiminy Present, thank you. Oh, hey, okay, good. All right, so you're going to, I guess, teach me of the wonderful things that I should be recognizing this Christmas. If you're not feeling the Christmas spirit in your soul, maybe old Jiminy Lakin can fill the hole. Okay. Old timey hobo lick right there. For oh, okay. You. Is that where that comes from? I learned that one in the south of Missouri as a young Jimmy Lakin. Okay. When I'd only been riding the rails for a short time mm-hmm. across the great nation of the United States. All right. America. So you've just been riding the rails for a while learning guitar, and I guess you're going to teach me a Christmas lesson? If that's what you need to feel in your soul to feel the Christmas spirit. Okay. That's yeah, let's what hear I'm going to do for you. Maybe you need to hear a very special song. What means something to you, Stephen? What's a special Christmas song that you enjoy to hear that I can tell you? Um, you know, what? how about Mar- Mariah Carey? Little Mariah Carey. You know what, Steve? Maybe the reason you're not feeling in the Christmas spirit is because you feel different. Is it? Okay. Maybe you feel alone and different in the world. Ain't nobody like you, which is true. Okay. Sometimes that's a good thing. I'm a special snowflake. I'm going to tell you a very special Christmas song. Okay. About my good friend, Rudolph, a red-nosed reindeer. Okay. Tell me about him. Rudolph, a red-nosed reindeer, had a shot. If you did saw it, you'd say it glowed. All another reindeer used to laugh, call him name. They never let a Rudolph join a reindeer game. Then a foggy Christmas Eve. Santa, he did come to say, Rudolph with a nose of bright, won't you guys stay tonight? Yes, he did. Then how a reindeer love him, they shout out with glee. Rudolph, a red-nosed reindeer, buddy, you go down. A history.
that's another old time hobo. Okay, yeah. Where did you learn that in a particular region? I taught that one myself. You taught that one yourself, okay. I taught it myself. Okay. A hobo can learn many things in his travels across this land and the next. I must be catching the next passenger car along to the next town. But if you ain't in a Christmas spirit, you better watch out. Uh-oh. I'm going to come for you and get you in a happy, holly, jolly way, Steve. Okay. Thanks, Jiminy Lankins. I, I really appreciate your concern, honestly. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving now, Steve. Goodbye. Bye. Wow. So, huh. I wonder Whoa. if Ben's going to... Oh, hey, Ben's back. Golly, what, what happened? <laughs> I could smell the heat of a uh, of a hobo uh, uh, barrel fire, and then it was like I vanished. I blacked out there for a second. What happened? Um, I well, Jiminy Lincoln's showed up again, and he um again. Yeah, he he sang uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer to me. Now I don't how good know, was it? I don't know if he knows how articles work. What do you mean? Or prepositions. <laughs> He's good at what? verbs and nouns. He's got those down. And sometimes he throws articles in where they shouldn't be. Really? Just for funs out. Interesting. It's like a whole new hobo language. It's like he's got his own thing going on. And, um, you know, it's uh, unique. He's an innovator. It, okay. Sure. Jimmy Lakins, man. He really <laughs> just plays by his own hobo rules, doesn't he? I, I think maybe. And this is uh, controversial. But it uh, seems to me like if we had more bluesy Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer renditions, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that maybe we could create a interminable Christmas album that no one would like. <laughs> wow, you don't say. Really? Not a single person? No, people would love it. But uh, it, it definitely wouldn't be played in a Walmart or a Target. Mm. Can you imagine people walking around? To Jiminy Lakins, Lake, 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 what's his name? It's L A K I N S. Jiminy Lakins, Lakins, and, uh, and they're to the contemplative way in which he plays a song. <laughs> would, it makes you think about the meaning of Christmas. Exactly, it would disrupt purchasing. That's a good point. It might get in the way of consumerism. Yeah. So individuals would buy the album, but it's just not going to hit that Mariah Carey level, I don't think. Well, and then he'd probably just end up spending the money on, I think, some smokes and I mean, cans maybe, of beans, maybe. Cans of beans, probably some cans of beans. Mm-hmm. These are old hobo things. Uh, the hobo, of course, from the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, he's a Dust Bowl kind of guy, that Jimmy Lakins, you know? He's... He's come out of hard times. He's a relic of the past. He might have of, even, I bet he's absorbed some some vaudevillian aspects in his travels through maybe the Dust so. Bowl era. Maybe so. Maybe so. So, yeah. Can't wait to find out what he's got for the future. Wow. You think you're going to be visited again if you're not in the Christmas spirit? I feel like he's definitely going to visit again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's no matter... Gosh. No, no matter if I get in the Christmas spirit or not. Jiminy's coming oh back. Oh, Lord, he coming. Because he's, listen, he's a three guy. He's a, uh, there's a rule of threes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When, when you're a Dust Bowl Blues man from the <laughs> mountains of West Virginia. Just mumbling his way across the nation. Yeah, huh? he's he's an interesting fellow, that guy. Is he a hobo or a ho-no? I mean, listen, he's he's talented. He's he talented, play man. play a guitar. Creative man. Creative man. Person. 
I probably make a mean uh, cup of cowboy coffee filtered through a sock or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's probably true. And knows the best window sills to steal pies from. Oh man, that's his that's his joint right yeah. there. Yeah, he's like, listen, don't worry, I know where to get a cherry pie. This lady over here, twelve thirty, she's gonna have it out on the window sill. Cooling down, you gotta cool it don't somehow. Worry. She makes two every night. She knows we're gonna steal it. Well, Jimmy's not a, an immoral person. No, he's a good guy. He's a good spirit. Yeah, he's An trying even. to bring back my Christmas spirit, this fella. He's working pretty hard on you, it sounds like, man. Gosh. <laughs> I wish I could have been there to witness that performance. I know. It's weird that when he comes in, you disappear. It just happens that way. But I can tell you visually, everyone, that it's not the same person. Wow. Yeah. Now so. they know. Now they know. They were thinking before, like, that's probably just Ben. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Jimmy Lakins. I mean, also, I would have been in the room harmonizing with him. That makes sense. You would have been. I've you been probably like, would have been on bass. Off the red nose of reindeer. Playing some bass. Yeah. Making the daddy notes down low. Playing the big guitar like I do. I'd have been doing that if I was here, which I was not. You weren't. I don't know where you were. The darkness in the pit. I was lost in the void. Lost in the void, I tell you. Well, Steve, now that we've had our second visit from Jiminy, I think this sounds like a pretty good time to start talking about the thing that somebody clicked on this podcast for, which is our discussion and review of A Lord of That Ring, The Return of Anne Kings. Is good. Bye. Please like and subscribe. I know that somebody's been waiting with bated breath this entire time to be like, I can't wait to find out if I should watch this movie or not. You should. You should. Yeah. I mean, you've made it this far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be a really dumb thing not to. It wouldn't make any sense, honestly. You might as well. You may. Seriously. Just put put a little bit of time into it. Go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Watch that extended edition. That's what we're I talking about today. specifically Return of the King. Without the extended edition, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. It's really wild and we're going to talk about some of those differences as we go along because i I haven't seen the theatrical one since it's been over a decade yeah sure yeah i don't think i've ever watched well i mean maybe right when it came on a dvd yeah i I definitely did watch them on dvd because the extended editions weren't out yet maybe i wonder how long that was in between when they came out and when the extended ones came out yeah me too I really don't remember. I wonder that. how long it was for, because uh, it seems like it wasn't until HBO Max that the extended editions were streaming. They've been on Amazon for a minute. Oh, were they? Okay. They have. You had to buy okay. them, but they they've been. Oh, out you for had at to least buy. Well, years. then, okay, they weren't. They were streaming, streaming. I yeah, guess, yeah. but you had to buy them. But yeah, streaming for the one percent. I I'm really like. I'm I'm glad that HBO Max has done that. They did that also with the director's cut of Doctor Sleep, where you could choose that as an option. Totally. Can't wait until they finally add in the goddamn DVD exclusive commentaries and stuff. Dude, I know. Like, what's the issue there? What is the holdup? Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that has still driven me crazy about streaming. We have yeah. been in the streaming age for fucking years now we were in the dvdh for like two minutes before they were like we could add commentaries we've been in the streaming yeah. age where Still they can add they could add everything they Dude. could just add it like here are all the commercials here are the video games you here is everything Any fucking possible thing. yeah every now and then amazon will do that whenever you buy a movie and it's like at the end here's all the bonus content in no discernible order and you can't mm. choose the options of what you want to watch and what you want to skip it's just like 
here's a fucking hour worth of all the bonus features and extended scenes for no reason. Jesus. And it's just a fucking mess. It's like, yeah. dude, you can't tell me we don't have the technology to navigate some sub menus. Yeah. I mean, considering you can go on most streaming services and choose like, actually, I'd rather the audio be dubbed in Spanish or right. whatever. How Why about one of the options is the commentary? Yeah, give me Elijah yeah. Wood's commentary. Mm -hmm. You know, I bet some of that has to do with streaming not having been part of the contract. Yeah, rights and shit. Yeah, right. Because you know, the, it just wasn't. They didn't see it back then that yeah. that was going to be a thing. And who owns bonus content? Right. You can make money off of bonus. It's bonus. It's. But not, I feel like anything that's yeah. been made past 2010 seems like that's probably in the contract too. Like. Yeah, they should have been writing this considering right. we've been in the streaming age for so fucking long. Yeah. So I don't really I don't really understand that. Because the Lord of the Rings appendices that are on the extended edition DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, mm -hmm. holy fuck, they are a treasure. They are will they? make okay. you appreciate these movies tenfold. Yeah. Because it's just so in-depth and so in the weeds about how they made this set. Here's how they filmed this. Here's the material they used to make the damn That's spider rad. webs. Yeah. Like, it's bonkers. Those spider webs, by the way, they look gross. Yes, they do. <laughs> they just look gross. Like, if you touched them, you'd feel gross. And they were made out of some sort of, like, synthetic polymer that it showed them, it showed them like, making it in one of the appendices, almost in what looks like a, uh, almost like a fry daddy is what it looked like it was going into. Okay. And it was this liquid polymer shit, and they had to heat it to, it was, like, exactly 220 degrees. To get it to that consistency and yeah because it's like if it was 221 it would literally burst into flames <laughs> and if it was 219 it would just be this gummy mess wow but it's like they would melt it to this highly specific temperature and then just kind of like almost like making a funnel cake kind of like twirl it into water oh, okay and then they'd pull it out and it was just this beautiful shiny sticky web material science it really is. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it shows all the costuming, and there's all kinds of interviews with um, you know, Alan Lee, who had so much to do with the visual design of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's seriously fucking incredible. Worth it, you're oh my yeah. God, dude. I mean, yeah. seriously, like just go and fucking buy a DVD player and those extended edition DVDs mm -hmm. just so you can or watch Blue the appendices. Rays. Or I'm Blue sure it's Rays, all on there. Yeah. Just to watch the appendixes. If you're a fan of these like we are, you've not learned everything there is to learn about these movies until you've watched those things. Okay. They're seriously fucking incredible. Now, whenever this movie come out, mm -hmm. a long while ago. Yeah, 2003. God damn. That is, uh, I mean, good God. This would have been whenever, like, my my wife, who was then my girlfriend. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember if she had either moved back to Tennessee by that point or if she was just in for Christmas. Because she uh -huh. went to, to school in New York City in 2003. But by December, maybe she was back or just in for break. I can't remember. Okay. But it would have been one of those times where it was like, my girlfriend's back home. Yeah. Let's uh -huh. do the little of the ring. Yeah. And I remember just sitting my, my barely legal ass down in the theater <laughs> and having some fucking barely legal fun. I don't think I had ever seen anything of this scale in a theater. I mean, you know, I had seen like the Star War yeah. my entire life. But I felt like this was my moment. I felt like this was like, this is my generation's equivalent to the Star War. Yeah. Where we're all sitting here having our minds collectively blown, seeing this epic trilogy of movies yeah. that is like unlike anything that's ever, you know, that's come before it. I just remember being in the theater and thinking, this is important. This isn't just yeah. a movie. This is a cultural event. And surely enough, I mean, considering here we are 20 years later, 
and there's still you know two dumb fucking white guys <laughs> doing a podcast about it, picking yeah. it apart. Clearly, we were correct. It is very important. It is very important. I, now, I remember when this came out. I was uh, in Kurgan, Russia. Oh yeah, yeah, Russian. Ru- I was rushing around. How come you Russian? Um, Slow down. <laughs> I was in Kurgan, and Kurgan was um, different than any place I had been in Russia, but uh, very cold and windy. That sounds like a lot winter. of places I think of in Russia. Uh, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's a huge country, so that's only true of like seventy percent of it. How many times a week would you guys get those fierce vodka storms, <laughs> just torrential <laughs> vodka storms? Well, you could tell when it was happening because people would be organizing their tarps. Getting their buckets out. Yeah, getting their buckets out. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but the thing I remember was Kurgan to me seemed so, because like other cities I had lived in had like these really great city centers and stuff and had like, you know, theaters and things and. Uh, Kurgan didn't have all that, and I still remember seeing tons of Lord of the Rings Return of the King posters everywhere. So wow. catching on worldwide. Yeah. Well, it had already been it had already been caught. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Done being caught. Yeah, the, the people there were super fans of it already. Well, they I mean, had that beautiful Russian version. They of do Lord have a Russian Rain. version that honestly isn't that. <laughs> Bad. It is surreal as fuck. You it's can find that surreal, on but it, like, it's interesting. Yeah. It was made for dollar budget. Yeah, it, it wasn't made for a lot, but it, it's <laughs> it's something. I mean, but yeah, it was popular, and I had seen the first two before I left, so I was I had wa- I wanted to see it, but I was a missionary, and Mormon missionaries uh, can't just go to the theater and watch movies. What? Yeah, you can't go in there and be like, hey. A for a movie start, hail Mormon. <laughs> Talk to me later. And then the movie starts. Check right? me out. I'm doing missionary <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, so I had to, I, I, you know, I loved the first two. I was super stoked to see the third, but I, I still had uh, basically a year and a half before I would be done with my mission. But when I got home, it was one of the first things I did was watch Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Nice. And loved it instantly. Was just like, this is great. Amazing. I wish I had seen it in theaters. And I still do. I have never gotten to see it in theaters. Uh, That makes me sad. It made me sad too. And the more, like, the more I've thought about it in, you know, later years, it's like, I mean, not a, I, I already think mission, missionary work, of course, is horrendous. Not only are they trying to uh, spread their religion just by shouting at people on the street. Well, you're not shouting, but you're, well, you're wasting people's time <laughs> on the people. fucking street. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, they're just trying to spread American capitalism everywhere. And it's just like, I just don't, like, it's just such a waste. And then they're making these poor fucking 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids believe that this is the most important thing in their possible lives that they could ever do. <laughs> and all that's really happening is they're missing good movies. They're making you miss the Lord of the Rings. Exactly. That's all that's really happening is you're I mean, missing hey, good stuff. You know what? I'm going to put it on the scales right here. 
Doing a mission, Lord of Ringin'. Oh, Lord, Lord of Ringin' wins. Yeah, Lord of Ringin' wins. So yeah, it's I, gonna be better than most things you can do watching a Lord of Ring. I would love an opportunity to see the extended editions in theater, and I hey, wish that would happen. You did get to see The Hobbit, though. <laughs> so. Oh. Okay, uh, I will say this uh, about The Hobbit: the that Martin Freeman's really good. Yes, he is. Martin Freeman is that who it is? Yes, Martin Freeman. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Or is it Michael Sheen? No, no, no. Fuck, now I'm fucked up. It's Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yes. It is. Hold true. Hold fast. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I watched those movies and fucking hated the dog shit out of them. Yeah. Do you remember, and this is a detail I had forgotten about, they showed them in theaters in 60 frames per second for some unknown reason. You remember that? It looked so bad. It made it all look like Telenova. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, seeing a movie in 60 frames per second is the worst. Yeah, it shouldn't be shot in 60 frames per second, for sure. I don't know why it is that I hate it, but I fucking hate it. It looks too much like normal life, maybe. There's no art to it. It feels... I feel like it looks smoother than normal life is the thing. Yeah, it does. But, yeah, it it looks unreal in a way that's not... Something there doesn't compute with me. There's there's no art to it. That's the thing is that it it kind of reveals too much about the underlying like simplicity of film. Like, Something about it, yeah. It's like it doesn't hide the fakeness of the exactly. Fact that, like, I'm hide watching a the movie. fakeness. I want I want my brain to be like this is real. Yeah, because it doesn't look real. Or to enjoy it and be like this is fake. It is moving slower than my eye can track. Yeah, naturally. Exactly. There's something about that just like glorious, you know, 24 frames per second. Mm-hmm median that's like oh this is right to my brain yeah maybe it's because that's what you know most of the media i've ever watched is in i don't know maybe but it just looks better Mm -hmm. so a couple weeks ago while i was like eating dinner getting ready for a skankbanger show i just put the hobbit on in the background and it was not the 60 frames per second right it was like the whatever 24 one it looked a lot better well i haven't still not good I didn't see The Hobbit in theaters, so oh really? Yeah. Okay. So my only experience is home is home video, and yeah, I, I didn't see the sixty frame. I remember like that being the thing, that being something people were like the draw, that. yeah. But also people not liking it. Um, but yeah, I I think for me a lot of it was. It kind of does start out good the first Hobbit, like it's fun. It is really dragging out a story that's simpler than they're making it, but... I don't fucking get why they thought that should be three fucking movies, man. By the second one, I was like, what are we doing here? What are we even doing here? And then the third one, yeah, I turned off after like five to ten minutes because yeah. I just couldn't... I didn't care. You I didn't right care choice. about it. Yeah. I still don't care. No. I will never... Unless for some reason our audience is like, do The Hobbit next... I mean, please don't do that. Please to us. don't. It's, no. uh, it's Christmas. It won't even be fun to talk shit about. Like, it like, really would Stuff like, like Twilight is fun to fucking just beat to death. Yeah. It, it really would just be unfun because it's like it, what it could have been. Like, I know, the three right? movies preceding it were so much better. And I, I mean, I feel like you can't take it out of Peter Jackson's hands. But also, if Peter Jackson isn't really, like, super excited to do it, why do it? Yeah. For, for real, right? Just don't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, he was obviously robbed of the time and the budget and all that stuff yeah. to do what, 
he did with the the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. with the Hobbit. So it really was just kind of doomed from the get go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't uh, yeah don't care much for the Hobbit, but this this was very satisfying to see. Yeah. It was such a satisfying ending. I know. You know the the a satisfying endings. Yeah, the traditional <laughs> quip would be well, which one because there's so many there's fucking endings. Uh, but it, you know, as uh, I just read the books, the books have more endings. It's so true. There's less. They endings actually in the book. edited it down. They pared it down a little bit. <laughs> and you know, that's one of those things that I can, I can honestly say is for the better. Yeah, I if, think so too. If you've never read the books before, you know the way that we see uh, old Sour Man. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the singer Grima. of him, Grima Wormtongue, <laughs> die in this movie is not at all how it happens in the book. In the no. book, they retreat away, they escape, they go to the Hobbit's Shire yeah. and enslave them and take it over. And basically, after all of our dudes have been through all these epic battles and been through all the shit, they go back home and it's just like, oh shit, Sour Man has fucking enslaved everybody. And there's like this little mini uprising battle and it's it's kind of disappointing and like not really all that great. Was that like an unintentional joke? A mini uprising? Hey! Because they're not very tall, those hobbits. They're not very tall. Yeah, they're like three, three, five area. I set that yeah. one up and you spiked it. Yeah. So, nice. yeah, yeah, that, that ending uh, in the book even seems excessive. Yeah. But yeah, in the movie would have been like, okay, no, nobody is going to sit here at this point for a whole new like mini story. Dude. People okay. in the in the theaters are getting bed sores by this point. Yeah, it's you know? just yeah, not gonna happen. So yeah, that choice was smart. But then the choice for the theatrical edition to just entirely cut out killing Saruman that made is no sense. I really forgot about yeah. until I started. You know, we don't deep. watch the theatrical no. cuts. Yeah, but I was reading some stuff about the difference between the theatrical and the extended cut, uh-huh. and I had completely forgotten that in the theatrical. You know, it kind of picks up there at that Tower of, of Isengard mm-hmm. after the, the Ents and all these right. guys have destroyed all that shit. And uh, I guess in the theatrical cut, they're like, so what do we do now about Sour Man? And they're like, he won't be bothering us. Let's move away. Yep. Bye. That's and it. That, and, and that's it. Yeah. That's insane. And apparently this led to a huge falling out, too, between Christopher Lee and Peter Jackson because Christopher Lee showed up at the red carpet fucking screening of the and he premiere. wasn't even in the fucking and he's like, movie where, so where am i in this and of course christopher lee is like the prominent fucking tolkien scholar of the entire right. cast and, and you're it, getting rid of sour man old saruman old sour man the himself. number two villain of the fucking entire trilogy yeah that you seems just, important off screen he's not a problem anymore it's not even off screen death it's just like yeah. he won't be bothering us anymore. yeah that's it and that's literally all the same same mm-hmm. with grima like what? That guy was really important. Yep. They were the two main villains of the previous movie. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly they're just like, eh, don't worry about it. Let's move on. Yeah. This led to a huge falling out, apparently, between, yeah, uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Jackson. And yeah. they apparently had to do a lot of convincing to get him to return back for his role in the Hobbit movies. I I bet. Like, yeah. And then that, those turned out the way those did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet he was regretting it. Yeah. So having just read through the books, yeah. um, for me, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, I've told the story on the show before that, you know, uh, basically my wife dictated all three of those books to me as uh-huh. we were uh, moving into our house and renovating and repainting and all this stuff. And uh, it, it was a magical experience, and it's it's forever a happy memory for me. Uh-huh. 
As somebody who just read those, how do you feel about the books and their movie translations? Do you feel like they did a good job of deciding what to keep in there, what to admit, what to change? Yes, I think uh, the movies made brilliant choices in editing. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and, and and I love the books. Yep, I, I, I ended up very much enjoying the tangential nature of Tolkien's writing. Uh, probably because I was playing RPGs while listening to it, That's and it's cool. basically an RPG. Yeah, because it, totally. it's just like new information coming along that may not be pertinent to the current quest, but is pertinent to future quests, and it's like that's true. It, it is very works. much like an RPG where it's like you're in the middle of like, okay, there's a bad guy fixing to take over the earth, but I just went to this new town and they told me about this missing sword, right? That had this huge lineage, and I kind of have to go find that. Yeah, now. yeah. So there's a, I I liked that. Um, because it kind of connected in my head, but again, as as an ADHD reader, <laughs> that would be impossible if I was trying to read. Because as I've said before, I've tried to sit down and read the book, and I cannot. I mean, I, I might as well have done there. it on audiobook since Kate was yeah, literally Kate reading, was reading it out loud. It you, yeah. So I'm right there with you. Uh, so I highly recommend the audiobook. I think the movies are better because yeah. of the way they're edited together. There's a more forward-through line of a story. and because of my cinematic brain. If you have a more book-focused brain, the books are probably better to you because there's more information and, like, there's no real guessing about anything. Like, there are, of course, uh, and we'll talk about it more, but, like, you know, uh, in the book, you think Frodo's dead, possibly. Right. Like, there, there are, you know, different book tropes going on that the movies don't do. But I think the movies really capture every bit of the story and then put it into a way that makes it completely interesting the whole way, but also feels like a consistent story instead of constant tangents. Yeah, totally. Completely. Well, and the thing that I think helps the movies out a lot, too, is that you have this constantly shifting narrative where you're seeing this story that's going on, you know, whatever, in Rohan, simultaneously, let's code over to these guys over here in Gondor oh, shit, what's happening here is going to affect what's happening right. here. Whereas in the books, it It'll is a be lot the more one story, start to finish. And then the next story. And then if you connect the things, you're like, oh, I see what was going on right. there. Right. Yeah. Like uh-huh. even, you know, in the books, the way that the two towers ends is with Shelob's lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, Frodo just fucking died. Yep. Whoops. And then it starts back up with all the stuff with uh, the rest of the, King, of the, the fellowship. But not Sam and Frodo. Yeah. Up until they approach the Black Gate and the mouth of Sauron comes out with Frodo's like Mithril uh, shirt. Mithril yeah. shirt. And the assumption then is, oh fuck, Frodo's dead. Yeah. And so it's like halfway through the last book, yeah. you're like, now let's get back to Sam and Frodo. And then it picks back up with Sam and Frodo. And our assumption is this is gonna be the story leading up to him dying. Well, we've already seen him with Shelob, but then like we find Sam kept, like finding Frodo, and it's like, well, f- we know Frodo's going to die, but then the guy takes his shirt. And this leads to the most ridiculous like uh, orc battle for no reason. Like They all <laughs> just beat each other up and they kill shitty. each other. Well, it's because they're fighting over and, and dude, a shiny last, shirt. Last year, for the preview palace, we talked about our quotable Lord of the Rings lines. Uh-huh. I somehow omitted... That that's one of my favorite ones is whenever that guy holds up that mithril shirt and he says something like, give me that shiny shit. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like he says shiny shit. Shiny shit. Love it. Now, like, 
I prefer the way the movie does it. I don't. I I get why you do it in a book, because you, that keeps people turning the pages. Oh my yeah. gosh, where's Frodo? Where's Frodo? Oh no, Frodo! Like, but that's one of those cool things that you get into is the way that you know books, the original storytelling medium, uh-huh. then got turned into movies, and yeah. then the movies kind of informed book writers. Like, oh cool, you know, viewers, readers, whatever can mm-hmm. interpret simultaneous events happening and constantly changing right. narratives. Yeah. Like, movies changed the way that books were written, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Tolkien wasn't really writing these books in the mega-cinematic age. Part part of my disdain for books after the 1920s is... It's not a disdain. I, I like some books after the 1920s. To me, most books after the 1920s are just failed screenplays. And you ever read any Dean Koontz? I have. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think that once cinema came along and cinematic language started uh, like influencing novels themselves, it became like okay, but then why do we need the novel? You want this to be a movie, obviously, because a novel you should be using all the bounds that you have, which is literally unlimited. You can go any way with a novel. You can yeah. do anything you want with a novel. And the boundaries of language itself. You can yeah. you absolutely you can do anything with a novel. So if your novel just reads like a screenplay, screenplay. what's the use? Right. Yeah. yeah. Just show me the movie instead. Just show me a movie version. Oh, nobody Maybe wants sense. to make your movie? Probably not that good. Maybe it's that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's that right there. I do think that the choices that they made when converting these from book to movies were were strong. Yeah, though. it was a sm- uh, yeah. Uh, Fran Walsh and Philippa Boy- uh, Boyens, Boyens, uh, Boyens, and, and of course uh, Peter Jackson, all were doing a real good job. Not only because like some of the speeches and things are just straight out of the book. Oh, there's a lot, of just lines, a ton, especially in this. Yeah, one. just a ton of stuff straight out of the book. Literally, they took. They didn't think we need to simplify this language for a wider audience or anything they were just like no audiences will get it these books were extremely popular when they came out yep these movies will capture that feeling again and they do they they really do capture that feeling uh because like i remember when i was listening to the first book and we get gandalf's speech to frodo about like you know uh uh, Frodo says the thing about not wishing the ring and never come to him and oh, everything. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this is like, this is capturing exactly what the film captured. Same with like uh, Gandalf telling, um, I think it's Pip that speech about like death is just another journey. Right. Turns to yeah. silver glass. Like that's straight off the page. Yeah. And there's some beautiful fucking prose in those books. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm glad they didn't omit that. I'm yeah. glad they didn't turn it into like, dude gonna be sick right exactly <laughs> what i kind of assume the amazon series is gonna be oh man please don't yeah i really <laughs> god damn dude like i'm so excited and nervous i feel like the amazon series is going to be what if game of thrones was lord of the rings uh, which is like i, hope I don't not. like sometimes sometimes uh, it's like who cares about the history old man this is somebody doing their own thing but game of thrones is just lord of the rings with more character and like less outward magic happening yeah yeah like so much of it is the same stuff and everybody's like human well not everybody yeah not everybody there's less non-human races. less non-human races yeah but it, it, it like game of thrones just so much pulling from that but also any fantasy 
novels after it are pulling straight from Lord of the Rings in so yeah. many ways. Oh, I don't know any single, not that I'm an expert or anything like that, but right. like, I can't think of any fantasy series, mm-hmm. film or book or whatever that isn't borrowing from the Lord right. of a ring. Yeah, so like this is fantasy now is it's always going to be stemming somewhat from this and this was because of uh, uh, Tolkien's like slavish devotion to traditional storytelling and things like that and the way he knew linguistics and things and language like he really created and uh, like made a world real which is what fantasy is fantasy as a genre is the idea of you creating a world and making that world feel so real that somebody can be like in their mind be like what's the history of that and turn to the page and there it fucking is there's yeah. the history of oh, that dude what tolkien's yeah. up is like yeah but what happened 500 years earlier here yeah i got a story for yeah you. exactly it's so, like, so yeah, fleshed out that's that same with game of thrones same with any major popular fantasy novel is that they're able to pull you into a world where it really doesn't matter if they're speaking in a way that is unnatural to you you're there you're with it it all sounds right so yeah that that amazon lord of the rings i'm wondering please don't blow it please 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 please, please, don't blow it just don't blow it don't just don't but i mean the fact that it's not been in development for fucking eight years right like this shit was which is what makes me think Mm, probably not gonna be good maybe not you know because those eight years they spent just really really dialing that script in Mm -hmm. of course dialing all the visuals and making all the sets and armor and weapons like you can find online a list of like how many weapons were made for this how many links of chain mail were made for this and it is utterly insane as we said on our other episodes it's like this is what happens when you you have somehow thousands of people in the movie production industry that are as in tune with the creator's vision as like any fucking cult is. Like yeah. there's a cult level <laughs> devotion yes. to these movies on the production level of things where everyone has lost their mind and has become absolutely obsessed with making mm-hmm. these the most accurate, unbelievable fucking movies ever. Yeah. And god damn, when you see it it pays off. I feel like uh if uh uh, Rowling hadn't shot herself in the foot. Oof. We'd be seeing something like that in twenty years with Harry Potter. Just people who were looking back at the the movies that were made and looking back at the books, but like looking at the ways in which culture had changed, and just making a version that fits together as just one perfect narrative. Because again, like the Harry Potter movies, while they were being made, the books were still coming out. Sure, like these these movies are made so far after the books that there's been so much like thought put into it already and then you put eight years of development into it it's like so much like slavish devotion to getting it right oh, yeah. because everybody cares about it but also knowing because the series was complete at that point yeah knowing what is going to matter what should we focus mm-hmm. on and What's... also like oh this never comes up again yeah let's leave tom bombadil so behind. yeah tom bombadil not important bye yeah, yeah. You know, whereas, like you said, other series, even Game of Thrones, for example, Mm -hmm. being put out while the books aren't even done yet, they're flying fucking blind, man. Yeah. They're flying absolutely blind. And then the creator seeing that some of the events that he wanted to happen uh, didn't go over well with fans, and then him being able to be like, oh, I didn't mean for that to happen. Not it. (laughs) Because I 
I can rewrite the book now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, this is how I want it. Yeah. Yeah. That whole situation is sickening and it kind of feels like, it just feels gross to me when I think, because <laughs> like, I know people want to hate Benioff and Weiss. Like they rushed the last two seasons. Like they went off of limited information and the guy who had the information, a lot of that information that you hate came from him. Yeah, it's true. So uh, anyway. So what are you mad at? What are you mad at? Who yeah. are you mad at? Really? What you're mad at is that the series you like is going to end really bad. Probably. And honestly, probably going to end without the books being written. I kind of wonder at this point yeah. if they're even going to get finished. Yeah. Because also, too, it's like, who who the fuck cares right now? Yeah, who cares right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he kind of ruined all of his goodwill. It really, really did. Yeah, that was that a bad sucks. call. That, that was a bad sucks, call. Man. Yeah. Because people do love those books. All the early books are still fucking slamming. Yeah. I mean, all mm-hmm. the books that we have are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I think that uh, it, this this turned out. I mean, because we had the the cartoon versions of uh, the Hobbit, like Rankin and Lord Bass, of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, we had that, and there's the Russian like '80s <laughs> version, yeah. but there wasn't like a major live action version of Lord of the Rings, and this was a book that was gigantically popular, like massively influential. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's kind of the perfect time to be making it. They, you know, uh, when we talk about the MCU, like we talk about how they're very successful because they're using these stories that they've known were popular for 20 years. Yeah. Infinity War, man. Yeah. So this they're just bringing a story they know people like yeah. and presenting it live. That's that's what you do. And That'll work. I think in, in, a, in a very like, you know, money oriented cinema you're seeing that people are making money now off the book they're selling you want to make the adaptation now because you want to strike while iron's hot and it really isn't about making the most like fan friendly version or a version that's going to tell the story in the best most effective way it's about making money yeah and so we got real lucky with lord of the rings that it just came at a time when you know peter jackson his his budget's were big but like they weren't as big as you think when they were filming fuck no like a lot of the bigness came later oh yeah yeah as no, they I mean, there's, succeeded. there's so many movies that are put out now that cost what this shit cost yeah and and don't make what this i mean because this over this, a billion dollars the budget of this is 94 million it made over a, a billion like uh, the Marvel four movie- million for this? Yeah, that's the, it. Yeah, the like a Marvel movie that's made a billion dollars, the budget's usually three hundred million, four hundred million dollars. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Infinity War was like half a billion dollars. Yeah, I think it was like five hundred million dollars yeah. for that. This was ninety four. Ninety four million. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a full that's ton a of fuck money. ton of money, especially in you know considering production began in the late nineties. Yeah. That's a holy fuck ton of money. A holy fuck ton of money, but, but still, also the just the amount of success that came from from that budget just Oh yeah, and the absolute murderous clean sweep at the awards. <laughs> 11 for 11 Academy Award nominations That's to win. That's insane. Yeah. And you know, on that topic, like I'll say this, I think that I mean, obviously the the Oscars and all this is complete it's bullshit. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Uh-huh. It's just popularity contest, political bullshit. Right. Also, they had this fucking bullshit that they didn't let them win three years in a row. 
Like, imagine putting out yeah. those first two movies and seeing all the success that they garnered. And how much people just love them. How gorgeous they were. I mean, because they were... Unbelievable. The entire world was in awe. The entire trilogy, all three won best visual effects, which previous, only Star Wars had done that. So, wow. you're talking about, you know how effective they are and how beautiful they are, but also you see the sales and you see how much people love them. Like, I think... You know, it really does seem like they were putting it off. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I mean, obviously, if we even consider these movies, they're going to win everything for three years in a row, and people will quit watching the Oscars because they just know Lord of the Rings is going to win everything. Right. Again, it's just fucking sales. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is. But also, awards are ridiculous in general. Of course. Why don't they just say, like, Listen, we picked this. We know it's not the best, but nope. we picked it. Here's the reason. And our friends made these things, and we want to pat they, them on the back. All of us got Rolex watches to pick that person. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. Because honestly, these things should have won all the awards all three years that they were coming out. Yeah. Like, there's no question. Yeah, they were they, fucking blowing it was everything the most away. Dominant. And it, and it came out three years in a row. Like, that was just so. That's a devastating hit, right? Fuck like, yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely incredible stuff. And I'll tell you, I think one thing that really benefited these movies, especially after you watch, you know, all three of them, like we both just did, mm-hmm. is the fact that they were all filmed simultaneously. Like yeah. They knocked out the filming of all of them in one of the most insane schedules ever. We talked about the production a lot on our other episodes. Yeah, go check that out. kind of pointless to retread yeah. a lot of that stuff, honestly. Uh, but the fact that they, they filmed all three of these movies all at the same time. Yeah. In a complete mishmash where they were going from like, here's this scene from the third movie. Okay, let's film this scene from the first movie. It was all built around efficiency, obviously. Uh I'm so glad that they filmed them that way because I think if they would have been filming them one by one, they would have been making the huge mistake of like seeing what people were liking and not liking and then making revisions based on that. Mm -hmm. Like the first one would have come out and people are like, oh, they liked it, but it was too long. So we got to make the next one uh, Uh, an hour and a half long. And then, oh, um, people said that they thought that Gimli was too funny in the second one, so we're going to make him more serious now. So let's change a bunch of his lines for Return of the King. Like, I'm so glad that they just knocked them all out yeah. at the same time, just taking that gigantic leap of faith, yeah. knowing that, like, this is going to land, this is going to work. Yeah, and it totally fucking does. I mean, it, we're 20 years away from uh, the first one. Incredible. And as I said, when I... Uh, uh, was watching the that them being chased by the fucking what's his name uh, Balrog <laughs> uh, that transition across the bridge up to the stairs like just blew my mind again like how fucking good this all still looks I know and then yeah by the time you get to Return of the King it's just like this is gorgeous I mean it's a gorgeous movie that is full of makeup effects cgi like all sorts of combinations miniatures all sorts of things thrown together that still look great today there's there's some moments i noticed of course where it's just like eh, it's a little rubbery there or whatever like legolas going up the oliphant i think is a little bit looks that a looks, little rubbery that looks yeah. like cgi from 2003 yeah. yeah but like most of it's just like this looks great today, 20 years later. Well, there's there's rare 18. shots in this one that don't really look all that killer. Yeah. Um, and it, some of it's kind of odd where you're like, huh, that doesn't look as good as it should. Of course, right. some, some of those effects in this are like 
where they didn't really buff them out because they were just scenes that were going to get deleted anyway. Yeah, the, some of the extended edition, extended scenes aren't fully completed, it yeah. seems. Yeah, yeah. so they didn't get as much attention, so that's why. Uh-huh. It also doesn't really bother me. No, it doesn't. Not, not in a way that it does with other movies of the time where it just stands out so much. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Weirdly, though, with this movie, you know, whenever I think about some of the effect shots that need maybe a little bit of love, a little bit of touching up. Uh-huh. A lot of it's because so much of this movie, which again is weird because I think of this as being the darkest movie. Yeah. But a lot of the battles are are in the daytime in this. Yeah. It's very bright in fact. Yeah. yeah. So whenever you see like those huge trolls that are like banging on the gates yeah. of um of you know the 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 white city. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's in Not broad good. daylight. You're just kind of like, "Oh, well those look like CG." Because it's yeah. not dark and in the yeah. rain and stuff like we've seen in some of They're the other They're not hiding sequences. it as much as they had before. Though they are hiding it a little by actually having it to be overly white. It's like high on the white balance. Which yeah. Which is kind of... Kind of blowing it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, doing a good job at, at blurring some of those lines. But yeah, it does look worse at times in those battles. But dude, I mean, but we're it, talking again, about... Again, I'm not complaining. This yeah. movie is barely legal. You can it fuck is. this movie. <laughs> But you wouldn't because you respect it As so much. As of the seventeenth, it is it is it is eighteen years old. So <laughs> I guess legally in any state in the United States, you could have sex with this movie, and it's still looking great. It's, it's, well, you know, it's true of a lot of eighteen-year-olds. Like <laughs> they're they have an age. Of course, they're still looking. Where great. is this conversation going? I wonder. <laughs> but no, I mean, really, I can't think of any other movies from fucking five years ago that are holding up as good as this. Yeah, no, there's, I agree. There's moments in the fucking Avengers you look at and you're uh-huh. like, oh, man. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The battle scene, uh, the the major battle scene in, in Infinity York. War. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like looking at this versus that, there's not a huge difference to me. I know, right? Yeah, and so that that's a big deal. Because, yeah. again, as we said, that was a half a billion dollar movie. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's, you know, just a few years old. And this is 94 million. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. fucking fuckable. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. And again, that's because so much of this continues that trend that they started with the other movies, uh, of course, as they were all made at the same time, of using sets and using miniatures and models yeah. as much as humanly mm-hmm. possible. And again, if you watch those appendixes or you can go on YouTube actually and watch uh, a lot of the uh, the bonus stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I saw a ton of bonus videos yeah. on YouTube. So. And you see like, oh, wow, the reason that Minas Tirith looks so fucking cool is because they fucking built that. Oh, yeah? That's a set. Huh. It's fucking unreal. I mean, they didn't literally like, you know. Not the entirety of Minas Tirith. No, right. of course. But the majority, like the interior bits are sets. It's real. Are, Wow. Like, do those huge ass gates that they walk through uh-huh. that are like fucking thirty feet tall? Yeah, yeah. They, they built those. Huh. Also, that entire like mechanism inside of them, where you see like three guys like pulling on those chains and like the chains like unlatch the gate. Yeah, that's actually how that worked. Huh. Like Alan Lee designed that. That's amazing. And they made it real. Wow. It's fucking bonkers. Like they talked a bunch in the uh, the bonus stuff about about Minas Tirith mm-hmm. and how much personality they put into all that stuff and how it's like, yeah, this street's kind of like the metalworking street. Okay. There's one little thing in there where there's the rat catcher's cottage. The rat The rat catcher's, catcher's cottage. cottage. Because okay. they're like, well, in a city this big, you'd have a guy that was serving as the rat catcher. Huh. And so they made all these like little, you know, dummy rats that are hanging up outside along with a bunch of traps and stuff. Huh. And that's the rat catcher's cottage. They put more thought 
into the set decoration and production design of this than most films do that are bigger and larger budgeted. I'm telling you, I've been watching these fucking movies every year since they came out. Me too. And I'm still catching new stuff in them. Like, for example, whenever Frodo, after he gets like uh, uh, she lobbed, Uh and they like wake him up and he's in that that big tower in um, uh, Mordor, Uh if you look, the light fixture in there, there's like a hanging lamp. Okay. That's just kind of this like angular, like jagged metal, like, light fixture uh-huh the light fixture is made of the helmets of gondorians oh wow like there's shit like that that i'm just now noticing it's totally the gondor helmets and they've huh. just fashioned them into a light because they're really good with interior design over there in mordor they are they have an aesthetic they do have a particular aesthetic it's pointy it's very pointy, very pointy. angular very like Jagged edges. Industrial. Industrial. It's industrial shit. They listen to a lot of ministry. You know they do. Yeah. Tons of Jesus that. Of, built their hot rod. A lot of skinny puppy going on. A lot of skinny puppy. Uh-huh. You know. A lot of early nine inch nails. I think so. The uh, early stuff. Yeah. The yeah, just like fucking nail guns going off. And yeah, dude. Weird machine noises. Yeah. But you know, it's like these movies have been around that long, and I'm still catching new stuff and learning new stuff about the set mm-hmm. designs. Yeah. It's bonkers. All that stuff with, like, the secret stairs. Like, that's all carved polystyrene. Seriously? That's all real. Ugh. They built that. I mean, obviously, they fleshed out the backgrounds of CG right. and stuff and, and matte paintings. But actually, I don't know if they did matte paintings. But they definitely fleshed out the backgrounds. I believe, I believe they did do matte paintings because I believe that, uh, uh, what's it, the city in Rohan... Oh, yeah. I think that was a matte painting when you see it from a distance. Sick. Yeah. Could be. But they carved those steps. Mm-hmm. The entire uh, Minas Morgul set, Oh, it apparently like caught on fire one night and they had what? to rebuild a bunch of shit. It almost like burnt the entire warehouse Minas down. Minas Morgul, that, that moment fuck. is just so rad. Yeah. Oh, my God, uh-huh. dude. The most metal city in all the land. Yeah. And it looks like Oz. Dude, that like glowing green yeah. atmosphere, and the fact that like it used to be a city that was occupied, I think, by citizens of of, of was it Gondor or Rohan? One of those. I don't remember. But how they? I'm taken assuming this, Gondor because white. Spy, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think mm-hmm. it was a former Gondorian. Minas the Minas Morgul. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then they've like they've they've put all these like big iron statues on the corners and stuff, and that's why it's got these like rotting, rusty sort of stains mm-hmm. all over it. Fuck me, it's so cool. Yeah, it is. And dude, you know, Minas Morgul is a place that everybody in Middle East, Middle Earth, Middle Earth, Middle Earth, Middle Earth goes to come trick or treat season. Oh yeah, that's where you want to go during Halloween. Yeah, for that's sure. where you go for the screams. They're giving out full size candy bars over there. <laughs> yeah, they get they got Lambus bread candy bars. Oh, dude. Yeah. You know the lawns are decorated like fucking crazy. One hundred percent. Yeah. They go all out. Uh huh. They got like heads on on pikes and stuff. And it's just fun. It's just fun it's stuff. It's just a good time. Uh huh. Everybody wants to go to trick or treat. I do kind of wonder about Minas Morgul by day because there's a lot of those cities like like if you go to New Orleans, New Orleans by day versus by night. Totally different. different places. Completely different. Completely yeah. different places. What is Menace Morgul like by day? Maybe it's nice. It might be. Everybody's just going to their jobs and stuff and stopping in at local restaurants. Getting a beignet. Yeah. 
But then by night, of course, they're Ooh, up to they're off. up to their bullshit again. That's when all those orcs and stuff come out, starting their trouble. <laughs> you might have just some normal everyday people that have been really, you know, they've been locked down. They've got that fucking um, what's it called? They got rent control apartments in Menace Morgan. Oh damn! That they inherited, and they're like, I'm not leaving. The rent here is just too darn good. I get in before 7 p.m. when all those orcs come out and do their stuff, and they turn on the crazy glowy party lights and all that jazz. Yeah. But by God, you can't beat the rates here. I mean, I'm just saying, though, like, it's real good that they've got their rent-controlled apartments, but the the newer buildings they're putting up, rent's out of control. It's out of control. I, Who can my, afford that? My apartment in Minas Morgul's 2000 a month. Come on. And the Witch King doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> Witch King? What king? That's what I say. More like that, huh? I don't wear that at night, though. At night, that'll get you beat up. But during the day when I'm out and about, which king, what king, my shirt says. I'm picturing all kinds of people that are just blue-collar, menace Morgulians. <laughs> yep. You know, they, they shoot that crazy big light beacon up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. over there whenever they're fixing to march out. They're fucking tugging their blinds shut. Oh, they're like, God. They're up to their nonsense again. I got to get up and work tomorrow. They're shining that big <laughs> fucking laser beacon out. They're going on their little march. Listen, I got to be at work at seven tomorrow. Not every orc works in the army. Yeah. You say. Uh-huh. As you close your blinds. Them and they're screeching and carrying on. <laughs> Why all the screech? You're nowhere near your enemies. Trying to get sleep in here. Save the, the screeching. screeching. <laughs> I bet it's tough to be a rent-controlled, old-school, menace more school just flying around all the place. Oh, my God. The traffic is just terrible. Ah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm moving out of menace Morgul. <laughs> I'm out of there. I don't, yeah. care. I don't care how good the rent is, right? Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I do kind of wonder about, though. Yeah? Okay, because menace Morgul and also Mordor both, mm-hmm. they have this very fucking brutal, very metal aesthetic going on everything is just rugged and disgusting and polluted and yeah. made of metal they've got a mind of metal they as they minds say of metal yeah where's all the ladies they That's know a... more they ain't no fucking mordor ladies no all okay. the mordor ladies all the mordor <laughs> ladies <laughs> is this like a is this like a dwarves situation where oh they all kind of look the same yeah like you can't tell the uh, male and female orcs apart you might be right. Possible. It is very possible. I hadn't really thought about it that way because they, they do mention that in, in dwarf, dwarf culture. Yeah. Some people think there ain't even no dwarf It's ladies. the dwarves that go swimming with big hairy women. Oh, man. Or small hairy women. Fucking <laughs> yeah. like Gimli. Yeah. What a treasure, man. But yeah, I do wonder about that. Like, where's all the ladies at? Is that why these guys are so messy and disorganized? You know, I think that would uh, come down to them not actually cleaning let's not expect women to clean ben god damn it you damn some bitch stepped right into that i'm no better than them <laughs> you're no better than an orc i should just fucking move there i deserve to you be there you might as well ben let's have a, a little drink in clear our senses How in about honor that? of the orcs <laughs> it is an empire of eternal nothingness we may have had one of these before Maybe? from burial brewing uh, I picked it because it looks like the larder at uh, Saruman's tower. There you go. Does it got um, a roast um, chicken floating around in there? There's there's a roast chicken. There's like a pig's head. There's all sorts of like uh, uh, fowl hanging about. 
Anyway, uh, this is a 15 percenter. So <laughs> good. This should this should really hit the spot. Our thoughts are definitely going to become clear after this. Yeah, I hope so. For sure. My thoughts are very disorganized right now, mm-hmm. and this is going to help clear that up. This thing is black as pit. Oh boy, super dark. What's that do to you? Yeah, it is. It's got toasted coconut, bourbon, vanilla, and double dipped in oh my cocoa. God, that is good. It is so good. Also, too, the fact that it's been sitting out for three and a half hours or so now, it's like <laughs> nicely room temp. Yeah, you do want that with a stout, actually. You want it to come up to almost room temp to really bring out all the flavors. And this just tastes like a delicious beer candy bar. Chocolate candy bar yeah. drink, man. It's very scary how I can't really detect the alcohol in it. Yeah, that. not at all. For a 15 percenter, yowza. It's not hot whatsoever. No. That is deceptive. Yeah. That is some sort of orc mischief. <laughs> it is. It's orc mischief. I'm pretty fucking sure that mm-hmm. it is. Holy shit, that is good. Burial. They fuck. God damn, burial fuck. up fuck. Burial fuck. Now, of course, this continues the tradition we've got in every movie. It's introducing us to some new characters and uh-huh. all. I think probably the least amount of new characters in all the movies. Yeah. We've been introduced to almost everybody that we need to know by this point, but... We do get a couple people in here. We got our, our man Denethor showing up. And technically, we saw him in Two Towers. That's true, a little technically, bit. Technically, though, we didn't really know anything more than he's their father. We didn't really learn much. Here is where we start to learn. Denethor has lost his mind. He is... Um, he's the uh, steward. He's, he's the stand-in. He's the steward of Gondor, and he is absolutely jealous because of that. He, um, In the books, he's driven uh, like mad by he has a uh, plantier yeah like the the one that um pippin picks up etc there are several throughout the land and uh the lost palantirs mm-hmm. in the book the king of gondor has the power to like manipulate them somewhat or control them He's the webcam master yeah exactly and we do get a scene of that in the extended edition where Aragorn uses uh, the Palantir to basically call out um, He knows Sauron. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I love, too, that like the way they kind of control that is the same way that we have those little like flip-up tabs on our webcams on our computers. Right. <laughs> like, if you're not using it, fucking wrap that thing in a yeah, damn sheet, wrap it son. Up, otherwise, people will see you. <laughs> yeah. I do wish whenever uh, Aragorn opens that thing up, though, and he's like, Saruman, show yourself to me. It's me, Aragorn. It's me, Dudley Do-Right, Aragorn. <laughs> I can't hit it right, but I re- like the third movie, he's just so in that voice. He's do-writing pretty he hard. He's do-writing the whole do-writing time. real good. Uh-huh. I do wish that after he opened that thing up, and here's what I really wonder what the reaction would be. Because he, he busts that thing open, he sees that big fiery eye, uh-huh. a big fiery vagina. Name of, Sauron. Of Sauron in there. Uh, and he, like, you know, calls him out or whatever. I wish he would have, like, flashed his balls at him. Like, what if he would have just, just, like, yanked his britches down and been like, <laughs> suck my balls. Sauron. Sauron, I declare thee to suck my balls. <laughs> Like, what would the reaction have been? Would the eye have gotten, like, flamier? Like, I'm so mad at you. I don't even have balls to flash you. I'm literally just an eye. <laughs> like, what would he have done? I I think you just nailed it. That's exactly <laughs> would have gotten yeah, super flamey. He would have been mad as hell. So here's some cool things about that. So during that scene, whenever um, Aragorn is looking into the Palantir, mm-hmm. you do see the flaming eye, but then you also see the you humanoid see form uh-huh. in, the, in the big armor that yep. we saw in the first movie. 
so apparently, and they did film this, Sauron was supposed to regain that form in this movie. Hmm. Okay. And whenever um, they like stormed the Black Gates and shit, there was films of Aragorn storming and charging at the humanoid fucking 14-foot-tall version huh. of Sauron. And in the uh, in the movies, they ended up just like CGIing a, like a troll over mm. where the big Sauron so guy was. Okay, that's what was happening yeah. there. But that was actually supposed to be Sauron in humanoid form. I do like how they sell like the, the I don't know if anybody involved in writing this or editing this knows pro wrestling. But they build and sell the cave trolls so well. Cause Shit, in the, yeah. In the first one, they show us just how devastating one can be. Bull in a china shop. By the end, they're showing us how one could entirely end Aragorn. Like, he is, uh, like, inches away from ending Aragorn. Oh, yeah. Like... Those things are fucking serious. They build it up, especially, like, uh, when Grond bursts through the, the gates and... uh uh. Gandalf is like, be prepared for anything. And then fucking five cave trolls come running in and everybody's just like, shit. Yeah, you're fucked at that point. Like they have sold the cave trolls so well throughout. Oh, yeah. Did a good job. Well, and that's something that I love is just the power scaling of these movies. Yeah. The mm-hmm. way where you're like, oh, fucking Gandalf is terrified of this Balrog. Yeah. So like, that's, Gandalf sees that thing and he's yeah. like, we're fucked. Get the fuck out of here. Gandalf's terrified of the Balrog and he's terrified of the Witch King of Angmar and the Balrog. Uh, ended Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. So, like, if he's terrified of the Witch King of Angmar... It's bad. Like, it's even worse than the Balrog, yeah. Dude, and I'll tell you this, man. Speaking of cutting promos... Okay, (laughs) yeah. The Witch King does. He does, (laughs) but I don't think... I'll tell you this. I don't think more so than our man... Sour Man. Oh, Sour Man. Dude, Uh, when this movie picks up and he's uh up at the top of the Sour Tower... He is talking some, some flaming shit. hot shit, yeah. some Cheetos flaming hot shit. Yeah. Dude, he is basically up there just being super pissed. He's yeah. like, you know what? Fuck Gondor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, uh, fucking Grima used to be a fucking horse boy. Go to hell. Fuck you. It really is. It's such a, like, wrestling promo. And then, the yeah, it's like Grima was his, his like, manager lackey. And now he turns on him. Exactly right. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you this. In that moment, he turns from being sour man to salty man. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is plum. He's salty, salty as fuck. Yeah. He is salty as fuck. The, okay, so uh, in the books, Saruman and, and, and Grima, they overrun the Shire and take over with like, you know, a small band of brigands. Uh, and then... Uh, they, uh, Grima kills Saruman same way he kills him here, where basically he's tired of his shit. Stabby stab. Just stabs him. And then the hobbits kill Grima, I, I guess, assuming he might attack them too. In, he's untrustworthy. Right. In this, there's no reason for Legolas to kill Grima. I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah. I mean, granted, Grima's has not really done a lot of great things other and than stabbing Saruman. And he did kind of fuck him just now. Well, but also he kind of fucked him by stabbing him because they were, could have possibly extracted information answers. from him. Yeah, Right. But that's not reason to kill him. That is one thing that I, I did catch this time around where I was like, oh, man, like he, he just stabbed the big bad. And then Legos is like, arrowed. Yeah, no reason. <laughs> There's a fucking strong bad. Isn't yep. right there? Arrowed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about it. I just. Nope. 
And uh, yeah, that's the end of old Grima right there. Yeah. What a sad tale that guy has. Yeah, seriously, because he was warped by by Saruman's power. I mean, obviously he's not a good guy, but I feel like there was some like he had some redemption arc there near the end, and then it was just cut off because it's actually not part of the book. I know, <laughs> so, right? So like that was why they were just like, Well, then somebody has to kill him. Yeah. And in that scene where after he stabs old Sour Man, and then Sour Man falls off the tower. Dude, it's a brutal death. Oh, dude, it is a fucking Mortal Kombat finish him <laughs> yes. ass shit moment. He falls on that very pokey water wheel, uh-huh. which honestly, again, this is a fault of the uh, of the decorating of the place. Good point. It maybe don't have such severe decoration. If I ever become a white wizard and I build my tower to right. survey the lands from, it's going to be made out of nerf. That makes sense. If he'd have fallen on that thing and it was made of Nerf, he probably still would have died. He probably would have had a good time. Oh, okay. <laughs> he'd have bounced off it. <laughs> right. It'd have been fun. He could have done a neat flip, landed on his feet. And then start shooting them with a Nerf gun? Pew, 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 pew. I want Nerf L-O-T-R. <laughs> yes. L-O-T-N. Lord of the Nerf. Lord of the Nerf. Give me that shit right there. Yeah. I think that that like not only does he get stabbed. Then fall from the tallest tower Woo. of all time. Eat shit hard. Onto a wooden spike. Woo. Now listen, a metal spike is like, oh, that would suck. A wooden spike? Think of the splinters. Oh, Just geezy. think of the splinters. Ouch. Ugh. Ouch. And then the wheel turns and drowns him. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you weren't dead, now you're super dead. Fucker dead i will say what i was wishing for during that scene though because he lands on his back on the wheel and then he kind of like the wheel rolls backwards so he goes Mm -hmm. into the water head first Mm -hmm. and like his wizard's robe kind of stays in place Mm -hmm. i kind of wish it would have rolled all the way up to his head (laughs) (laughs) like his dong and stuff would have been just flopping out (laughs) you know but then i was thinking about it and i was like what if that happens (laughs) like and as his skirts roll up over his head He's got, like, a fucking hog, right? Oh, man. And, like, all of the fellowship that's standing there is kind of, like, like acting like they don't see it and that they're not looking at it and blown away, but they're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, look at look at that thing. And But Aragorn's like, a fine hog. <laughs> I see before me a fine hog upon Isengard. <laughs> And I think, Gan- I think Gandalf would have turned to him and been like, your staff is broken, but your rod is true. <laughs> just rocking a, just a, just a massive dong on that guy. The biggest, yeah. you know? And then maybe even like as the wheel like fully rolls over, it kind of stops to where like his, his, dick and balls are just kind of like floating at the surface <laughs> yeah, at of the, the water top, just like, bloop, bloop. and everybody kind of has to act like they're ignoring it yeah. but, but they're not the hobbits are both just like what the fuck is that it's <laughs> <laughs> as big as my leg Gimli's like gives a new meaning to salted pork <laughs> <laughs> salted, salted pork. pork I'm telling you you need to find yourself a person in your life that looks at you the way that Gimli looks at salted pork I love the look is it's like it's Magical. like he sees pork floating in front of him and he's trying to chew it he's just like it's some of the finest acting yeah. I have ever seen dude like oh, Jonathan Reese Davies is amazing he's like berating the hobbits about like smoking and feasting yeah and then the hobbits are just like, there's some mighty fine salted pork. And yeah. he just goes, salted pork. <laughs> he's got like these fucking glistening, just, he's yeah. got this glimmer his in his eyes. His jaw is just kind of going like oh. he's chewing. 
<laughs> it's so goddamn good to me. It is so. It funny. fucking cracks me up so much, man. That, I mean, seriously, literally every single still of any of these movies memeable. could be a meme. Yep. Yeah. It's all memeable, dude. Yeah. And like we're still getting new ones out of yes. this. Yes. We're still getting new memes. We just out of got shit. Grondolf. Fucking <laughs> Grondolf. Holy shit. I can't two people posted it the same day yeah. on our Facebook page. And Oh my god! I want to gush about Grand. Grand is the best. A I, whole lot. Like the fact that Grand is becoming this like L O T R memes hero, where it's just like we all like it is a extended edition scene. I didn't even realize that till you told me when Dude, we were talking about it. I know, man. I thought Grand had been there forever. Because... It seems like I've always had Grand by my side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Grand walk with me, please. <laughs> you know, it, I saw uh, footsteps in the sand, right? Because Grand was carrying it's me. Because Grand was carrying me. <laughs> and he had feet for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I somehow forgot that that was not something that we had ever seen until we saw the extended cut. Yeah. And it was just like the goddamn wolf's head. It's so what cool. The fuck. It's so cool. I don't and, and dude, know. Like, I'll tell you, man. Considering that they made the choice to cut some of that stuff and some of the other stuff that we'll talk about here in a mm-hmm. second for the theatrical cut. Yeah. Oh my God! How much other amazing shit have we not seen? Yeah, that's I been mean, left. And Peter Jackson has said there's a whole lot more stuff, and he there could be extended extended editions, and I'm for it, man. I volunteer as fucking tribute. I will watch yeah. literally anything they have. I don't care if it's like unfinished as shit. I yeah. don't care. I or don't, if they go back in and doctor it up. I, I was going to say, I don't care if they go back in and do some reshoots Fine. and de-age people and fucking whatever. I don't give a shit. I, I would love it. As long as it doesn't look like The Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. There is that, man. As long as they put as much like love into it as they did this. But dude, I'll tell you, there's an audience for this. Like, oh, absolutely. If people you go love on, these movies. Even if you go on fucking Spotify and look up like Metallica Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. There's like a super ultra mega deluxe version of Master of Puppets on there that's like fucking 12 hours of audio of just like all these demos and like practice tracks and shit. People love that shit. I love that shit. Yeah. I don't care if it's low quality. No, no. Give Why would that bother me? I want to see all of it, man. But yeah. yeah, the fact that like Grand was cut out is insane. And even yeah. if like if you go and like read the history of Grand and how he was wrought by the fucking Smiths in damn Mordor and mm-hmm. it's covered in like spells uh-huh. like there's like spells and shit carved into it and just the immense size it's 150 they are feet. essentially pushing a building yeah up to the gates a building full of fire a building full of fire and 10 cave I think I don't know how many sh- cave trolls they showed I, I've thought Whole it was bunch. 10 I have to pull it back to move it like Good God, God damn it. It's just so awesome. But, dude, it's just like the world of fucking pro wrestling where it's like, man, all the creativity goes to the bad guys. The good guys don't have anything fucking even remotely as cool as Grand. I Yeah, it is yeah, it is that thing where, like, Baddies we talked about cool it with, shit. with, uh, with uh, Harry Potter where, like, like Voldemort and uh, Snape do the cool shit. All the creative spells. Whereas, like, we're told that, that Dumbledore is this awesome wizard. What he the fuck's he does do any anyway? Of the cool shit. Yeah. None of the cool shit. Yeah. It, it is weird. Like, it's like the good side in fantasy has to limit their power. Like, we, they have to believe in limiting themselves. Unless they're the fucking elves. 
Unless they're the elves, then they can be the baddest ass people in the world. Because yeah. the elves <laughs> have the fucking technology, the architecture, right? The the fucking elven script that they mm-hmm. use, the language. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's insane how much work Tolkien put in. Ridiculous. This. Yeah. But our boy Grand, I cannot believe that so we didn't good. get to see him until that very moment that we uh, saw him in the extended edition. Because that just to me is like a critical part of this fucking movie. It, Give me Grand, man. The, I want a fucking sitcom. The bursting through the gates versus the getting over the walls. It, it just look back at the two towers. You lead up with them getting over the walls with the ladders. Then they burst through the gate. Then they blow up the fucking wall. Yeah, dude. Like, that. that's the thing is like... That, that like just showing because I, that's what the theatrical edition shows just showing them getting over the walls with those big siege engine things like that's cool but like the bursting through is just this big fucking no one safe moment yeah because if you're getting up on the walls it's like well none of the citizens are up there bursting through the front gate now they're near everybody yeah. now they can kill anybody yeah. No one's safe. Dude, the fear in the eyes of everybody when they see Grand yeah. approaching, it's like, we are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I love all those like savage-ass war tactics that they show us in this, where it's like, even the people inside of Minas Tirith are like fleeing parts of the desecrated walls yeah. at the enemies. Mm-hmm. They're throwing just huge sections, just chunks of yeah. fucking concrete at these people. Yeah. And then the bad guys are throwing the damn severed heads. They're like, oh. release the prisoners. Then they just fling fucking bodies and severed heads over yeah. there. Metal as fuck. That's some, you know, medieval era shit. Yeah, and that, that type of shit actually did happen. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. using, yeah, like, uh, plague bodies and stuff. Oh, my God. Chemical warfare, man. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, that's that's what happens when you have a guy who has been through all the shit that Tolkien went through, fighting yes. the Great War and shit. Yeah. Then writing a fantasy novel. Like, he knows the monstrosity of war, and yeah. it is full-on display in this shit it is it, there's there's no like like the the thing that you absolutely need i guess is for the evil to be purely evil sure we like, talked about that a little bit in the uh, in the two towers yeah and, and fellowship too where it's just like well the orcs are just bad there's no right like that historical perspective where you can look back and be like well yeah they're bad but they're being treated this way and that way like, yeah it is a very good versus evil fight so right. you can kind of rejoice whenever Gimli and Legolas are doing a kill count yeah it's just bad guys so yeah fuck it let them because in reality like in, in T- Tolkien's reality of, of World War One, that wasn't the case but luckily he uh for him that wasn't his experience his experience was we're the goodies they're the baddies so he was able to then write this fantasy version where goodies versus baddies black and white like Everything is clear. Sure, there. Uh, I think you know, see, you see things like Game of Thrones where that's all complicated. Like you never really know. Like you know who you might be rooting for, but you can't really say they're good. Yeah, very gray <laughs> yeah. areas. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's kind of like part of the constant draw of this is that it's very clear who's the good, who's the bad. There's no like debating it. There's no like the bad people have a good opinion on this one thing, or they kind of know what they're talking about when they say this other thing. Except for when you're on the side of good and you're fucking rooting for Grand. Exactly. Because that shit bad (laughs) ass. I think the one flaw, of course, is comes from Tolkien's 
being British is that his ultimate idea of good is monarchy. Like, well, okay, we need a king. God damn it! Yeah, what they're fighting for is is to have one person in charge of everything. Okay, which is not a great thing, but also (laughs) like in his mind, he was really like, how can I make this? simple why like complicate the world the world can be complicated in so many ways but a simple version black and white and then you have people like the hobbits and the elves that are a little more like outside and more nuanced but the human versus orc thing is pretty clearly black and white pretty fucking clear now is the age of the orc yeah says fucking what's it goth Gothmog? Gothmog. I think is his name, yeah. Old pig face. Uh, A.K.A. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Let's talk about the ultimate villain of these fucking movies, the Weinsteins. Yeah. Which apparently Peter Jackson despised working with. Yeah, they treated him like shit. At one point, uh, uh, threatening to replace him with Quentin Tarantino. Now, you know I love a Quintum. But... But in these fucking no. movies? Get him the fuck away from Lord of the Rings. Can you yeah. imagine how many foot shots there would be? <laughs> like all, I mean, there's a lot of foot shots in this movie anyway. <laughs> That's true. It would have been just the Lord of the Foot. It's true. There are a lot of, like, he would have spent so much time in the Shire. He'd be like, oh, so they're always barefoot? <laughs> are they stomping around in, like, maybe some mud? Oh, their feet get dirty. They get really nasty. Can I lick their toes? Maybe that happens, huh? Uh, Tennessee reference. <laughs> yeah, say. some sort of reference to Knoxville. Some some reason. If you want to know how much uh, Peter Jackson despised working with the piece of fucking shit Weinsteins. Yeah. Uh, during the credits, whenever it's showing all those like really cool images of the actors, like there's these really cool drawings by uh-huh. um, Alan Lee. Yeah, Alan Lee, as you said, yeah. And uh, whenever it gets to the part where it says, like, you know, producers, it's Bob and Harvey Weinstein, and then, like, one other person whose name I don't recognize, Mm -hmm. the image that's on screen is, like, this lone knight and these two hideous, fat, ugly trolls. So, yeah. You get an idea of how he felt about them. Yeah. And maybe the other producer, who was perhaps the knight, who fought them back. It might be that kind of deal. I don't really know about that, but... Yeah, there's no question that the Weinsteins uh, were not fun to work with, and fuck yeah. them to hell. I get, okay, I mean, absolutely, fuck them to hell. They were putting a lot of money into a trilogy from the beginning. I get why they might want to have some say, but also, I feel like they've never made anything like this before. I know, that's the thing, and right? And so why would, like... All they would be saying would be stuff about like, well, this is what's worked with our other popular movies, uh-huh. and it's like, well, this, but this isn't that. This, this is isn't not that at, that at all. This isn't even anything that Peter Jackson has done before, right? This is popular because people love the books, yeah, and so they want they want all that. They want this lengthy, like sometimes meandering story. They don't need historical it to be fantasy. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't need like a. They don't need like a big action hit every few pages no but that might have been what they were thinking would work yes well that's exactly what they had to be thinking i would imagine is that like so many so many of the biggest producers are of course are looking for action every five pages or so you want some 
thing, either either an action moment or a revelation or something, so that it, nobody nobody is losing interest. So mm-hmm. every five minutes, you've got something that just retains their interest, and that's just not going to work with Lord of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings is not, not going to retain is. those people's interest. It and just if you're a fan of it. That's not how it should be either. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm glad that none of that happened. I'm glad that Peter yeah, Jackson stayed the course. Yeah. Uh, I hate that it made the Weinsteins any money or notoriety because <laughs> fuck them to hell. Agreed. But, yeah. You know, some of the other stuff that got cut out of the extended editions I had forgotten about, such as the entire scene with the Army of the Dead. I remember whenever I watched the extended right. editions the first time, and it got to that sequence where it's like, okay, he's going down, Aragorn is going down the path of the dead. Right. There's all these green ghosty guys. Yeah. And, you know, uh, ghost king guys, like, that line has been broken, and then Aragorn, like, holds that sword to his yeah, he holds, and he grab holds him up, and shit. Yeah. I remember and, being like, that's the end of the scene, and then it's like, nope, fucking metal-ass skull avalanche. Yeah. What in the fuck? And then they escape, and then, like, the king reappears and tells, like, all oh, that's cut shit. from the theatrical. King tells them, we'll join, and then they, like, and it's take cool as those shit. boats. All that shit's cool as shit. Also... I do like the idea that this king ghost guy can be so taken by surprise that whenever Aragorn like puts his hand on his throat, he gasps for air. As <laughs> Which a, he doesn't need. As if a ghost needs air. Right. <laughs> like that guy is that fucking shook. Yeah. That he's like, oh, I think I need to breathe again. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait. I I don't need to do that. Am already dead. <laughs> Am already dead. <laughs> yeah. What have those guys been doing all that time anyway? There's like goddamn thousands. Looks like of those they're collecting skulls, <laughs> dude. I love the way though that like they're so old and ancient that even their ghost forms are like yeah falling apart. Yeah, That's it's so like they're sick. still rotting in in spirit form. Yeah, even their ghosts are rotting. Uh-huh. God damn! And then essentially what that results in is ghosts versus pirates. It gives us goddamn pirates of the Caribbean in a mini movie <laughs> right here. What? That's a good point. I didn't think about it. He's fucking rad. Okay. So many uh so many people will say why didn't they just take the eagles into Mordor or whatever? That, that, no, I, you don't understand we're not, the mythology. We're not going to get uh, too in the weeds about that. But my real impediment is why didn't Aragorn ask his ghost army to help him stop Sauron. Okay, so that that is something that I was going to ask you yeah. about. Is because essentially, you know, they 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 beat the pirates, mm-hmm. they help him in the big battle and they stuff. They destroy everything. They yeah, cuz they can't be killed. They can't be killed. It's they have thousands of ghosts. There's literally no threat to them. Take <laughs> no. them to the Black Gate and let them run. Let that shit through. eat. Yeah. Like just do it. And instead, after they're like done with that that big battle, Aragorn's like Man, we're good. Well, he's keeping his word. And all it's saying to me is that Aragorn didn't have the foresight to think we might need to go further to Morgul. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> like, maybe we need to take these guys into Mordor with us and yeah. fucking do some more work here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit short-sighted to me, right? Yeah. Uh, here's the other question I have, too. Okay. Okay. I mean, for one, it's not even like these guys would be like, oh, goddamn, we're tired. We got stuff to do. We can't go in here and fight this battle. Right. You're fucking ghosts. You've been around for damn centuries. Yeah, they, they're, they're Isildur, no tiring. Isildur, like, damned you to this existence. So right. This You've has just been, been doing centuries this. ago. Uh-huh. So y- y'all got time to help us through here to the end. 
I could imagine they would have the patience to be like, okay, no, so we do that and then we're done. And then we're done? Cool. So the thing is, too, though, is like after <laughs> after Aragorn like releases them and like, all right, y'all are good to go. Go into the afterlife or whatever. What if like as soon as he says that and they all like vanish into thin air, they just like go to hell because they're all a bunch of murderers <laughs> and like liars that went back and they're on like, the vows? No, 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 take us back, take us back. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why do we ever fucking agree to this? This sucks. We're so dumb. Why didn't we think about this? Thousands of years we had to think about we this. We did horrible stuff in life. <laughs> what do we think was going to happen to us? Shit. No. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think about that. You know? <laughs> I love those scenes though, man. Whenever they go into the fucking into the into the catacombs there and all the yeah. there's the skull avalanche, there's it all that wispy me. green stuff that Gimli's like blowing away from him. Good comic relief. Gimli, moment. Gimli is such great comic relief oh in the third God. movie and, so and good. they must have just had that planned out that like Gimli will slowly warm up to the people around him and become who he is, which is funny. Silly boy. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the way that leading into that cave and stuff was shot, Sam Raimi, 100%. Dude, I know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's so many things in this. We talked about this on our, our yeah, New yeah, Darkness the two episode. Two Towers episode. Go check it out. The Two Towers is basically Army of Darkness. There's a lot of Which overlap. is Army of Darkness is basically Tolkien's Two Towers. But the yeah. visual aspect then became Peter Jackson's touchstone for what it should look yeah. like. There's a lot of borrowed aspect yeah. there and i feel like even some of that humor is very mm-hmm. very ramy to me also it doesn't ramy have he has a, a a deadite with a skull on top on of his, his head. head yeah doesn't he maybe it feels like that was the thing it feels very army darkness maybe me. you know what let me know if i'm wrong but uh the, just so much of that like the lead into it was very much like that sam ramy character work or uh, camera work from evil dead of like the g- movement through the woods and then cut back to the people walking through the woods. Right. Just kind of feels like they're being watched. It's it's cool. I Very like fucking it. Yeah. cool, man. Yeah, so all that stuff with the Army of the Dead just makes so much more sense in this because mm-hmm. in the theatrical cut, it was like, yeah, he holds the sword to his throat and then suddenly they're fighting these pirates and then I don't know what happens. Yeah. Like, it's very Yeah, that theatrical actually. cut makes no sense. I mean, there's an hour missing from it. There's an hour of an the movie hour missing. Of movie. I mean, this and like I'm literally it watching down. the extended edition. I don't know what to cut. Like, no. if you gave me the extended edition and said we need to cut an hour of this, I'd say I don't think you do. I don't think you do really. Yeah. I mean, there's like maybe moments where you could, but God, they would just make it relentless battle. Yeah. You still want those those like character moment the storm yeah let me talk about one of the characters real quick talk about one of these characters let's talk about pippin real quick pip the man peregrine took fool of a took without peregrine took gandalf is nothing hang on now yeah let me tell you this right now what without pippin gandalf never faces the balrog Okay, that is true. So he he would have remained Gandalf the Grey without Pippin picking just old pothead. Without Pippin, uh, uh, using his not great logic with um Treebeard. Yeah, Isengard is fine. No one's taking it down. That's true because he leads him back to see where all the trees have been fell. Right. Yeah. So now, uh, Saruman is still there. It's still. 
uh, Gandalf having to do with Saruman. Then Pippin uh, picks up the pal- uh, the Palantir, which gives Sauron the idea that this is the Hobbit with the ring, the halfling with the ring. Yeah, and yeah. also, luckily, Pippin's so dumb that Sauron can't get any information from him. That's fucking Except true. Except he knows to keep his eye on Pippin. So then, that means. That when Gandalf takes Pippin to Gondor, shit, Sauron is then like attack Gondor. Got it. Attacking Gondor is what leads to Sauron's armies failing. So without shit. and in all that, Pippin saves Gandalf's life. At one point, he he stabs an orc who's about to get Gandalf while he's fighting another guy. Then he saves Faramir's life. True. Which yeah. is what also leads to the death of Denethor, who you need to get the fuck out of the way anyway, so that you can then do all the stuff you need to do in the future. Without Pippin, none of this happens. Gandalf huh. never becomes Gandalf the White, and there's never a battle at Gondor. Like without Pippin, none of it works. You're fucking right. It's insane because he doesn't do any of it consciously. He's not smart. He's no. not doing these things because he's and like... And no one else realizes it either. Yeah. Like, nobody's ever just like, God damn, Pip, you fucking fell upwards into yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also, the I love shit? this. He, because we know, we know, uh, what's his name? Billy... Fuck, the guy who plays Pippin. Yeah. Boyd. Ah, Boyd. Billy Boyd, that's it. Billy Boyd wrote that song that he sings. Oh, and, amazing. Yeah. Which is really funny because he says, I don't know any songs about dark times for great halls. And then he sings a song about dark times in a great hall that seems obviously (laughs) for a great hall. It's like he's so dumb that like it's like fate works through him. Fate makes stuff happen through this dumb guy. And that extends into real life, too, because the whole reason that he wrote and made up that song is because one night after filming, him and, like, a bunch of people and a production designer went and did fucking drunk-ass karaoke at a bar. <laughs> and the fucking production person was like, God damn, he's got you a voice sing on a song. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. literally how that came about. That's awesome. What the fuck? That's rad. Pippin I think kind of ties the whole thing together. It kind of does. Pippin is kind of one of the most important characters. I think th- what shit. I noticed in watching leading up to this is that we the the story does a great job of showing you that the hobbits are the most important without ever extolling that the hobbits are the most important until right. that very last moment where it's Aragorn being like my friends. You bow to no one. You bow to no one. Oh, yeah. fucking touch. It's gorgeous. Like, they, the, but like, yeah, like, um, you know, without uh, Mary, the, the Witch King of Angmar wouldn't have died. Nope. He, he, like, we should talk about that because, like, one of the things I, one of the criticisms I have seen is that that moment of Eowyn being like, I am no man. Stab. Stab. And it's like, well, <laughs> why would the prophecy be that vague? And it's like, you don't know much about prophecies if you don't know about vagueness. Because prophecies <laughs> yeah, are meant to be vague. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Mac, uh, is it Macbeth? Uh, he shall be killed by a man not of woman born or something like that. Mm-hmm, it means mm-hmm. because it was a C-section. Like, there's just, like, so many, like, prophecies throughout 
time and storytelling where they're supposed to be vague. They're sure. supposed so like the Witch King of Angmar is not going to be killed by a man. He's going to be killed by a hobbit and a woman. Right. Like it seems like a simplistic yeah, a, not a man. Exactly. It seems like a simplistic workaround, but that's actually the point of prophecies is to have simplistic workarounds. Mm-hmm. Like you even look at the uh Rowling prophecy in, in Harry yeah, Potter. That's what I was about to bring up. It's like two, that could be a couple different it people. It could have been two people and there really wasn't one that was right. Yeah. It was a choice to be made. Shit. So, yeah. Like hmm. uh, I I think that criticism is weird to me. I think also a lot of people don't know that it it's very much in the book. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just straight from the book. I think some people think it's like some woke nonsense. It's like, oh, man, they put some fucking girl power right. nonsense in this. Blah. It's like, no, Eowyn, no, that's, that's Eowyn was Milan in the book. That's it. <laughs> she Eowyn became Mulan. is Milan. Yeah, she's Milan. She yeah. really is. She's yeah. like, I'm going to disguise myself and fight in a battle and yeah. kick fucking ass. Yeah, and it's going to be rad. Oh, dude. And I'm going to have my kid-sized friend with me who helps me out yeah my comic relief with me yeah who helps mm-hmm. that's mulan and Awen. yeah it's awesome just how it goes yeah i i think that's great i'll tell you another moment i forgot was just for the extended audience only oh that goddamn mouth oh sour man oh right i do forget sour that Ron. Like, sorry sour oh, Ron. uh i do forget that because the mouth of sauron to me seems like how was that not in it's so fucking bizarre and memorable and yeah. just seems so evil and disgusting. I love when he's, he, like, smiles. Yeah. because yeah, it's just like, this is what humans do. They bare teeth to <laughs> each other. They bare teeth at you. Yeah. And I'm just a big-ass mouth. Uh, yeah. I think every time I smile, I'm going to start going, <laughs> Dude, that fucking guy. Also, he's kind of Jamaican-sounding. Is he? <laughs> I didn't go notice. Go back and watch his scenes, and he is like so close to being like right near the beach. Aragon, rude boy. I'm telling you, it's not far off. Okay. He's kind of Jamaican sounding. Okay. I'll check it. I will watch it again, obviously. So next time I will be looking out for the mouth of Sarah to sound Jamaican. He does, man. Jerk chicken man, he says. <laughs> Jamaicans say a lot. All they the say time. jerk chicken man. Yeah. Red stripe, yeah. he says. Hooray beer. So in the book, there's that huge story about the mouth of Sour uh, Ron. You remember uh-huh. that? Mm-hmm. And like he's just he's just a man. Like he's not yeah. some special race. He's got anything. like a flaming like skull sort of thing going on. He's like, kind of ghost ridery. Yeah, kind of ghost ridery, but yeah, he doesn't look like that necessarily but he's just a wicked evil piece of shit that he also been, doesn't like, get beheaded around. in the books no he yeah. does not which i think is a good change <laughs> but one thing that they didn't tell you in the book uh-oh is that uh-oh in life <laughs> <laughs> now we're hell raising yeah, we're hell raising he does look like a cinema in life <laughs> <laughs> he was a man Obsessed with being the mouth <laughs> of the South. Oh shit, it's Jimmy Hart! <laughs> he and his megaphone, which he used to amplify his evil voice. Oh man. We're only obsessed with representing the sound and the voice of the evilest of heels. I wish I wish Sauron came out dressed like the honky tonk man. <laughs> He had no power of his own, <laughs> but only wished to be the voice of all that is menacing yeah. in the WWF. <laughs> One day during 
uh, time that he ran into a man <laughs> behind a wrestling ring. He was given the box. Yeah, he was given the box. Like and you then do. He solved it. And then it's he became real easy, apparently. <laughs> the mouth of Sour Ron. Sour Ron. Mm-hmm. That's the story of the mouth. <laughs> it's actually Jimmy Hart. It's Jimmy Hart. Bet you didn't know that. I did didn't. You? He's got he's got he's got a crazy fucking jacket on with uh, music notes all over it or something. <laughs> Maybe he's out there. You can't see it, but it's there. Yeah. All those like little runes that are carved into mm-hmm. his helmet. Those that's are, just Mordor yeah. music notes. Yeah. <laughs> Mordor's got their own music yeah. notes. He had his megaphone tucked behind him in that saddle. It was there. He, was would, there, he uh, didn't have to pull it out, luckily. So he's just a Cenobite. <laughs> so just a Cenobite. Of Jimmy Hart. Of Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Yep. Uh-huh. And that was cut out of the theatrical cut. Can you believe that? I can't believe they took it out. That's such important information. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that scene is fucking rad. That effect that they use where like he is literally just a helmet with a mouth in with it. With a gigantic mouth, yeah. And like the more he talks, the more it like makes his like mouth bleed and yeah. shit. Yeah. It's disgusting. And it's so it, sick. It leads to like a ton of questions like what is this thing? Like what is it meant to be? I know. It, it's like in 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 the movie specifically it seems to have a concept of human customs and thinks it's coming off in some way. Like, but it's obviously I'm not human real good. Yeah. Then he gets his head cut off real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Gim- Gimli's real broken up about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, Gim- man. Gimli not only is a source of comic relief throughout this. But also a source of uh, cheering on death. Oh, man. Like, he just wants to fucking murder yeah. everything. <laughs> when, he, when he, like, tips Legolas's bow so that he kills the guy instead of shooting right past him. The pirate guy? Yeah. Oh, dude. Which was Peter Jackson, right? I think the one that got killed. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. I read that. Right. Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, hey, here we go. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings kind of having people of some color in it. Yeah. Okay. So that is where we're going to run into some issue because their choice of people to fight along the, I mean, listen, it's, how do we, how do we put this? It is British Tolkien in the early 20th century and his villains are black. They're exotic people from lands that look. I'm just kind talking of Middle Easterny. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the orcs. The orcs are yeah, black. We, we talked about this on the two by humans of color, controlled uh, by a white person who's enslaving them. Yeah, there's a lot of like I don't know how to fucking feel about this. I I know there's no excuse for it. Like it, you know, you can be like, "Well, think of the times," and it's like, "Yeah, I'm thinking of the times." There's no excuse. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of the times very clearly. There's no excuse. Yeah, it's it it's kind of tough, and it's one of those areas that I'll, I'll give the Hobbit a plus there. Uh, sure. Yeah, they tried to do something more. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it seemed kind of forced in a way. Yeah, it's always going to seem that way because the I mean the root of this is is very white. Well, it's, it's all very Nordic tradition. Yeah. It's all very Nordic fairy tale and English fairy tale which of course is going to be very yeah. white. Very, very, very yeah, white. It's, it's super white. It, it's not incorporating any of the ideologies or mythologies from 
uh, Africa, the Middle East, I- any place where people aren't white. So, yeah. like, like the, it's such a white-centric concept. It, it, it is. There's yeah. there's really no denying it. I yeah. mean, the, the pirate guys that show up look kind of kind of Asian-y. Like, yeah. a lot of them have, like, Fu Manchus, and the right. sails on their boats are very, like, yeah. traditional Chinese and Japanese sailboat designs. Yeah. And then we've also got the guys that roll in on like the Oliphants and stuff that which are, are very much Middle Eastern, very Persian. Yeah. Like, it reminds you of like when you watch the Three Hundred, I yeah. guess. And uh, I don't know if that's necessarily great. Imaging. No, it's not. It's definitely not <laughs> great, especially considering World War One. Like if he's if he's really reaching to his World War One experience, most of the people that he was fighting were white. Yeah, it's true. So. And maybe that was part of the escape for him was, wouldn't it have been easier if the villains were more recognizable? Maybe. Which, again, pulls out his racism. Maybe there's that. Because if the for bad him, guys look recognizable villain is looking different from yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Sign of the times back then. I guess, but the, again, like when we look back at people like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lovecraft... No one's afraid to say he's a fucking racist. Oh, he's just really racist. Yeah, so Tolkien's a fucking racist. Like <laughs> he is. Let's Maybe. not try let's not try to like redeem his image. Like it it would be like the way people look at the Beatles and they're just like, What a a great band. And it's like, you know anything about John Lennon? Anything whatsoever uh, about John Lennon? I know he said he wanted peace and stuff, but uh read just a little bit. He's a piece of shit. Maybe people can be pieces of shit and create some great things. Yeah, it's possible. But you still gotta acknowledge it. You do. You can't. Uh, yeah, you can't ignore. Ignoring it is the problem. I think when you ignore it, it's like you're trying to cover it up. So you're recognizing that it's bad, but you're pretending it's not. Maybe. And it's like, don't pretend it's not. It is bad. Yeah. It's a bad thing. And that's fine. And it's fine. Yeah. It's the. Uh, it's not fixable because he's dead there's no changing it no you can't take away the popularity of the books or the movies but you can very much clearly say oh those things are very racist i feel bad for the fucking oliphants i feel very bad for the oliphants i know that they roll in with the baddies with their shitty sounding horn that they have that sounds so busted And they're all like, oh, my God, these fucking Oliphants are just destroying everybody. And they're like a million feet tall, and they got these spike covers on their tusks yeah, and shit. Yeah, but they didn't want to fight this war. They're just animals. Yeah. I feel bad for them. I did feel bad for them as well, yeah. It would have been easier if like, they would have rolled out, and like those those Oliphants were like just like saying some really racist, <laughs> terrible stuff. You if know? the Oliphants came in and they were like, I hate white people. <laughs> Uh, go like, back to Gondor. Go they said. back to Gondor. Yeah, again, I don't even get on their side off of their side then. Hold on. If they've uh, been marching out being like, make America grand again. Okay, there we go. Well, actually, no, they said make America grand again. So. I love grand. So. I do wish America was grand again. We were we grand at one point, remember? Yeah. When we were a battering ram filled with fire and cursed spells. <laughs> and cursed spells. Oh, that was the America actually, I grew up in. Actually, that's still us. Yeah, that's still we kind of are us, currently grand. Never mind. Yeah, make America be grand less. Yeah, less grand. Less grandy. You know, <laughs> I don't know. But I do feel bad for those Oliphants, and I also wonder too. Kind of again, going back to the lack of good guy innovation. 
it's like, okay, the bad guys, they've domesticated fucking trolls, yeah. orcs, olifants, yeah. and the good guys are like, I don't know, I think horses are the max. You know, but that's the thing, is that the bad guys don't have a problem with enslavement. And that that Fair. is one of the differences that he uses to okay. make it clear that they're the bad guys. They don't have a problem with enslavement, beating, like forcing that's fair because the hobbits, the elves, Gondorians, nobody keeps slaves. Right. So at least there's that. At least there's that. And also, like they they are like it, it is in some sense a lot about um, consent. Like Gandalf doesn't try to convince Frodo to take the ring. Yeah. When Frodo decides to take a ring, the ring, Gandalf is visibly upset. But he doesn't say no. Like, there's a whole lot about the good side being open to others doing things that they may not want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not perfect, though, because we still have Eowyn. We still got the situation where Eowyn is being told she can't go fight, etc. But it is they are better than the other side, which just enforces and it is a dick a dictatorial rule sauron says everyone does yeah so that that is a better good bad black white in that sense but it is still of course black and white and that's a problem what about eowyn what a fucking ass kicker she is she really is i hate that she is so led on onto that aragorn dick yeah, she's really young. She's like mid twenties in this, and I think that's a good portrayal of someone mid twenties, especially in a system like this. Falling where... in love with someone in their eighties. <laughs> well, he's just a handsome dude who doesn't look eighty <laughs> something. But yes, that is weird. But think about this. So, Arwen is like two thousand. 500 okay. She's plus a cradle years robber. older than Denethor. Total cradle She's robber. She's not a cradle robber. Like, she she has left the crypt <laughs> and entered a womb and ripped a child out. <laughs> like, she is so much older than him. She's just ripping the cum out the balls. Right. <laughs> Putting them together. <laughs> That's what I want. Give me that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think the whole reason that, like, Eowyn was so led on, I think at some point, like, you know, in one of these camps or something, she was just eavesdropping and heard mm. Aragorn being like, I'm really in love with him. Uh, he was Eowyn, saying Arwen. Uh, yeah, she got mixed up somewhere. Oh, he said my name, Eowyn. Yeah, he'd had a couple to drink. I think so. So he slurred it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's what happened. And she was like, all right, yeah, he's handsome. That Probably going to be king of Gondor. That's yeah, cool. Sure. Yeah. He's a hunk. <laughs> he is absolutely a hunk. And she ends up with another hunk. So I know. Yeah. I mean, in the movie, it's indicated, but she she ends up with Faramir. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Dang man, yeah, Eowyn is awesome in this, and I feel like this is another movie where we got some fucking strong females in here kicking ass, and that is they're from better, the source they're, material. They're better. Um, maybe the movies ramp it up a little from the books. Maybe I think they ramp it up just a little bit. But because hang on, are you here telling me? That our girl Shelob, okay, is not an All independent, right. okay, strong thick, independent woman, thick, fucking bodied woman. <laughs> she, that's true. Taking care of her own, okay. She don't need no man. She does Lessons not for food. 
And the orcs are afraid of her. Dude. So, yeah, Get okay. a queen. Yas queen. Yas queen. <laughs> okay. And we don't know if those eagles are male or female. We don't. They may all be women. Could be. But yeah, we're stretching real hard to try to find the good women characters. Because not that the women characters that exist aren't good. Though both of them are focused entirely on marriage. Um, I don't know if this passes a Bechdel test. No, they don't. Well, no. you've also got fucking, uh, oh, god damn. Galadriel? Galadriel, thank yeah, you. Yeah, she's I mean, a badass. Jesus Christ, she is She's 100% fuck. badass, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, like, the few that Tolkien gives us are, you know, shown as somewhat badasses, but also two of them are very much focused on marriage more than anything, and... It's not great, but it's not bad. And especially AON, I think, gives us a good tale of like, you know, the 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 problem of like um women in battle. Like the idea that women in battle are would somehow be a distraction or less capable than men. I think that can be possible when you're talking about straight up hand to hand combat because you're talking about size and size is always going to be a determiner. Sure. But I, you got horses, you've got pole arms, you've got all sorts of things that take away the advantage of size. There's no, there's no real reason why you wouldn't have women soldiers. Sure. Except for pure sexism. Which is insane that in this day and age where it's like no one's fighting hand-to-hand anymore. Yeah, you've got a gun. It, you have a gun. It does not matter. I'm pretty I mean, sure a man's finger or a woman's finger can pull a trigger one can pull a just trigger. as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so why yeah. the sexism exactly? Yeah. So anyone is kind of like, she kind of proves that. But also, like, they use Mary along with her to kind of I don't know. It kind of balances out some of the message for me because if she still needs this child-sized man to help her along the way, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay. All right. But when you look at it, I really think what they're doing there is showing her being brave and like really helping him along because most of the stuff she does, she does alone. Sure. she he, fucking lands a blow on Pigman. Uh, yeah, on Pigman. She also uh, cuts off the Nazgul's head. Oh, hot dog fucking oh, worm hot. creature. Yeah. She cuts a neck off that thing, and it's just pure hot dog inside. Pure hot dog inside. And then, yeah, she you know, I she does need a little help to kill the Witch King of Angmar, but literally no one else can do that. No. So needing a little help's not really diminishing what's going on with her. So... Dude, that scene where she is fighting that motherfucker. It's badass. Who is the most like metal so metal fucking creature yeah. I've ever seen on film. Oh my god. Yeah. And seriously, like honestly, like whenever it gets to that part and she's like, I am no man and fucking stabs him in the face, yeah. like I get fucking chills every time. Absolutely. It I works. can't lie. I, I know that you could see it as being like corny or whatever. Right. But it fucking gives me chills every time I get to that part. Yep, it's just like me God. Too. Diggity damn. It's so awesome. This shit is sick. She just fucking nails it. Dude, his like gauntlets and that like huge ass mace he fights oh, yeah. with. Just the design of that character uh-huh. is cool as fuck. And the fact like the the choice of using a mace, like 
you got you got a few like to prove a character's strong weapons. You got like the the big double sided broad axe, a mace with a fucking huge huge, huge yeah. end. Like knowing that he can swing that around just proves how fucking devastating he is. And yeah, she gets hit by it a little bit. Like that really knocks her back. All that like they they set up so well that that witch king of Angmar is badass, not just because he has a Nazgul. Yeah, like he can, on his feet, can take out an entire, uh, you know, several soldiers at once. Well, he seems to have that that property too, where even if you do manage to stab him, as uh, Mary does, yeah, it'll like it'll fucking you. break your arm. Yeah, it like, hurts. You can't you. even touch that guy. Well, even later on, like I think it shows. Uh, Eowyn, like in the houses of healing and shit. Yeah, with these, her like, arm crazy, all fucked. Yeah, it looks like, like veiny how, shit. How after um, Frodo, gets Frodo got stabbed. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of had a similar effect of poisoning. Yeah, yeah. In God the book, damn. there's a, apparently the king of Gondor has some sort of healing effect. So like he goes through and does a lot of healing that night, basically healing everybody who was injured that oh. is still alive. Well, but, that's nice. Yeah, it's cool, but like. Yeah, in in the in the movie for me it was like cuz it looks so much like the Frodo damage but then you don't see like the urgency and whatnot that you see when Frodo got damaged. Yeah, find some king's foil or yeah, whatever. They, yeah, like they should have put a little more more urgency onto it or or shown uh the the healing hands. Like they mm. should have done a little bit more there so that cuz like it's then we see her later and it's like okay, what happened? Like, we don't know. We get that he healed her somehow, but we don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But she ends up with our guy, Faramir. Yep. Which Handsome is... feller. Dude, I, I think a guy that, that his role got kind of downplayed in the movies a bit. Yeah. I think that he was made weaker and a little bit more of a more of a pathetic character yeah. where he's just like, I just want to live up to the way my dad looks at my brother. Yeah. In the book, he's a lot stronger of a character. Uh-huh. But I think that we, in the films, had had plenty of that with Boromir, his brother, right. Seen Bean. Old Seen Bean. And so whenever we get to Faramir, it makes him a more sympathetic character where you're just like, damn, his dad just, you know, he has that, that, that talk with his dad where his, his dad is like uh, fucking, uh, you know, wrong kid died. Yeah, basically, yeah, he's like, <laughs> you wish now that I, it had been me instead of him. And he's like, And then yes, he has that vision that. Of, of Sean Bean. Okay, this is, again, one of those special effects moments where I'm like, why doesn't this look better? That vision that Denethor has of like Sean Bean standing behind Faramir and he looks like he's in like a Pantene Pro V commercial. <laughs> he's like doing this slow spin and yeah. his hair is like super shiny. He's like really <laughs> happy and confident looking. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think some of that Faramir stuff had to do because they had to change Denethor's uh, motivation whenever I guess they decided that they weren't going to go too in-depth with the Palantirs because Denethor was driven mad by a Palantir in, that they had in, in Gondor and basically driven mad by his inability to use it yeah. effectively because he's the steward of Gondor, not the king of Gondor. Um, so I guess changing f- that story up a little bit kind of helps us to see that in the movie, Denethor's motivation is jealousy rather than being driven mad by the Palantir. So making Faramir a little more weak helps us to hate Denethor more. Sure. 
Which so is I, very fucking effective. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing that's why they did that. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. Like, why would Faramir be so so weak? I don't know why. But in my head, I have always perceived Denethor as being acted by Brian Cox. <laughs> and I have no idea okay. why. All right. I, I mean, guess they're kind of similar looking. Yeah, John Noble and Brian Cox. Uh, they're kind of doughy looking white guys that are angry most of the time. Okay. Okay. John Maybe? Noble, though, I mean, because anyone who's watched Fringe thinks of John Noble probably completely differently. I can see from Denethor's performance how you connect the two. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. That but, guy, man, he ooh, is buddy. so fucking hateable. He really is. He does a great job of making himself hateable. Where's Miss Denethor? <laughs> where's Mama Thor? Okay? Mama Thor. Where's Mama Thor? Because I think Thor? that she's fucking tired of his shit. I imagine... You know he just leaves his fucking socks all over the castle. Oh, of course he does. Being an annoying drama queen piece of shit. Uh-huh. Why am I not king of Gondor? <laughs> I leave my socks over here. Wrong kid died. <laughs> I bet she is long tired of his shit. I would imagine, I yeah. would be. Uh, yeah, 100%. I'm tired of his shit, and I've just seen the movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, but he is such a compelling and you know motivating character. Like, that character, yeah. you can really feel... His jealousy and his madness and how out of control and what a piece of shit he is. Yeah. An extremely effective character. Uh, Agreed. Driven home all the more by once again this entire trilogy's anti-keto messaging. Okay. I'm telling you. I talked about this extensively on our Two Towers episode in which I revealed to you the grand plot of these movies. They're anti-keto. In which the good guys are always consuming carbs and bread. Meanwhile, the bad guys are always in a state of ketosis. Wow. Consuming nothing but meats and veg, (laughs) mainly the meats, to drive us home on this anti-keto message. And eating a tomato in a way that will just destroy your love of chewing food listen i'm telling you the messaging in this could not be clearer right whenever the movie starts up and i always forget that it begins this way with this flashback of smeagol and daigle uh-huh river folk not very creative with their naming <laughs> i'm smeagol i'm deagle hey what's up this is my friend beagle guess what this is Veagle. he's regal old teagle over here oh such <laughs> silly names on these people just little rednecks is all. That's true. The that river people are. Are, are kind of like a less evolved hobbit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, the river folk are they're a, a form of hobbit. Yeah. Little rednecks. I'm surprised uh-huh. they weren't out there fishing for bluegill with dynamite. <laughs> frankly. Or bright light and some frongs. I bet when they heard about what happened at Helm's Deep, they were like, I'd like to get me some of that stuff that blew up that wall. Maybe right. catch some fish. Catch some fish with this. Thing. Uh-huh. All right, so the movie starts with their flashback. Uh-huh. Of course, as we know, Gollum gets the oh well, Smeagol gets the ring, yada yada. Right. Listen, what is the catalyst of this entire story, Steve? Think about it. What leads us to the ring? Fishing. A fish. Mm-hmm. A pure protein individual. <laughs> what is pure protein than a fish, Steve? I can't think of much. Is there even a carb in him? Probably not. He leads a perfectly innocent river person 
down to the bottom searching for that ultimate power. Right. He finds him at Rang. Leads to murder. Okay. Leads to killing. Okay. As soon as that Smeagol, who's been led to that ring by a fucking zero-carbohydrate fish, mm-hmm. as soon as he's led there by that pure form of ketosis itself, the fish, the real bad guy of this story is 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 keto? A fish. Is a fish. Okay. <laughs> if not for that damn fish, right? none of this would have happened. Wow. Am I wrong? No, you are correct. Okay. So the fish did it. The fish did it. The fish started all this shit. Wow. Okay. Listen here, though. Keep with me. I know so you you're saying the fish did the two towers. Yeah, the fish did the two towers. An okay. inside job. Okay. Yep. All right. So <laughs> after the fish gets Gollum at Rang, he, puts a, he kills his fucking friend, his little redneck buddy. Uh-huh. He puts on that Rang. Uh-huh. He starts to change him. Now listen to this. Okay. As you're seeing all those like various evolutions of him becoming more and more dehumanized. He's eating fish. Losing his humanity. Okay. Before that even, did all you right. catch the line that he says? Uh-uh. We forgot the taste of bread. <laughs> Tell me that isn't anti-carb messaging. He also hates potatoes. It is indicating that if a person loses their desire for carbohydrates, they're evil. They become dehumanized. Wow. Okay. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. That's what I'm saying. I yep. talked about this in the Two Towers episode, man. Those orcs are nothing but meat eaters. Uh-huh. The hobbits, the elves, they could subsist on some bread. They have some meats. They have some conies. Some potatoes, In though. the presence of a potato. Yeah. The evil one, Gollum, not understanding the value of a starchy vegetable. Okay? It's right there on Front Street. It now, is. allow me to continue. Continue. Now, so after he loses his humanity by forgetting what delicious bread tastes like, yes, he indulges in the ultimate paleo experience of just eating a fish, Ron Wiggling. The way he likes it. He goes so paleo, he's like, you know what? I'm eating that caveman diet. I might as well ought to live in a cave. And he does. And he does. And look what it turns him into. A monster. A gangly monster. A fucking monster. Wow. Okay. Do you follow me? I'm with you. Later on in the story, how does Gollum fucking betray Samwise Gamgee? Throws his bread away. With bread. Yeah. He uses bread carbohydrates as Get his out form of, here, says. of fucking turning on the good guys. Mm-hmm. He uses bread against them. Gotcha. Now that is clear messaging. It is. It is. Also, wow. whenever Tolkien <laughs> wants us to hate a character, what's he do? He gives him a fucking no-nonsense keto diet. Denethor? While he's sitting in there on, on his little on his little chair, uh-huh. eating his nosh, having mm-hmm. his dinner, what's he eating? Chicken. He's, he's not on a chicken. Chicken. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Chawing on him. Yeah. I'm with you, man. There ain't a bread on the table, Steve. There's not a single bread. He's not had a single bread on that table. The messaging is clear. Bad guys do keto. Now, here's my one question. At one point, the orcs are complaining that they ain't had nothing to eat but maggoty bread all week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maggots are keto. 
are they are complaining about laden. the bread? They're complaining about the bread, obviously. Holy shit! Yeah, okay. it's not the maggots that are the problem. No, they're all for the maggots. They're like, we've had to eat bread. We're losing our abs. <laughs> they say it's implied. That's in a deleted scene. It is implied, but it's there. It's yeah. there. I mean, they're running around with no shirts on. Oh, they're ripped. Yeah, they're fucking. So, shredded, no, I'm dude. with you. Okay. So, are you with me here? Yeah, J.R. Tolkien was trying to tell us, if you want to be a good guy, eat bread. Eat a fucking bread. <laughs> eat a starch. Have a carb. That's the message. That's the ultimate message of this thing. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You and, with me? Um, I, I, I don't know if I agree with Tolkien, but I agree <laughs> that it's what he's trying to say. Humanity lies in carbs. <laughs> That's the message. That's the real message of these movies, dude. Okay. Try to argue with me. I'm not gonna. I dare you. Because it's correct. All the bad guys. All of them. No carbs. You're absolutely correct. All the good guys. Carbs. Because mm-hmm. even Gimli, he's like, yeah, he's excited for ripe meat off the bone accompanied with malt beer. He's getting his carbs in there somewhere. True. Yeah. Okay. You've, I mean, listen, you have so extensively explain this, this for years i really cannot debate no. that it is wrong it is correct <laughs> this has been my idea for years and i'm dug the fuck in yeah, like an alabama you're right. tick you're right okay speaking of smeagol and deagle <laughs> i think this movie does a good job because i know a lot of people love smeagol and they're like why is everybody so mean to him I think this movie does a good job of explaining why everybody's so mean to him. Tell me. He's a murderer. He, you know what? Yes. And he, yeah. he'll he kill you. He'll kill a person. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to stop at you. Just because you think he's nice doesn't mean he's going to be nice. Probably not. So, yes. Maybe it's possible if everybody involved in all these movies had treated him super nicely... That he would have still been nice up to a point, but he was still leading them up to Shelob. For sure. He was still not going to let the ring get thrown into Mount Doom. So, Quick question. Does Shelob beat Barb? No. Correct. So she's a good person. No, oh, wait. Bad person. Bad person. <laughs> bad person. Sorry. Bad person. No carbs. Bad person. No carb Shelob. You know what? All spiders are bad people. They're just not good at being people. I tend to Can't agree talk. with that. That's important, I nope. think. Nope. Can't communicate in any way. Unless they're right in spider, then they can tell you a pig's good. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of different. Actually, they didn't even say good pig, just said some pig. Some pig. <laughs> like, the spider simply recognized a pig. Yeah, that's true. Jeez. Not even really Come digging on. in and committing to that pig. But yeah, some so pig. throughout this, like... There is some like I, I like I could see the debate of like if uh Smeagol had been treated well, could he have been brought back to a humane side? And I think that's why you have um Fro- Frodo walk up to the edge about to throw the ring in and decide he's not going to. To prove that the ring, even with the best person, the ring will take you over. Yeah. So Smeagol is completely gone. He has been gone. He is he is used. Well, he spent like five centuries with the fucking thing. Right. Yeah. He is Gollum uses Smeagol as an advantage in interacting with people. That's it. He yeah. is not a good person. He yeah. never really was much of a good person 
because he saw the ring and murdered his friend instantly. He did that. Like we've we've seen what happened with like Frodo first seeing the ring and just picking up the ring and having no murderous intent and being kind to his brother or to his friend Sam for a long time. Like Frodo has that in him and even then he still can't throw the ring into Mount Doom. Yeah. So there's just no redeeming Smeagol. Well, let's be real here. Frodo, especially after all these three movies, kind of a moron. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Him trusting that fucking keto golem? Okay, yeah. I think, because this is what I'm, okay, so this is what I'm saying, is that I think Frodo is one of those people. Frodo needs to believe that Smeagol is redeemable because he feels similar things to Smeagol in his brain. Yeah. He's starting to feel that my precious sort of feeling. Sure. And he needs to believe that Smeagol can be redeemed so he can believe he can be redeemed. He surely doesn't want to share the load. Which is, of course, from my uh, 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 Frodo Sam slash fic that I wrote. In which Sam says to Frodo right before he comes, share the load. <laughs> Lord of the cock rings. Lord called. of the cock rings, yeah. It just makes sense. <laughs> but like, that is Frodo's sort of like uh, arc throughout this is that from the, be- you know, the early bit of the movie, like you have um, Sam talking about having enough Lambus bread and he's like, enough for what? And he's like, the trip back. And you can see in Frodo like the calculation of like, I hadn't considered a trip back. Like, yeah. I hadn't considered that's even a possibility. I even think that Frodo's kind of a dick where he's just like, oh, Sam, yeah. you sweet little moron. Yeah, he kind like, of he's is. He's like, the finest salt in the Shire. He's lost all of his, like, he's lost all of his hope. He's he's only pinned to his dedication to the the journey, but his hope is gone. He doesn't, Man. He doesn't fully believe even if he gets there, that he will survive. And those those messages of hope, especially like later on in the movie, the moments with Sam and Frodo where, I mean, they are in hell itself. Hell, yeah. Like they haven't eaten for days. Uh-huh. The climate, the air itself is fucking poisonous. Yeah. That's something that they don't really convey in the movies. Right. They're, they're walking about the through that field for like a week. Yeah. And like yeah. the very air itself yeah. is sulfuric and poisonous and fucking mm. killing them every second that they're walking I meant to look it up but I didn't want to because I just don't want the illusion ruined but I'm pretty sure even up on that rock they would have been sizzled by that oh sure the the temperature of the the magma flow dude yeah. I mean if you're inside flow, of a volcano with that lava flowing yeah you'd be dead you'd be dead surely it would be too brutal yeah. you know but eh, yeah whatever but Maybe whatever, volcanoes yeah. work different in middle earth Maybe they do. Maybe it's like that. <laughs> they actually filmed them climbing on the side of an actual volcano in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, but you can do that in like Hawaii and stuff. But you're from a far, you're far distance away from the source of heat. Yeah, usually. yeah. But dude, those moments where you know, even before they're like, I can't carry it, but I can carry you. Yeah. Uh huh. Where Sam is like trying to give him this message of hope, and he's Just talking like about that star that's in the sky. Yeah. Which apparently that star is some kind of like airborne ship, apparently. What? Yes. I didn't know that. There's some information out there that that star that they look at is essentially, uh, it's like, I think it's one of the the three like Silmaril, which are these elven ships that carry the light of a star that fucking predates the sun and shit. Oh, okay. So like, you know, the, um, 
uh, he has that 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 like locket that's like the star the 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 power of Elendil or whatever. The light of it. The and, light of Elendil. Yeah. Or yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh huh. That's from that star. Okay. That, like predates the sun apparently. Am I gonna have to read the Silmarillion now? Probably. Damn it. <laughs> I know. Right? I haven't read the Silmarillion. Okay. Yeah. But apparently there's a lot even to that shit that's not even implied remotely in the movie. But whenever mm-hmm. he looks up and sees that, that's what he's talking about. Huh. But dude, all those scenes were like he's trying to get Frodo motivated and the, the soundtrack starts subtly playing the theme from the Shire. Yeah. God, diggity damn. It's so good. I mean, if that yeah. doesn't affect you, like you are dead. Yeah, I think so. I think like their friendship is... Uh, like it, it's beyond a friendship at this point because they're suffering together. Like this is definitely something that's coming out of World War One of like oh yeah this like development of something even beyond brotherhood of like if you've been in the trenches with somebody right. literally oh and specific like I mean any war war is like this but very specifically the trenches of World War One you could be talking to somebody turn turn back they're dead. Oh yeah, like that. Like sure. So like relationships were so intense, and this like idea of like we're overcoming this together. I think that's like a lot of the inspiration for this. But they're over like they're literally saving the world. They're saving everyone. They're saving humanity, hobbits, elves. Like they're saving everyone. They know that the journey means this much. But then Sam's role is really to continue to encourage Frodo to continue. <laughs> like he Sam has to keep encourage him encouraging him even when he loses courage. He has to constantly be there for him. And Frodo has to be open enough to hear that. And they both kind of work perfectly in that because Frodo easily falls into the trap of like, we'll never make it. I'm, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, remember the taste of, uh, bread or whatever. Like, yeah, it, just like the strawberries and cream. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he has to get into the depths of darkness and Sam has to be there to pull him out. Uh, and then they both just accept death. Like their friendship is such that like they've accomplished their goal and they're both just like, okay. I don't think there will be a return home. Dude, that scene where like they drop all that extra armor and shit, yeah, and their supplies, or they're just like, "Well, we're not gonna, need we're it. definitely gonna fucking die." Yeah, so we don't need this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you know, even when they end up like stranded on the on the rocks, and it's yeah. just like to be here with you at the end of all things and shit. God, yeah, damn, such a sweet moment. I'm telling you, yeah. And it's like by that point in the movie, every time I've seen this, every time it gets to them just like scaling the rocks and their fucking flesh is like burnt and destroyed and they're just so exhausted like i can feel that with them yeah like you feel like you have been through you've been through it with them you've been the whole way huge battles and wars and their entire journey on foot all the way to this point yeah like you feel just as fucking beat up as them and they haven't seen the rest of the fellowship the entire time since since no. since Boromir died, and that's something that's they really didn't cool. even know Boromir died. No. They learned from Faramir. Like what? Yeah, really? Yeah, that's something that's really cool. Is like the first movie, um, as we said in other episodes, is all about the group dynamic. Mm-hmm. Two Towers is all about the small group dynamic. Yeah, the, the Fellowship gets stripped apart, and you get these like 
you know, couple of characters at a time interactions. Yeah. And then in this movie, they kind of come back together. Yeah. Except for Sam and Frodo, who are, who are still always separate on their own. Entirely, yeah. Always on their own the entire way. But I love that we get, you know, we kind of get the band back together yep, in a way. We do. Everybody's We're... so stoked to see each other again. Yeah. Learn updates about like, oh shit, you saw Sam and Frodo like a couple days ago. Uh-huh. They're fine. Awesome. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, that's got to be like, because like everything you're doing, you're doing in hope that the other people are doing their thing. It yeah. is a constant like, they ain't texting each other. No, you just have to believe in each other. Yeah. Which, so, uh, again, yeah. is the way that war once yeah. was. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, there, there's there's just so much like camaraderie and friendship and deep affection for each other that I love. I, I think that this this like really brings out a lot in, in all that, like just this constant reminder of like that we need each other we can't live yeah. individually and that's you know the orcs are very much individualistic everybody's a maggot everybody's a, a slug like they all just need all to same. do their yeah. fucking job yeah you know? yeah and i i think i think anyway i hope that we're finally past the age where anybody can watch these movies and not be like oh, say frodo or gay right I remember when these, and again, maybe if you're a young person listening to this, you don't fucking understand that. But whenever these came out, yeah, it was like every fucking group of dudes. That's the only joke they could uh-huh. come up with is they're but gay. like they're gay because like they they're, talk to each other and care friends. about each other. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're gay. Yeah. Oh, I think we're past that. I think we are. I, think I hope. I think we're to a point where you can be have a homosocial relationship that is just deep abiding love and doesn't have to have a sexual component because women can have that no one has ever questioned well there are definitely people who are assholes about women's relationships too but it's not on the same level of like this constant driving a wedge between men and saying like you can't possibly love another man yeah Yeah. because if you do that means you want to have sex with them and that is bad that's a bad thing we're saying right it's just like because that also delves into that aspect of male psychology that says, like, you can't love a female if you don't want to have sex with them. Right, yes. It's like, I have tons of female friends that right. I love. Exactly. So are like, just human beings. Yeah, there. I think there's been a good development. I don't think it, it's set in with everyone, obviously. No, but no. I think a lot, a lot of us have at least gotten past the extreme homophobia of the... 80s 90s and early 2000s. early 2000s yeah it's still around but sure. i think most of us are, are working in a way to make that just not even a concept anyone has anymore like i just i don't get it now like i in the early 2000s when people would say it it would be like oh yeah because they're like close or whatever but now someone says it, it's like i don't what get your what problem? you're i don't get what you're seeing here no because like i I guess right before they get on the boat, they kind of stare into each other's eyes. Oh, um, and I guess that's fucking, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, dude. and I guess some people are like probably going to kiss, and it's like, well, no, no. they're staring into each other's eyes because they're never going to see each other again. They've been through so much shit together. Yeah, like oh. he, like Sam, literally went from just being a gardener to protecting the guy who's going to save the world, and then eventually saving the world. And then eventually saving the world with him. Yeah. And they've been through shit, and it was just the two of them. Not oh. them with the rest of the people. They had to do it all alone. That's just, uh, yeah, it's it's the type of relationship that we need to 
destigmatized entirely if it isn't already. And something that I think is extremely impressive too about that ending where they they end up going to well Frodo and Bilbo go uh-huh. to the the land of the undying they leave with the elves um I think it's so amazing that Tolkien wrote that into the book because this is essentially a commentary on PTSD. Yeah. Like it is. after you've been through it's that n- level yeah. of shit you can't shake it. No, you and can't you, you, you can't go leave home it behind. to the Shire Yep. Where it's just people farming earth and having a beer and, they're and particularly impressed by what you did. Yeah, you go home and nobody even recognizes what you yep. fucking did. It's like I I have to leave. I can't be here anymore. Right. Like this world doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah, it's honestly like like that scene where like they go back to the tavern mm-hmm. and they have beers together and they all kind of have this moment where they look at each other like, I kind of thought this would be cooler. Yeah. Anyway, cheers. Yep. It's kind of like that scene in the fucking Hurt Locker where he's in the grocery store. Yeah, where he's just like, huh, this is... Normal uh, life So I'm supposed to just do this again. Yeah, like, I'm supposed to go back to this. Like, I can't go back anymore. It's it's amazing, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I think it's... uh, I mean, it's obviously less sad than what happens in the Hurt Locker, because that's (laughs) way more real. Yeah. Uh, But the way that, you know... Frodo comes back, like, like Sam comes back, and it's like, all right, I, I marry my fucking high school sweetheart, and we have kids, and I start a life. I'm like... My life has forward momentum. Well, what's interesting there is his final line. Because, like, he comes back after uh, Frodo leaves, you know, with the elves. He comes back to his three-year-old and his and his, his infant. And he says, I'm back. And yeah. it's like, that's In the moment. In a good way or bad way. That's the moment, it seems like. That's the moment he is actually back. Because Frodo is gone now. He has, like, carried this feeling of responsibility toward Frodo. He's back to his life now. Yeah, now I can live my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's also, like, symbolic for there and back again, A Hobbit's Tale. uh Uh-huh. Yep, I'm back. But it's also, you could read it as very sad. You could read it as very triumphant. It's either, I mean, it, it kind of is, because... For him, what he always wanted was to be with Rosie and to have kids. Yeah. So he he's back to the thing he wants, but he's also not left behind his feeling of responsibility that entire time. Yeah. He, it's been years. I mean, the, the movie doesn't demonstrate that, but it's been years by the time that Frodo goes off with the elves. So he's... I guess the movie does show it because they have kids, but it, it's been some time, and he still has maintained that vigilance which is again ptsd he's maintained a vigilance and a a sense of duty that he doesn't necessarily need to keep yeah and he's not been able to let it go but now that frodo is gone he can just be who he is and that might be sad in some ways too because he doesn't know how to be that anymore because he's been responding this guy yeah. before for so long. Well, and that's the thing too is like you get the impression with the rest of the fellowship that they all have this forward momentum with their lives. I mean, Mary and Pip, they got e- each other, man. Yeah, and they're, they're so their young. Best buds, dude. They're like they're. I mean, what well, is? Uh, I think Sam's like ten, fifteen years older than than Pip. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, Aragorn's gone off to become the king. Right. He's got his thing. One thing that. Again, with the multitude of endings this has, I understand why they didn't film it or put it in the movie, but, dude, the way in the book that Legolas and Gimli, uh-huh. Legoland, yeah. 
they go on their like world tour together as buddies. Yeah. Because the whole books, like they've been talking about all these like amazing lands from their uh-huh. peoples and how they want to show the other dude those lands and yeah. stuff. At the end of the book, they go on like this fucking world tour together and just right. show each other like, yo, this is where dwarves hang out. Yo, this yeah. is where the elves hang out. It's so fucking cool. It's like, awesome. I would, I would watch a travel show of those two. They could have at least just shown them like together, about to get on a boat or something. Oh my but god! Really? All, the last time we see Gimli, he's holding a pillow with the crown on it, like he's a, a ring bearer at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's weird to choose, but okay. A little bit, man. A little bit. But I get why you. I get why you cut it. There are so many like. In the book, like everybody gets an ending, basically. Everybody who's still alive, like Treebeard oh, yeah. still gets an ending. Like there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, if you think the the movie has a lot of endings. The book's got even more somehow. Oh, the book has <laughs> so many more, man. Yeah, so I think it's cool that, you know, we get to see Aragorn become the king and everything mm-hmm. again, as was his his legacy. He ends up with uh Lady Aerosmith. <laughs> That's her. Who was Dying, but wasn't. Yeah, the dar- as the darkness spread on the land, it was killing. The- it was shortening the but elves' why lifespan. Her why her specifically, in but not like anybody else? <laughs> there was a con- connection between her and the king of Gondor, aka Aragorn, and like basically as like as his chances diminished, her life diminished. Like it just seems like that was it. Like. As things got slimmer and slimmer for him, things got slimmer and slimmer for her for some Tied reason. down to that man. Yeah. Again, mm. yeah. That, she's not got much agency at all in this. Like, she's either being told what to do by Elrond or uh, pursuing um, Aragorn. Or she's just whispering a lot. Or whispering, yeah. I ain't think she's got a line in this whole movie, she says in her whole voice. Right. Which is why, like, like, I love when she saves Frodo in the first one. It's like, oh, she's a badass. But yeah. that's not in the books, is it? I don't think. I, think I don't think. It I no, it, it is. is it? She. I know she's even on like the cover of one of the printed versions. Is I it? have. Where she does the water horse thing. Yeah, I know she that. Does do but that. It, there's not like a chase or anything, is there? Like she, he gets remember. across the. I I don't remember honestly very well, but it, like she's shown as badass in the first one, so you expect some more will happen. But beyond that, she's just dying. Yeah. She's so just dying, lady. The whole time. Doing a whole lot of dying. Doing a whole lot of dying. Like, Aragorn, you better get it together because she's dying. You t- t- Tell her to leave because she's dying. <laughs> it's just like constant. Like, she's dying as fuck, man. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. She's dying. But only in the Matrix. There's some power spectrums I, I also am not exactly completely clear about, even okay. though I've read the books and seen the movies. So, the One Ring. The, the one Ring one. of Power. The One Ring. The one that's like, if the big bad gets this, we are in big time trouble. Mm -hmm. If it's that powerful, and it's that big of a deal, Mm -hmm. why couldn't, like, Frodo or anybody else, like, put it on and been like, I don't know, like, zap the tower. It's gone now. It seems to, yeah, its power seems very. What did it do? Well, it's supposed to be able to control the other rings. But we never even see those. Yeah, that that's not really an element that we see at all. Like it, that's just like the intro to the first movie. It's yeah. like these other rings exist. Don't worry about them. This ring controls them all. Don't worry about those other rings though. The only power this ring has is invisibility and controlling those other rings. 
we're not going to deal with the other rings, though. I guess not. So don't use it to go invisible or he'll see you. How would that big old tower with that big old flaming eyeball on it even put that ring on? I know it can change its size and stuff, but would it have like slipped over the whole tower? Like, would it have gone that I really big? hope so. I hope that's <laughs> like, what wrapped around it. Yeah, and it just like is just wrapped there. It would have looked so like silly. A gigantic cock ring. Yeah. <laughs> is that what would have happened? Yes. I hope so. How would he have got it? And like a cock ring, the ring went to the base of the tower the and held it erect. Right? What would have happened there exactly? I don't know. And, and would, yeah, would the tower become invisible? Okay, would the tower become invisible? Would it have David Copperfield himself? <laughs> is that how David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Yeah, it is. He put he the put one the ring, one on, ring it. on it. <laughs> if the one ring slips on any other part of the body, does it count? Oh. Could it be a one-toe ring? <laughs> why, why not? Yeah, why not? obviously. What would... happens if John Cena puts on the ring? Okay, this is important. This is important. He's we do need to talk question. about this. Because you can't see him. You can't see him already. But if he puts on the ring, yeah. Sauron can see him. You're saying it, it, it reverses the effect. Yeah, so essentially for John Cena... John Cena would have been the perfect person to give the ring to to take it to Mount Doom. Because at no point would right he be in. tempted by it. Yeah. He'd be like, if I put this on, someone can see me? Okay, I just won't. No. Nah, I'll just hold not it. Not gonna. Yeah. The only thing that would have given him away is uh-huh. he would have busted down that black gate. Uh-huh. And as soon as he did, you would have heard, <laughs> they would have been alerted for sure. I wonder if his jorts are invisible. Like, is that what we see when we see John Cena, just his jorts? I mean, whenever whenever Frodo puts it on, all of his rig is in Okay, okay. But, but I think it's all gone. But, okay, but John Cena's not wearing the One Ring. How does his invisibility work? Shit. John Cena, please call in. Let us know how your invisibility works. We need to know about this. Yeah. These are the hard-hitting questions we need to find out about. Huh. He should have done it. I think he would have just got in the black gate. He would have done a fadeaway jumper, yeah, jump like, shot, poof. and would have fucking dunked it. <laughs> yep. And then that terror would You'd see, you'd see like, Gollum like jump after it. Like Gollum would jump up to try to like to like block it. No, he wouldn't. And it would be like, not and, happening. And, and it, it would go over his head, and Cena would give him the Dominic Wilkins finger yeah, shake. Shana, yeah, not happening. Dom- not Dominic. Fucking uh, that's uh, uh, Matumbo. There you go. Yeah. To give me Matumbo. Yeah. I think that's what would have happened if John Cena would have been elected to be the the ring bearer. Yeah. What was his deal? Was he doing something else? Was he busy? He must have been busy in Middle Earth. Probably a bunch of wrestling matches in Middle Earth. I'll tell you what was happening. He was in this god dang city of Minas Tirith. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it is regal. Sure. It's great. It is a wedding cake that got turned into a city. Yes, it is. Obviously. (laughs) Okay. But let's just think for a second about how fucking inconvenient the city is. Oh, yeah. You've got this multi-level city that's mm-hmm. all built inside of this cliff that has this gigantic cliff face carving it in half. Okay. Imagine you're on the bottom right side, and you have a meeting to get to at the top left side. No. How long is that shit going to take you? No, nah, it seems like forever. 
I'm and they don't you. seem to have an elevator system either. Of course not. Can you imagine yeah. how bad those people's knees are in Minas Tirith? Ugh. Because it is like straight up. It's straight the fuck up. And you got to huh. go through a fucking, I guess, you know, cliff tunnel or go all the way around the city to get to the other side of it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, from that big rock that's in the middle of it. It's impressive, Jesus. but it is bad city planning. Yeah, 100%. Wouldn't want to live there. I'm telling you, what if I had a gig up at the top right part of the city and I live in the bottom left? Do you think I'm pushing a fucking 4 by 12 and a 100-watt head and hauling two guitars on my back? <laughs> no. All that way? There's no way in hell. No. It's very inconvenient when we get down to it. No, I agree with you. Now that I think about it, I'd probably rather live in Rohan or something where it seemed pretty pretty basic, easy to get around than I like cuz I'm assuming the residential quarter is somewhere like you you you're going to have to travel every single day is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you're not going to be lucky to live right next to the blacksmith or whatever. Uh uh-uh, the rat catcher. The Yeah, you live next to the rat catcher? No rats. You know uh-huh. that. Yeah, you're in a good spot right there. Uh-huh. But man, traveling that city it's yeah, got to be rough. That sounds like that sounds terrible. It's yeah. got to be pretty fucking rough. Mhm. And of course, this movie also continues Frodo's Stabophilia. Oh yeah, that's a feller. What loves getting a he stab. does love to be stabbed. It seems because every time he does, he's like, oh, 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 I'm gonna come out of my mouth, dude. I was gonna oh. say in this one, like he is coming so hard, it's fucking <laughs> pouring out his mouth rig. I mean, listen, I've never been there. No shame if that's your thing. But fucking, it seems. Like it's got to be some badass coming. It's, some, it's it something just wild. Comes, comes up the other way. It's just so backed up at that point. <laughs> He'd been traveling. I bet he hadn't been able to jerk off the whole time. No, they're sleeping on like a damn cliff face and yeah. stuff all the time. It's gonna be bad. Huh? Gonna be hard to find some alone time. I bet. That's how backed up he was. <laughs> he gets dang old stabbed by this god dang old spider. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, 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 give it to me, spider. Oh, oh. What's your favorite stab of the entire series? <laughs> What's your favorite stab? Best time he got stabbed. Best stab. He got stabbed a lot. I mean, it's got to be the, the first poke because of the face. On Weathertop. Yeah, the face that the Witch King of Angmar makes. That's it's my just favorite. Like, he's like, what is this? I stab. I'm grossed out by you. Stab. Yeah. And he's got his, like, hand in the air, very judgy, like, do yeah. I stab? Yeah, I stab. Yeah, I stab. stab. That one's still my favorite, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most iconic road stab. Yeah. Cave troll stab? Nah. It's all right. He barely even came. Okay. Here's the thing, though. He got fucking stabbed by old Shelob in this mm-hmm. one. We know he was wearing the mithril mail. Oh, yeah. How the fuck did that work? Huh. I mean, they take that shiny shit off of his corpse. Yeah, they do, yeah. So... Yipes. I didn't think about that. So, uh, d- uh, can she lob stab through me? me- huh. I'm have to go back on the book there and see if they explain that a little know, bit better. Right? Because he is still wearing it when he yeah. gets she lobbed. And there's a lot of history of she lob in the book. That's, again, one of those yeah. detours that the story takes where it's just like, and then she lob appeared. By the way, Shelob. She a spider. Let's talk about her. Uh-huh. They gives this like fucking eons long history about Shelob, and it's fucking sick as shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. 
And even too, man, like the level of set design they put into Shelob's lair yeah. is fucking bonkers. Like all the stone around her is like pockmarked. Like yeah. it's this like rotting stone. Like her venom has fucking rotted it out. Oh, okay. But also too, all the tunnels and the uh the canyons and stuff around her are like smooth and bulbous where her body has like flowed through them for fucking centuries. It's sick as shit. Like That's if you awesome. go back and watch it again, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's that level of detail in history that they put into literally everything in these movies that makes it so mind-blowing. It's like, yeah. well, what would happen if a spider lived here for thousands of years killing right. fucking shit tons of people? Man. Let me tell you one thing that every time I see it makes me go, why? Big spider. Big spider. Not a fan. Yeah. Anytime in like an RPG or the mythological thing where they're just like, oh, and also gigantic spiders. It's like, no, fuck that. Why? Pass. If I ever found out that was real, I'd be like, I want to hop a ship to yeah. Mars with that Elon Musk. There's those like hawk spiders or whatever. When you see a picture oh. of them, they're like so big, but it's like, that's not even even close to the size of these fucking spiders we see. in the No. Planet. And it's like, if that existed... The world shouldn't exist. No. <laughs> Just burn Agreed. it down. Yeah, burn it if down. If we find a spider that big, burn it down. I'm not meant to be here. Yeah. <laughs> not meant to be here at all. And I'm not even grossed out by spiders that much. I am. But once they get that big, no. Fuck that shit. Dude, when Sam is kicking it with his feet. Oh, man. Ew. That's, that moment really fucking gets me because it's just like chomping at him with his pincer thing. Ew, and it's got oh. that nasty butt spike. Oh, butt spike. Ugh. It is gross and hyper effective. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, so fucking nasty. They did a great job with that too. Like that spider still looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Again, that's an effect that I'm like, damn, this looks better than yeah. it should for a fucking. They really did a great job. Fuckable effect. I mean, it's it's like in the dark, but like once they get outside of the cave, you're still seeing it pretty well lit, yeah. and it looks good. Pretty much, man. Pretty much, dude. These these movies. Yeah. I, I cannot overstate their greatness. No. I know that people want to give it shit about the like million endings, but it's like, dude, if you look at the ending of an average two hour long movie. Yeah, it's gonna have several sort of seemingly ending type of things. Meanwhile, and, this is six times that length. That this is a, yeah. the ending of a twelve hour movie. Because you're you're bringing the, you're tying up a bunch of stories. You're not just tying up, you know, a simple, you know, uh, two Harry people, Matt Sally story. Yeah, yeah. yeah two two people fall in love type of story. It's like no. well, that, that's a pretty simple tie up. People are like, oh, it could have ended after the Eagles picked them up. No, it couldn't have. It really couldn't. We, I would have been like, what, what the fuck? What it just stopped. The, and the end. Where's everybody else? Yeah. I no. need Gimli, Aragorn. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need all that in my life right there, man. Me too. I I feel like though like a lot of people who complain about the number of endings weren't really on board the whole time. I wonder about that. They right? were just like, "Oh, we're all watching this. Okay, I'll watch it." And they they watched to the end and they were like, "Oh, I didn't like this the whole time." And it's like, "Okay, well, when will this end?" <laughs> Not soon enough. Yeah. That's the that's the fucking answer, man. Like I want more. Yeah. 100%. I would watch even more of this. So, yeah, I I think this these Movies are such obvious classics that will still be around probably for the next 20 years. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, 
Wait, think about a movie. Let's see. Think about a movie when we were kids that was from the 60s. Easy a 40 Rider. 40-year-old movie. Yeah, yeah, like Easy Rider. Well, I, you know what? Wizard of Oz, I'll point out. Okay. When we were kids, that thing was 50 to 60-something years old. Wow. And it was still popular, still around. Yeah. So I, I think... Not many memes of it, though. No, not a lot of... <laughs> A lot of memes of it. Not yet. Or not. not yet. Yeah, but I, I really do think this can last forty years. Can be looked back on and seen yeah. even twenty years from now, and just be like, okay, yeah, this was fucking awesome. I don't know if we'll see anything on that level again. I honestly wonder about that mm-hmm. like, because I, nobody would want to limit themselves to three movies. Yeah, there's everybody that too. would want the big expansive yep. cinematic universe. And I, I think the closest that I've got is like sitting on my couch watching the first couple of seasons of Game of Thrones where yeah. I was like, I'm feeling the same thing that I felt yep. with Lord of the Rings where it's like they care so much about this. They're putting so much yeah. effort and seriousness and creativity into this shit. Oh, my God. And then they just fucking did. Yeah, it fell off. Yeah. And it's also different, too, because it wasn't a theater experience. I mean, True. that was a stay at home and binge it till five in the morning experience. This was a it's a new year. There's a new Lord of the Rings coming out later this year. I'm going to be there to watch it yeah. with a million other people. It's just different. Yeah. You know? I just, yeah, I don't know if profit motives and things like that will well, especially in a post, make it possible. A post COVID world where we're just like, most new movies are just going to come out streaming now. COVID changed that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we talked about it with the Dr. Sleep thing too. Like Dr. Sleep feels like a, six episode miniseries when you start to blur that line when more movies maybe are coming out directly for home consumption rather than going to the movie theater you also start to blur the line of the traditional three-act structure three hours kind of being the max that you can go etc like you can start to release six-hour movies. Oh, yeah. Because you know people at home are sitting there just watching it. Oh, yeah. Like, they're going to spend the time. Well, that's the thing. is like Ultimately, if this was a three-season show where every you know book, yeah. every movie essentially was eight one-hour episodes, yeah. I'd watch the goddamn Nobody would blink shit an eye out of at that. that either. They wouldn't even think anything of it because nope. Game of Thrones is that. Yep. Game of Thrones is that. Yeah. And I'm sure it cost way more money than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my Had God. To, by the end of it, cost way more money overall. Uh, yeah. So if that ever existed, I'm, it would for, be, it. I'm for it. But yeah. at the same time, dude, it's like I'm so tied to seeing these actors as these characters. Yeah. It would be so hard for me to see, you know, anyone Anybody other else. than yeah. Ian McKellen, uh, Ian McKellen as, as Gandalf. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing with, like, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. We, it's tough. Yeah. It, 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 I can't imagine who would do it. I can't imagine who would be Frodo. I can't imagine who would be these people because yeah. they're defined in my head. Like, Aragorn is Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, when I see Gimli, it's like, oh, it's John Rhys-Davies. Yep. That's it. That's all that I see. The stories that the people that worked on these movies tell of their camaraderie and their history with each other and mm-hmm. all that they went through to make these things happen... It is honestly like watching Band of Brothers and hearing people's war stories. Right. Not at all equating making a movie is as hard as being in a war. I'm no. not saying that whatsoever. Absolutely not. I'm just saying that their their level of camaraderie and right. brotherhood 
is something unlike anything where it's just like, oh, we filmed this whole thing in front of a green screen. It was done in a couple weekends. Mm-hmm. No, this is the result of tens of thousands of hours of yeah. human labor of people all giving a shit. Yeah. Again, it was almost, as I said earlier, almost this cult-like devotion where mm-hmm. everyone was somehow on board to do this. Dude. And the, look what happens. I mean, it, you start with a property people care a lot about. Yeah. You're going to... That, that, that's some of it, I think. But I think also a lot of it is that uh, communal feeling. Uh, they're shooting in New Zealand. We've seen in other Peter Jackson movies this obvious sort of communal feeling to anything shot in New Zealand. It's like, oh, they're shooting a movie in New Zealand. Like, we're all involved. Yeah, it's remote. It's detached yeah. from everyone's yeah. homeland. Yeah, we're not going to be able to bring a bunch of people in from outside, a bunch of product and other things in from outside. we got to make it here. Like... I feel like a lot of that community had been built up a little bit by by Peter Jackson's productions up to this point, and beyond that, yeah, as I said, Lord of the Rings popularity, and then yeah, you know, you just get the right people together. Nobody's being a prima donna. Everybody's like wanting to work. Like it, it kind of is a perfect storm that it, like I don't know if you could make it happen again. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know if you can. I honestly don't. I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again in our lifetime. Maybe not. You know, I'm sure that people said that about the Star War, and then they also lived through seeing the Lord of the Ring. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. So I I don't know. Yeah. But either way, I am eternally thankful to have been there whenever these things were brand new and to experience that. Like, that's one of those things that, like, I'll always look back on my life and be like, I was alive at the same time as Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Think about all the billions of people that don't get to say that. Holy shit. That's fucking rad. And I bet there's some cavemen who are like sitting around with guitars mm. like, how play? Bunga boonga. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they invented guitars. They cannot figure out how to play them. They can't fucking van yeah. that shit though, <laughs> you know? And also, I was I was alive for amazing things. The birth of the internet. Yeah. You know? The debut of the Lord of the Rings movies in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, those are really amazing things that I'll always be happy to be alive during, yeah. you know? There's obviously a lot of stuff in our lives that we're like, boy, it sucks we were born in the time of yeah, 9-11 and COVID. That was some and, very terrible, terrible shit. Yeah. yeah, but I'll always think happy thoughts about this shit. Yeah. Every year when I watch these, because I, I have no intention of stopping. No. Watching these every fucking year. Yeah, I'm not getting tired of them in any nope. way no not every once. single time i watch them I'm like oh fuck I'm yeah, it's about to be this yeah i'm telling you dude like i have been amped up to do this since we did yeah, fucking two towers uh-huh. i don't and know how been... we follow it up i no. st- I still don't well you can't i mean honestly it's yeah. like that's I'm, I'm glad that this is done on this ultra high note because right. it, it doesn't get any better nope I mean, these things are legendary and hit every fucking mega award ever for mm-hmm. a reason. Even though the Oscars are bullshit, yep. these deserve every bit of acclaim that they got. Utterly insane. Achievements of filmmaking, achievements of what humans can do when they believe in a property, in an idea. Yeah. I-, I cannot gush enough about them. Nope, I agree with you. It's a 10. Easy. Yeah. That, I mean, we knew that going Easy in. Easy 10. There's no, yeah, there's no, nothing's changed for me. I don't see any. I don't think twice about it. Yeah, I don't no. see anything that could be improved or whatever. It's no. a 10. It's wonderful. It's a once in a lifetime achievement. I uh, really hope that uh, 
maybe we do get to see something like this again. I'd love it. Oh my god, I'd love you it. You know, who who knows what it could be, but maybe we do. Maybe we see something that just blows our minds and becomes a, a regular fixture in our heads. Maybe we finally get a big name producer to put up that Book of Mormon movie. Finally. And then we'll all just have our minds blown all over again. That'll be it, yeah. I will tell you this, though. Now that I have deep dove in Mm -hmm. all three of these movies for three years now for this podcast, I think Two Towers is probably my favorite one. Yeah, still my favorite. I I would not have said that until we did these. Yeah. But, like, you know, Fellowship has... uh, all the lovely groundwork, origin story, yeah. world expansion shit. The I'm starting from a very small town, small place. Now I'm in this great big world and crazy shit's happening. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. Two Towers has all this wonderful group dynamic. Or sorry, not small group dynamic. Right. Of all these like individual relationships growing and expanding and the world expanding and us being introduced to new characters and new territories and our characters interacting and interfacing with them Mm -hmm. fucking amazing world building and the best battles yeah i'm sorry but they are the best they are the best battles. they're small enough that you can focus on individual places and events and characters that are happening Mm -hmm. the battles in this are so fucking epic yeah that it's like i don't this is just chaos i don't know where i am i don't know what's going on large portions of people attacking each other yeah yeah you know And, and it needed to be at the conclusion of the story, it needed to be so big that it's just fucking pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that Two Towers has these close enough relations that you can keep track of everybody and where they are and what they're doing. Uh, God damn, man. Yeah. Two Towers. Oh, Kev Bickadock. He said that he thought that was the, his least favorite of the trilogy. Oh. I what? know. Kev. What in the world do you mean? <laughs> you know? He needs a fucking Aragorn, Aragorn wants to cry. know. Tell Aragorn. I need to know why you think it's the weakest. It's also got some good Dudley Do Right in it. it. It does. Solid. He's coming hard with the Dudley Do Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it is my favorite of the trilogy. Yeah, Two Towers is my favorite too. You know. Yeah. Whereas this one, I mean, it has obviously so much to wrap up, and it's yeah. so big and so grand. Hmm. Although God. It's so good. I mean, it's it's honestly like this is a ten, but two towers is maybe a ten point one. Maybe, mm-hmm. just barely. Yeah, just barely ahead, in my opinion. No, I would agree with you. I, I think it's also me, a little more digestible. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, two towers is much more focused. It is in uh, what it does. So yeah, that that for me has always been my favorite. Uh, God damn, man. Thank you, Peter Jackson. Thank you, Fran Walsh. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Dude, Fran. Thanks, Fran, Philippa. Fran Walsh, the fucking true hero of this entire thing i mean i i love and respect the fact that she's like i don't really want to be in the spotlight if i ran into her i wouldn't know what she looked like i no. wouldn't recognize her no. i love that about me too her, but she is just as much of a powerhouse in this as as peter jackson oh yeah throughout i mean throughout his entire career you look at Fuck yeah uh screenplays or, or the writing credits you're gonna see fran walsh she's always name. there yeah. man so yeah thanks so much to everyone who was involved in this I love that we lived through this trilogy of movies that we are still talking about and learning new things about Mm -hmm. and observing new things about to this day. Uh, Thank you to everybody who participated in the production of these movies. Yeah. Uh, It is honestly one of the highlights of like my life period. Mm -hmm. Fucking masterwork. Absolutely. So what are we doing next week, man? 
Dude. We've come to the conclusion of I know, this right? epic recording. Turns out we got a Patreon pick we next got a week. Patreon so pick coming up next week. Check for the up the video Friday, but that is Christmas Eve, so I might not release it till Sunday. But we'll You'll know find what we're out. recording. You'll we'll find, find out. out. It'll be something good because everybody who supports us on Patreon and has good taste. a movie to the smoking bowl. Has some good old taste, so hopefully we'll close out the year strong. Yeah. I. What if we don't? What if it's like somebody's... I just pull, like, The Room. I, you know what? Actually, we do pretty good It'd episode good on time, The Room, honestly. honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. well, the thing is, is, like, over the past month or so of the show, we've done a lot of, like, horror comedies and, like, really light, like, not really deep diving kind of stuff. It's true. This is probably the deeper dive we've done in a while. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. are you kidding? So maybe we'll do something just light and fun and stupid. It'll be a great time, you know? That'd be fun, yeah. But I got to wonder, like, has all this chin wagon we've been doing, has it gotten you into the Christmas spirit anymore? (sighs) Man, you know, I'm thinking about maybe being into the Christmas spirit, but I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I've been uh, convinced uh, about my past transgressions being bad, and maybe presently I'm not doing so good, but what, what do I need... What? Huh? What's happening? Is it? Hey there, Steve. Oh, hey. What's going on? It's the chimney of Christmas future. (laughs) Okay, so you're going to tell me what could happen if I don't change my ways. Steve, I'm worried that you don't change your ways. Get in the spirit of a Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. You need to get your heart in the right place. Okay. Like your old pal, Jiminy Lakin. Okay. Well, Jiminy, what what, what, what could I do? You got a song for me? Maybe turn me around? The better question is, is what song would get you in the spirit of a Christmas? Um, oh boy. I'll tell you what, I okay. got a better idea. <laughs> I think... I think maybe the reason you've fallen away uh-huh. from the Christmas spirit mm-hmm. is you don't yet believe in a little Christmas magic. Okay, well, so how would I change my mind here? I want to tell you a story about an old friend of mine named Frosty a Snowman. Frosty a Snowman. It was a magical tale mm-hmm. from long ago in a song I'm here to tell you about. Gonna change your ways, get you in that Christmas spirit. Do it for me, Jiminy. Frosty a snowman. Jolly episode. Cold cup pipe. Button nose. Eyes made of cold. Frosty a snowman. Alive he could be. Children say, laugh and play. Same. You and me. I tell you what, must have been magic. Old hat he find when he placed it on a head, began to dance around. Frosty a snowman was a fairy tale. He said he waved goodbye. Wow. Now you know the spirit of Christmas, Steve. The magic. Uh, You know what? Uh, You you there, boy. Uh, What day is it? 
It's Christmas Day, sir. Oh, wow. Well, hey, hey, here, listen. Here's some money. Oh, money. Go p- purchase the largest goose you can find. The one from Hinhawk Butcher Shop in the Old City? Yeah, that that's the one, yeah. The one as big as you. <laughs> it's a large goose. Yeah, and you're a small child as I'm well. I'm very small. Yeah, a soft true. boy. Probably a soft boy with pillow hands. Just- I'm only a soft boy <laughs> with pillow hands full of your money coins. I'm oh, sorry, biscuit hands. <laughs> biscuit hands full yeah. of your money coins. Listen, you go down there, you get us a goose. I'm going to head over to my buddy Bob Cratchit's house. He's not my buddy. He works for me, and I make him freeze, and I kind of uh, suck. But Oh, sir. Yeah, don't worry. It, I've changed. Uh, I'm going to get Tiny Tim some things, and it, it's all great. Get that goose. Oh. Head on out. Uh, don't listen. If you see Jiminy out there, though, he's, he, he's a good guy. Give him some of the goose, I'm saying. I'll give him some of the goose in an old coffee can. With half a pack of smokes on my stoop, so <laughs> he will he will appreciate that. He does love smoking. I believe I can hear the train tracks are now a clickety clacking on the way to another town. Oh, okay. Perhaps Jimmy Lakins himself is upon it. I, I certainly hope so, because Jiminy, as far as I understand, can only survive if he hits the rails. Otherwise, he dies. Way. He's like Frosty. If he stays in one place, he'll melt. Yes, he, he must ride the rails to new town, spreading Christmas cheer to all. Kind of like the Incredible Hulk. He's like the Hulk. <laughs> he is only powered by Malt All right, liquor. get out of here. Get out of here. Go and get my goose, goddammit. Goose tobacco. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, this kid. Goddammit. I shouldn't have called for him out of the window. <laughs> Steve, I think your heart just grew two sizes. He grew two sizes. I'm going to have to get that checked out because uh, you don't want that. That's a bad thing. I'm going to say you should stay away from the fatty meat on the goose. Go for the white meat. Yep. I'm Lower fat. To that. Yep. Help you through bad cholesterol. Keep that heart size smaller. But I'm not. I'm Listen, I'm not going to avoid bread. So you can tell. Bad guy. I'm a good guy. I'm going to eat the bread. Oh, 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 so you're right. not going to avoid bread. I'm not. I'm going to totally eat bread because now I've been converted to Christmas. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All Christmasorian. right. I'm, I'm a Christmasorian. And a good guy. That's me. Billie Eilish being a bad guy, do you think she's like, I only eat the meat? Huh. Is that what she's getting at? She's I'm like, a bad guy. She was like, don't, don't worry about me, guys. I only eat meat. Well, that whole thing about wearing your dad's cologne or whatever, it's just like, so I can seduce him and then eat him. Oh my gosh, she's a cannibal? I think that song might be about Shelob. Is she Shelob? Billy Shelob Eilish. She's Holy called. shit. If you, you heard it here first. rearrange Billy Eilish, yeah. you get Shelib. With Close some enough. extra letters. It's a liberal she-lob. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's she-lob, but she, she voted for Biden. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so Merry Christmas is what we're saying. Merry Christmas! Woo! What a journey. We made it. I'm glad to be here with you at the end of all things. Me too, buddy. We did it. We, we did fucking it. fucking did it, man. Uh, you guys be sure to rate and review on the Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. Now that you're like, they convinced me to watch Return of the King. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Five hours later, I was sure. Now time to watch a four and a half hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Imagine Christ. someone does that. We just, listen, we just recorded 
I, I mean, by the time I might have to edit this, I think you can only upload five hours. It might be a two-parter. <laughs> it can't be. Wait, maybe. Maybe. I think we'll some of those hardcore it. history podcasts, I think they're like six hours. Sometimes. Okay. So maybe. So maybe. So maybe. Maybe you will get to hear the full extent maybe. of this episode. Otherwise, I'll have to go in and... There'll be an insert disc two moment yeah. on there. <laughs> it'll be, yeah, it'll be like the old Screen school VHS black. when you had like a three-hour movie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Rate and view on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. We're uh, head on over there. We're uh, awesome. Give us money. Give us money. And if you do, then maybe we pick a movie that you tell us pick, and we review movie. We do. And a like movie. Like next week. Next week. Smoke bowl. Bowl smoke. That's what we're going to do. We did. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Hope everybody there is having a Merry Christmas. Yeah, and uh, I holiday guess. Holiday season. Let's Happy holidays. Let's go ahead and uh, bring this one back. You know, why don't you go ahead and uh, wash your hands? Yeah, and fucking and your ass. And your ass. Wash and hands, be wash your a ass. fancy horse. Be a whatever. fancy horse. Live yeah. like a soft boy. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do. Little biscuit hands. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope everybody out there is having a safe and happy holiday season. Or just enjoying a good old Tuesday whenever yeah, you're listening whatever. to this yeah. fucking show. You know? Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Lord of the Rings. We love you, Lord of the Rings. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. So I wish I could take all the credit for this discussion, but mm-hmm. the other day at a sound check at our recent Skankbanger show, yeah, me and a couple of guys in the band were talking about, you know, there's there's these new like suicide pods and stuff, yeah, that are getting approval, it. which mm-hmm. I think is a great thing. Sure, if someone wants to die with dignity, I think you should be able to choose to Hop go in a suicide machine. Yeah, there but the go. bad news is, you know, they're starting these things up, they're getting them over on the west coast and stuff. What people don't know is they come preloaded with that new U2 album on them. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you got to listen to the whole album. It's kind of a problem, you know? You know, I immediately, the moment I saw Suicide Machines, I was like, you're going to have to watch an ad before you can die. <laughs> you're going to have to. What if, you know, you, you find out about the Suicide Machine and you go and get it and it's just fucking Sid Justice? Oh, shit. Fuel-injected suicide machine. <laughs> you get in there and it's yeah. Sid Justice. He just beats you to death. He beats... Boy. <laughs> what a way to go. Wow. He breaks his leg at the end. Yeah. That's oh, a little nod. Best leg break ever. Mm-hmm. But what we were talking about is, like, just imagine, like, you have this entire, you know, dignified suicide plan, and mm-hmm. you get in the pod, yeah. and, like, the gas starts leaking in, but then at the same time, so does, it's a beautiful day. What the fuck? <laughs> you're like, oh, God. No, oh, you like start to panic and you're like you're like waving through the window at the uh-huh. at the technicians. You're like, turn up the gas. And the technicians turn up the, turn up the volume. Like, Dude, he loves it. Turn up the he volume. He loves the pano. No! <laughs> what an undignified way to go. Wow. Yeah, no, I don't want it. I don't want that to be true. I don't want that to be true. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Krimbus. <laughs> <laughs>